Before we get into the show, I just thought I'd take a couple of minutes here at the start before we kick off to say a few things. First and foremost, I want to kick out just a little warning here. If you usually listen to the podcast Under the Stairs for horror reviews, then you may want to skip this episode. Yes, we talk about horror movies and we go in-depth at times, but this first and foremost is a celebration of what has come before and what is still to come. This is five years I've been doing the podcast Under the Stairs. On the day that this drops, Friday 31st, of August 2018. It will be five years since the podcast Under the Stairs first debuted on iTunes and SoundCloud. It started off as a modest little project with myself and a friend, Graham Humphrey, who since has went on to move to Canada and start a new life over there. And the plan was just to talk about horror movies, uh, to have a forum to, to vent about things that we didn't like, to discuss the stuff that we really did like, And we picked a franchise to start it all off with. We looked at the Child's Play franchise um, as a means to kind of kickstart our love of old and our love of new. Because at the time, they just announced um, a release date for The Curse of Chucky, which came out just as we were reaching our fifth episode, just in time to record a review. Back then, it was a modest, small podcast. Uh, We got, I think within the first six months, an average of about 20 listens per episode, and that has spiralled outwards. Mostly down to the fact that you guys are just fucking awesome. The community that's built up around this podcast has been, uh, I've said it many times, and I'll continue to say it many more, the single greatest achievement that I could have ever imagined doing with a podcast setting up a facebook group page at a time where facebook itself was just a little bit less toxic than it is now and to see an open forum where people could communicate about horror movies in a respectful manner and that's a bit that always surprises me i've seen how people interact with each other and other group pages and that just never made its way to the podcast under the stairs facebook group page is one of my most proud achievements doing this show and the fact that five years on we are a Facebook community of 577 people um, and the download figures as it stands just now um, have tipped over 45,000 downloads thus far for the year is absolutely incredible and I cannot thank every single person out there enough. You know who you are, whether it's someone that contributes to our movie club our Challenge Teapot series that we run once a month to those that send me emails and yes, I get every single email and I do read them out to those that create funny, wacky memes post their opinions on movies insert bazisms into their everyday life and just everyone out there that checks a Thursday Thursday out or just listens to the show you are what makes this easy for me to do Now I know that this year the content has been ramped up, I've been focused more on podcasts under the stairs and less on side projects and I can't always guarantee that's going to be the case, I can't guarantee that when we swing into 2019 you'll get the same velocity of shows that I've been putting out this year. But as long as there are horror movies to discuss and people out there that are interested to listen, 
And as long as I'm having fun and you're enjoying what I'm putting out, the podcast Under the Stairs is here to stay. Five years strong, ladies and gents. Maybe five years more. I just want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart for all the love and support that you give both me and the Baz and every single guest host that I've ever had on podcasts under the stairs. You guys are fucking awesome. And once again, if you listen to this show for movie reviews, you might want to skip this. I'm going to jump out just now. It's time to hit that intro music and when I return, we're going to kick this fucking shindig off in style. It's me and the Baz answering listener questions. Coming right up, right after this. This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is a very special episode. This is the fifth anniversary of the creation, the first episode of the podcast Under the Stairs. Five years into this son of a bitch. Um, it makes me feel old, makes me feel like I spent a whole lot of time don't know, learning electric guitar, foreign language... Uh, karate, uh, something, something other than taking my very useless <laughs> audio skills from college and putting them in a format when I get to talk about horror movies. That being said, had I done that, you wouldn't be listening to this right now and you wouldn't be able to listen to the very sexual tones of the man who is kicking off this episode with me. I am proud to call him my co-host, I'm proud to call him my friend. I'm also proud to call him one of the funniest goddamn guys on the internet is of course the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz. Bon anniversaire, mon sexy Saint Ons bitches. <laughs> Five year old big man. Five, I know. <laughs> Redonculus. We're, we're, Isn't it? we're closing in on that uh, in November. It'll be five years of Baz v Horror. Oofed. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I can't. That's the thing. I'd like. I, I, if we, we do this every year, but we're like that. You know, it's rocking up, and then another year flies by, and I'm like, why are people still listening to this show? <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I always struggle to think it's actually that time. Like, I mean, I, I think back to things like there was the the one and only time all three of us, like you and I, and original co-host Graham, were together. Yep. Here in the sexy kitchen, there's no way that was like over four years ago, but it totally was. I was, yeah, yeah. To record a little review of Gion the Grudge and Bassy's. I can't sexy believe it's nearly five years since I watched Wreck. It is, it'll be five years in November. And shat my pantaloons. <laughs> Creepy Spanish bastards. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would be before Baz got a dig in against the Spanish. Uh, it turns out not that long. <laughs> I like to get my racism in 
in a flat, I don't know, minute 20. <laughs> yeah, get out of the road. Get out of the road, then nobody needs to feel uncomfortable. That, that's good to know. That's good to know, except me. Um, and me <laughs> later on when I'm editing the show. Uh, <laughs> and then me later on after that when I put the show out. And then me later on when I wait for the feedback to roll in. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> But yeah, wait for that call from the police. Yes, yeah, asking for Bazzi's address, and then I have to <laughs> chew on the cyanide pill just before I disavow knowledge. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Operation Protect Baz. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so five years, five years, um, easily, easily close to a thousand films, maybe even more than a thousand films now. Uh, reviewed on this show and they keep coming in and the worrying part is where most people would be like the lag is starting to hit in you know I'm getting a bit of lethargy feeling a wee bit tired um, and this show's went the opposite way I am currently in the most productive period I have ever been in podcasting and um, the episodes are coming from all directions and going out of all orifices. So, yeah, it's flat out demented. I had a post on Facebook today um, talking about the 11 episodes dropping in the next, I don't know, however many weeks, but it wasn't 11, I can tell you that. Yeah, it was 20 days, um, 20 days, 11 episodes. 20 days, 11 episodes. Yep. Ridiculous, man. See, I, I will say uh, this year you have trimmed back a lot of your side projects. And yep. focused more on teapots as your core show, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's reflected in your output this year. I've got to say, yeah, like some of the stuff you've been putting out this year, even the stuff without me, which is normally boring shite, <laughs> has actually been quite good. <laughs> apart, apart from when like Liam's on the show, oh, that's trash, but. Poor Liam. I was wondering how long it would be before I dig against Liam. Um, it's, <laughs> it's worth saying. I suspect I might be getting a few backhanded left hooks off of him later on in this show, so I'm just getting in good and early. Maybe. I can't quite remember the extent of everything that was said about everything. Um, so yeah, on this episode, this very, very long episode, this episode's going to turn it about five hours long, which is just fucking horrible, and I apologise because it's landing on a Friday just after an episode has come out, and just before another episode is about to come out. Um, but we, uh, the, the original plan was to do something a bit different for this anniversary show. Historically, what I've done is I've always done my bit with the Baz, we do a bit of Q&A uh, from the listeners which is here um, and we will be doing that but then there would always be a movie review of some description um, and then like other bits and balls would be tagged in there would be usually like a, a montage of, of best bits or something I have not done any of that this year I decided what would be really cool is pick a really fun topic and then do like a discussion like a live discussion with it um, and that's what happened uh, I, I was out in Hamilton of all places Baz I'll just I'll just let you know you made me think I was going into some lo- some sort of fucking Mad Max post-apocalyptic world it's actually lovely <laughs> it's really lovely hey you try driving around the car park in there Asda I did it was horrible yeah exactly it was exactly that is just like Mad Max it was it was terrible. Uh, I had to stop off there to pick up some alcohol. We'll get, I'll get into a bit of story on that in a second. But yeah, I'd stop in there, p- pick up something because Liam lives about three minutes from that Asda. Um, and when we pulled up to his house, uh, which is fucking massive, by the way, um, the first thing Corinne asked me is, 
is Liam a drug dealer? Um, because the, the property is fucking huge. And um, yeah, that was the first question I asked him when he came. I was like, are you side business dealing drugs or something, Liam? And he was like, no, no, no. Um, he's like, actually, my dad owns a house. And I'm like that. Is your dad a drug dealer? Because um, <laughs> I just just kind of wanted to know. Um, but yeah, so I, I went there. We recorded a massive segment that's coming later on. Um, I drank far too fucking much. Uh, God knows how many beers. And I know Scott said he had three of my full bottle of wild turkey, and I drank the rest uh, myself. You drank nearly a full bottle of wild turkey. I. Oh my. God. Yep. <laughs> and did, did your wife up to drive you home from Hamilton to Grangemouth? No, I got home fine. I got home fine myself. Did you walk? Because you have been known to do things like I, that. I do. Yeah, I, I tend to like if 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 if, 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 if it's within an hour's walk, I walk. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I use public transport and got home fine. Um, oh yeah. my god! And then uh, yeah, so I, I drank a lot. I drank a lot, um, but it was good fun. Um, it was missing the bars though, and we all noticed that there was uh, as sexy as we can do it as a trio. Um, that sexiness is not at the same level of one bars. Yeah, yeah, I was quite upset not to be there. My wife wouldn't let me come out to play that day. Um, <laughs> that's actually untrue. I, just, I didn't have in, in my heart to say to her, by the way, I know I've been away a couple of times this week. I'm uh, going to have a, a drink on Saturday. She'll not see me all day Saturday and I'll be so hungover I will not be able to deal with any of our hundreds of children <laughs> on the Sunday. So basically, you're going to have to deal with them all weekend. I just, I couldn't do it. And which is understandable. <laughs> which is totally understandable. And we'll get something else. We're going to do another one of them because that, that was that was so much fucking fun. Uh, but but people are going to hear that and it, it gets it descends into anarchy. And I am convinced that Scott is feigning ignorance and is actually an internet troll. I'm almost sure he is, because what that man said in the recording, which you will hear Baz eventually, um, is is d- designed to just irritate the entire fucking world and every horror fan. Um, Some of the stuff he says, like, sometimes when, if I'm listening to their show, sometimes uh, Scott can say something that makes my sphincter clench, <laughs> and that, that's fucking bad. <laughs> you know, see when I go like that, oh, oh that's a bit close to the bone. <laughs> You know you've crossed a line. Yeah, there was a couple of those moments. Uh, but but before I do, we're not here to talk about them and promote their show. Enough of that happens. Uh, let's talk about us. Let's talk about five years. In the last year, there has been like a ton of content come out. This year's top ten series has proved to be the most successful yet. We're not even finished it. Um, even I'm listening to it this year, Duncan. Are you? I am. I'm and. <laughs> I'm only halfway through 1980, because they're quite long, <laughs> and only started the other day, but yes, I've decided I'm actually going to listen to them all this year, just so I know what you're talking about. Oh, wow, like, because there's a... And I actually, I listened to the little, you did a little show about a month ago, mm. uh, which announced all the movies that were going to be in, and I was shocked and horrified, and a little bit happy at how many of them I've seen. Oh, you've seen a um, lot, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I thought, you know what, I'm actually going to listen to this. 
and hopefully hopefully from the discussions there'll be a couple that's what I'm kind of hoping is that through the discussions on the shows very much like what happened with the 70s shows people start hunting out the ones they haven't seen um, because there is a lot in there of movies which people just haven't seen like I, I and I make assumptions yeah, there's, there's quite a few I've, I've never heard of now. I, I, I don't put myself across as an expert there's a lot of horror I've not seen but I like to think when folk name films and go, oh, right, yeah, yeah, I've not seen that one. But with these, some of these, I'm like, well, what's that? Yeah. I've never even heard it. <laughs> but I had, like, I did an episode for 1983. I had uh, Jamie J. Sammons and Darren Wilson on the show. And one of my picks was a movie called Soul Survivor. And um, both Jamie and um, Darren had never seen nor never heard of the movie right. before. And I was like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> like, um, okay. <laughs> And um, both of them really enjoyed it, like totally. Were like, what? I, I, I can't believe I've never heard of this movie before. So, and there's been, a, there, I, I enjoy doing that and kind of highlighting things up. But the the series has been a huge success this year. Um, and then when I take into account that the the hypothetical figure that I thought we might achieve by the end of this year in downloads. I think we are probably going to surpass by about a minimum of 10,000 extra downloads. Um, yes, we will. Which which is just fucking insane. Um, and that's just because a lot of people are porting over just now and checking it out. Um, everyone's been super active. I've cut back a lot of what I've done in the last year in terms of where I was posting the show. Um, we've come off Legion Podcast Network for no drama reasons at all, mostly because I just want to really kind of centralise everything we're doing and I think in a lot of respects it's actually it's, it's, it's aided the show it's allowed me to do a lot more content as well and yeah things are just going really 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 good and in the midst of all that uh, we added another member another 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 to the family of the podcast under the network in that um, you took a couple of months off and uh, brought another child into the world uh, oh him Yes, another one. I thought you were talking about Scott again. No, (laughs) another uh, another child that you can raise uh, on horror films, which makes me very very happy. Um, But during all of that, and this is kind of swinging into something we're going to discuss at the 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 kind of front part here. um, You started posting a lot of sitting down to watch this movie, sitting down to watch this movie, and I was like, Baz is watching a lot, and it wasn't the stuff that I would generally associate with. Baz is sitting down and watching this movie. Um, at one point, I think you posted you were sitting down to watch The Burning, and I was like, "Yes, Baz is watching the Baz is watching Video Nasty, The Burning." Um, that you know what? Uh, and as as such, you've compiled a list, Baz. Now we may have in the past kind of touched on through conversations on the wrong turn episodes bits and bobs of these but we're going to go into a bit more detail Baz I'm looking forward to your list wow me what have you been checking out yeah as you see uh, Dunk, at the end of May there young Lewis arrived on the scene mm-hmm. uh, to compliment his satanic elder brother Matthew <laughs> um, and their lunatic older sister Tess <laughs> um, so yeah I've, I've got to say out of all the years I've been involved I think this has probably been the one for me that's been kind of lightest on content just situations nowadays I've just I've not got the time that I've had in previous years um, mm-hmm. 
But I'm still hanging on in there like a bad smell. You can't ever get rid of me totally. <laughs> um, I've maybe just not done as much this year. Um, and I have noticed that I've got to say, and I, I'm slightly bummed I've not been on more, but needs must. Um, those children don't feed themselves, I've found out. So um, <laughs> kind of need to give them well, a not, bit of not attention. Until at least, not until they're like at least three or something, Baz. <laughs> so. But yeah, my actual little kind of early summer sabbatical there... I did notice in myself it it was really nice just to watch films because I wanted to watch them mm-hmm. and not have to dick about with notes and fucking posts <laughs> on social media and all that about it. It was cool just to actually get back to watching films again. But the stereo shift for me was that I used to do that and it would be Marvel movies or it might be a comedy or something like that and just everything. At least 90% of what I was watching was horror or mm-hmm. horror-related yeah. in, in some way, you know, kind of uh, attached to the genre in some kind of way. And I did notice that myself. It's just, it's totally just my go-to thing now. Um, even TV-wise, mm-hmm. I like my TV to have a bit of a kind of twist on it now as well. So, yeah, I, I've got a fairly lengthy list here. As Duncan says, we may have mentioned some of this in the past. Um, if we have, I'm not really sorry. Um... <laughs> They were in some kind of list, like order, and then I've asked about, and uh, I, I don't know, I, t- I tried to do it in a different way, and uh, so anyway, these are in no particular order. I watched Devil. Oh, yeah. Which I think, is that not M. Shite Shalamalamalamalam? Ah, it's an M, it's an M. Night Shyamalan production, but believe it or not, the directors of that movie directed the Poughkeepsie tapes. Yes, I think that. I think I did know that. I think you had told me. Mm-hmm. Basically, five cunts trapped in a lift. <laughs> uh, Sounds like the beginning of a joke. <laughs> that was alright. Yes. It, it, was, it was okay. It had its kind of flaws, but overall, it wasn't a bad a bad movie. I did clock on to Who Was the Devil? We're yeah. about 15 minutes right enough. Yeah, I, I clocked it straight away. Like, if, you, if you're a. I think, it, I think that sort of movie plays to someone who hasn't seen a lot of horror movies really, really well, or a lot of cinema, I think, really, really well. I think when you watch that movie, oh, a bit of a, a bit of a knowledge of cinema and stuff like that, you instantly go to, who's the most unlikely person to be the devil? Um, and there's one that stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah, totally. Totally. That, that's exactly it. It's, uh, who, who's, who's least likely here? Yeah. Ah, it's that one there. And shouldn't, and then of course they throw in the weed. Oh, it can't be her. Bet it's still fucking her. <laughs> I bet it's still her. <laughs> oh, sorry, spoiler. Right, so now you know it's my. <laughs> shouldn't have said her. Sorry, that's the whiskey kicking in. I'm on the old Bowmore Darkest tonight again, Donkey Boy. The good gonna stuff. F- gonna finish this brown bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I watched Devil. That was a nice wee. Kickback popcorn type number one night. Um, another one. I, I got. I, I went through a brief shark phase, and I think <laughs> I have mentioned on the show. I watched that. Is it forty-seven meters down or forty-seven yes. feet down or some fucking thing? Yeah. Which I actually did quite enjoy. That's a good movie. I, eh? I quite like the premise of that. This kind of stranded on the bottom type chat, um, and there was a couple of. There was a couple of scenes, like particular images in that movie, I, I just thought were really good. I then followed that got me a bit overexcited, so I watched Cage Dive. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's not a good sharp film. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. I have seen uh, The Shallows has appeared oh, on yeah. streaming over here, which I think got a bit of hype at the time, and I think I confused with Cage Dive. Mm-hmm. So I have bored myself a bit with shark movies at the moment, so I'm going to leave it for a wee while and make it return to it. But yeah, the Cage Dive ain't great. Yeah, The Shallows is a good movie. Uh, I, I really, I, I wasn't like overly sold on the end, whereas a movie like 47 Meters Down has a great ending, very reminiscent of The Descent. In fact, it's pretty much the same ending as the ending of The Descent. Um, yeah. Which, which I kind of loved. Um, are you looking forward to the sequel, 48 Meters Down? That's <laughs> ah, not even a joke. That's the name of the movie and it's coming out next year. Well, that's just killed the first one for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, honestly, they added on a meter. Yep. Same director, same writer, coming back to that. Better not be the same people. I'm kind of hoping it's not. I'm kind of hoping, it, hoping it's a different sorts of sharks. Um... Mm. So yeah, I, I thought I I thought Forest Seven Mayors Down was a great little movie. I didn't think it was phenomenal or anything like that, but I thought it was a nice, tight little horror movie. Um, yeah, and I, I just thought they they did try to do something different with the well, as far as I could see, you know, from my limited knowledge, they tried something a little bit different. They're stuck down there at the bottom, as opposed to you're just stuck in open water, surrounded by sharks everywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Um, so yeah, I liked that. Did not like Cage Dive. It's dog shit. Don't even waste your time. <laughs> uh, went a wee bit slasher. Checked out Girl House. I, I listen. I've like that. This is where like either people will um, get behind me on this one, or like totally hate me on this one. I actually really like Girl House. I thought Girl House yeah, was I, I enjoyed a it, fucking great little slasher. Yeah, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Helped. It was set in like a porn house. That was cool. Well, yeah, um, that, that wasn't the bad part. So, <laughs> uh, I quite liked the kind of bad guy in it as well. Thought he was quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a striking visual. Yeah, I thought like the, there was talk about um, that they keep saying that you know like you know when will the next big slasher movie happen and all the rest. And there's tons of little ones coming out, and that is one of those ones which I think gets overlooked grossly because um, you know there wasn't any sequel. And like you say, the killer's really cool, but he's not like a marketable kill that we could build a franchise around. Yeah, yeah. Um, then another couple of movies I watched pretty much back to back, and it was actually off the back of one of your shows, oh, which dear. I never actually got round to listening to the show because <laughs> I wanted to watch the films first, and that was 1922 and Gerald's Game. Oh yeah, yeah. The the Netflix Stephen King adaptations, both of which I really enjoyed. Yeah, they're good movies. Uh, yeah, really like 1922. I'm a big fan of that kind of depression era, Americana type mm-hmm. kind of visual. That was really good. Um, Gerald's Game was quite interesting. The the end creep mute, I've got to say. Ah. The Gerald's Game. Um, I wasn't familiar with either of these in terms of you know, the Stephen King novels or whatever. I think I had heard of Gerald's Game. Yes. Um, maybe maybe the book at the time. I don't know. Uh, but I wasn't really familiar with either or indeed what they were about kind of thing. But I did. I thoroughly enjoyed both of them. Some great acting in some of them, actually, uh, particularly in 1922. Oh, Thomas uh, Jane's amazing in that movie. Yeah, yeah, he was absolutely outstanding. I think, um, like, Gerald's Game is kind of infamous in that it had been talked about 
being optioned for a movie for about 20 years and no one knew how they were going to be able to do it because of the one infamous scene in that movie no one knew how they were going to do it and right. um, it just so happened to land in the lap of Mike Flanagan who at the moment is Flanagan can do no wrong in my eyes I mean that man's batting record in horror movies just now is fucking formidable as fuck yeah. um, so you know and off the back of that he, his next movie I think is also a Stephen King adaptation for Netflix um, so he's just you know going from strength to strength on the back of that and yeah I know a lot of people that didn't like the end end of the movie um, but it's true to the book and mm-hmm. it's one of these things with Stephen King you're damned if you do and damned if you don't if you change yeah. it people moan that you've changed it and if you keep it the same and it's a, a slightly more fantastical ending which Stephen King is known to to do from time to time um, some people just can't go with it but I thought it was great it kinda, the movie reminded me the ending reminded me a little bit of Misery um, and the the a couple of scenes in the middle specifically with the the eclipse and the way the eclipse actually links to the same eclipse from Dolores Claiborne yeah, and I think you told me that after the fact. It's been so long since I saw Dolores Claiborne, I forgot all about the eclipse. But then when you mentioned it, it yeah. all came kind of flooding back. Which, so, thanks for that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's the same eclipse, and then the fact that both of them involve, you know, like molestation. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, uncomfortable subject matter. And I will say, Flanagan took that in Gerald's game and maybe outcreep Dolores Claiborne I think in the way did it and it's less graphic I think than Dolores Claiborne and the way that is because that movie really did turn my stomach still turns my stomach when I think of that scene Um, so I think yeah I I, I thought it was really really good but I think 1922 not enough people are talking about that it's just a great wee ghost story yeah yeah totally just really well done really really well done I, uh, yeah, again, Dolores Claiborne, it's so long since I've seen it, but that, I think, was the first time that and um, Sleepers were two films that came out round about the same time. Oh, yeah. Really hit hard on the kind of molestation and abuse thing, mm-hmm. um, both of which fucked me up royally. I didn't really get that effect with Gerald's game, but I think it's just because I've seen far more of it now. Um, yeah. And I... I'm going to come on to talk about a show later on um, which puts any fucking film with molestation in it just to bed. Oh, right. Uh, I will tell you about that later on. So yeah, watch both of them. Thoroughly enjoy both of them. Don't ask me which one I preferred because I don't know. <laughs> um, I then watched a film that had appeared on Shudder over here which I've been wanting to see for ages on your recommendation. Uh, the zombie movie It Stains the Sands Red oh yeah yeah that was a lot of fun I really enjoyed that movie mm-hmm. really enjoyed that movie um, when I it, I don't know at the start I was like oh, I don't know I don't know it came across it's slightly kind of cheaply made initially but then they really recover from that and the film goes on and, and it is a very well put together movie later on I just remember thinking the first ten minutes, I'm like, what the fuck is McLeish babbling about about this movie? <laughs> but um, so it's done. It's done I think by it's the maybe dude. the girl, the the main character, and her man who's there at the start is not a good actor. No, no, um, definitely and not. And I think possibly it was that. But yeah, good, so good d- film. Yeah, done by the 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 team behind Grave Encounters. 
Was it? Yeah, yeah. You, so, you may like have told once again, me that. I can't remember. You tell me too yeah, much, Duncan. I, I can't keep I all do my head. I, yeah, I tell everyone far too much. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, so like that's what got me interested. And it, plus, it played at Fright Fest last year in Glasgow, and the buzz out of that particular running that year was that Stains of Sand Red had been one of the better movies uh, from the run. So yeah, and then on the back of that, I watched a film because we at one point were talking about maybe doing a little episode with that and you told me to go and check out Fido oh yeah Billy Connolly and I actually I tracked down a second hand DVD copy which I'd had for quite a while because I was waiting thinking we might do a show on it but then when I actually realised all of these ideas we have are not going to happen this year yes um, <laughs> and I thought fuck it I'm just going to watch that um, it was not what I expected at all it was a film I'd really been looking forward to seeing for quite a mm-hmm. long time and it's not that I didn't enjoy the movie because I did it just wasn't what I was expecting at all I wasn't expecting the whole kind of kitschy 50s vibe thing yep Uh, I don't know what I was expecting probably some kind of post-apocalyptic future type thing you know Uh, where it's not done like that at all and that just kind of I don't know unsettled me I was not expecting this And, and it really is done very kitschily it's done well you know, because the aesthetic it portrays in that comes across really, really well, but just wasn't what I was looking for kind of thing. I could enjoy the movie. I think I maybe need to go back to it in a year or two. Yeah. Um, without those kind of preconceptions or with them arsed, uh, for want of a better term. <laughs> so that was Fido. Connolly's good in it, considering he doesn't speak. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant in it. Um, other movies... As you mentioned earlier on, and I was annoyed that you knew this, because this is the one I thought you were going to be really impressed by. I watched The Burning. Yeah, yeah I remember you posted it. Um, yeah. And that was, that, was kind of, that, that was one of those moments where I was like, what the fuck? You yeah. know, like, just like, of all the movies that I know that are out there, um, the fact that you watched The Burning legitimately, it was one of those ones where I was like, I and when I was thinking about it, I was like, I don't know how Baz is going to take this movie because this is like the burning is like it's it's an infamous movie in the UK. It was on the video. It was on the prosecutable video nasties list. Um, it's got Tom Savini effects. So Tom Savini refused to do uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two because he didn't want to be typecast as the dude that did the camp slasher films and then went off and did the burning, which mm-hmm. is. A camp slasher film, um, and it's one of those ones where maybe could have been a franchise, but for whatever reason didn't. And I think that's why it gets a bit more infamy as well, as it's like the movie that didn't become the thing that all the other movies became at the time. Um, yeah. So I don't know where you're going to go with this. I I've recently found out that I like this movie a lot more than a lot of other people. So doing the kind of eighties run. Um, I seem to like this a lot more than some of the other hosts on that show. So, Baz, what did you make of the burning? I thought it was amazing. Really? I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, really loved it. And oh, I, amazing! I think it's because it's been so long since we did Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. It's very Friday the 13th esque. There's no getting away from that, right? But who gives a fuck? Do you know what I mean? Yep. If they were all at that, still watch them all. Um, 
And it's why I almost felt slightly nostalgic watching it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is great. I've not seen one like this in ages, do you know? I mean, because even going back to like the last franchise I did, it was Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. It's so unlike Halloween and Friday the 13th and that, you know, it's just so fucking out there. And this just really took me back a few years to going back. I felt like I did when I watched Friday the 13th that first time. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But yeah, I just really liked it. I liked, you know, you've got the, the whole team gang. Cropsy, I thought, was a great kind of protagonist in it. Um, yep. Loved the fact that George Costanza was in it. <laughs> yes, it's got from, a uh, weird cast you know what weird, I mean? Weird. Fisher Stevens um, as well, a really young Fisher Stevens is in it as well, who obviously went on to do um, the dude from Short Circuit. Uh, he was in Friends. Um, what else was he in? Uh, Hackers. You know, he had a fairly successful career. Um, I'm trying to think, who was he in it? And what, what uh, so he was the dude that gets his fingers chopped off. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he's hella young, in it? He's, like, super young, yeah. It's, like, yes. almost unrecognisable on how young he is. I've just I've had to pull him up and Google in front of me there, and I know exactly, yeah, but he, he is... He must be in his fucking teens in that movie. Yeah, yeah. He's really, really young, in it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, I, so there was... And I liked that as well. There was a few folk that had actually gone on to be really quite successful in later years. But, no, I thought The Burning was a brilliant movie. Um, and I'm kind of glad that there isn't a burning nine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, there was just something I really liked about that. Uh, I was the same way... What was the one... Oh, my God. Name's completely gone. Now, the guy with the sickle in the mask is that kind of cool take. Oh, Leslie the, Vernon. Yeah, Leslie Vernon. Um, they do work just as standalones. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And they kind of make you yearn for another one, but you're kind of glad that there isn't one because it just makes the one that's there all the better. Yeah. Do you yeah, know definitely. what I mean? And I really did feel it after one. I would love to watch The Burning again. I really, I genuinely thought it was a great movie. And I know it was on the video nasty list, but then that blows my mind because I've seen stuff that's on the video nasty list. Yeah. And they're shite. Do yep. you know what I mean? And I didn't really see... I could see why some of these other ones at the time would have been banned and this one I just don't think it's in the same ballpark as some of the other ones that are on that list well it's it's when you think about the fact that you know the burning isn't well the the burning is banned but Friday the 13th doesn't yeah and that to me is like weird but then it came down to what studio and what distributor put out in the UK specifically what the the cover art was like um, and stuff like that you know all these things became factors um, and when it was presented to like the censors and MPs to get certain movies banned they were edited out in such a way that you only saw the violence yeah. Um, and you know, can't have people watching that it'll, it'll create anarchy in the streets and working class people will kill each other because they'll not understand it's a movie which is actually what one of the MPs at the time said um, who's now a lord as well which is just fucking hilarious um, but yeah it's, it's, it's one of those ones where I don't think you. what's really weird about the burning what's really really weird about the burning is who is behind it? Who wrote the burning? Who was one of the writers of the burning? Did you see who that was? No. Uh, Harvey Weinstein. 
Oh, I think I did. Yep. So th- this is the. Yeah, this I is... think I remember seeing his name coming up in the credits and going like that. That explains a lot of what happened in that film. Yeah, this is like the first. I think this is like maybe the first Weinstein movie actually. Um, and this is where they start, you know, building up their their little company and all the rest. So yeah, because there's there's the the guy that thinks he's a total shagger. Yes. The way. And he, he's got that whole no means yes attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See yeah, hindsight is not pal. great. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Hindsight is not a great thing when you look back on these these movies. But yeah, it's, I think it's one of those ones where I can kind of I can see why it was maybe considered to be banned. I don't understand why it was banned when there are movies either side of the burning which. Uh, you know, really, un- like when you think of something like Cannibal Holocaust, I can see why Cannibal Holocaust was banned. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, or Necromantic. Necromantic's just a terrible, terrible film. Necromantic wasn't on the banned list. It wasn't. It wasn't. Wasn't a video nasty. No. It was banned, but it was banned prior to the video nasty list. It's oh, like Texas right, Chainsaw yeah. Massacre was banned. Uh, Clockwork Orange was banned, but they were banned on a different list. So. Uh, so the, like the video nasties list was uh, an amalgamation of newer titles, um, so certain titles that were older, like or, or later Necromantics, like kind of late 80s, um, that list had already been out and pretty much, you know, run through by then. Um, that you don't get many titles beyond like 1985 that are on the video nasties list. Uh, everything's just banned as outright ones, but I think yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that I've got a lot of nostalgic love for for the burning. It's I think it's a great little movie. Like I say, I've realised recently there's a lot of people that don't hold it in the same regards. And it, interestingly enough, it's, it seems to be the Americans that don't hold it in the same regards as uh, the UK people who seem to enjoy it a little bit more. And I don't know how much of that stems off that thing that it was a video nasty, but you. You know, weren't watching movies during that time period and weren't aware of that at the time. So the fact you could sit down and watch it just like a cold watch and enjoy it as much makes me feel cool. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, really loved it. Really loved it. Um, and the other one that I watched in a similar vein, um, which I'm not going to talk about greatly because we are going to do a show in this one, uh, is Leatherface. Yes. I finally yes. got around to checking that out. But we do have plans. We're still going to be doing the episode where I sort of cover films that we've done the franchise of, but the films have been released since then, kind of thing. Paranormal Activity and uh, this Leatherface for Texas Chainsaw and so on and so on. So um, I'm not going to talk about that a great deal, but I have watched it. Um, it it has its moments. <laughs> it's interesting enough, uh, Michael McCloskey um, yeah, I, dropped I us a message seen... today on that very fucking thing where he was like that. Have you guys talked about Leatherface yet? Yeah, I will respond to that at some point. I have seen that, but I've not got around to it yet. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Well, actually, I watched a couple of movies that I've seen before. I watched them with my daughter. Um, I checked out the last broadcast in session nine again. Right, I'm inter- like, so I'm interested on second viewings of both these for different reasons, because the last broadcast we covered as part of Baz v Halloween, um, that was I want to say it's three years ago now that we did the last broadcast, and that was a movie that. I was nervous about putting on because I knew that people had a polarizing opinion of the ending, but that movie really got to you 
mm-hmm. in terms of how it was made, how it was constructed, and like you said at the time, it's a movie that unsettles you and you see nothing in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't have that impact on me again, but yeah. I still thoroughly enjoyed watching it. But it's, it's, it's one of those things when you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's so oddly done and put together, and it's got the found footage elements, it's got the kind of full documentary elements and that, and I really hadn't. Poughkeepsie's a bit like that, but it's not quite the same, and yep. it's so lo-fi um, that on my first watch, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here, and it just kept me so unsteady that I got sucked in mm-hmm. to the kind of storyline. Um, I didn't get that the second time round, but nobody will, do you know what no, I mean? No. But on second watching, I still thoroughly enjoyed watching the film. Um and interestingly, the ending, or the the violence that's portrayed in the ending, I still mm-hmm. find really quite visceral. Yeah, yeah. I will say that was really still quite unsettling. Um, yeah, and my daughter, she was quite creeped out by it. And she said it was very, very creepy. Um, session nine. <laughs> right, session nine, for, like, if we're doing a recap of things here, session nine had... Uh... This is a movie where uh, this was picked very early. I think this is the second movie that was picked for Baz V Horror. Baz, Baz V Horror 2, yep. And this was picked on the back of both myself and Graham just genuinely think this is like a, a little... Uh, one of these underrated master masterclasses in, in how you do a really weird, tense little fucking horror movie. And it didn't resonate with you and this is why these ones where I keep coming back to saying I don't understand and I think at the time one of your gripes was it was mostly shot during the day yeah. and that kind of killed the tension for you and what I had said at the time was if anything that's kind of what surprises me is that it's all shot like mostly during the day and to me it still manages to retain the tension which it shouldn't be able to in the day and you've been threatening to rewatch this movie for about three years now so um, hit me with it Dario what did you think? Uh, I, I did really I enjoyed session nine on my second watch I did enjoy it I don't necessarily think I found it any more creepy mm-hmm. Um but I did get sucked in much more into the sort of psychology of it, of the kind of breakdown of the main character in it. And obviously when you know what happens at the end and you know how the film pans out and you watch it again, aware of that premise, the film kind of takes on a different slant. And I found mm-hmm. that, and I actually got more from it this time, I think. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it more on my second watch. I wouldn't say it scared me anymore. I think as well at the time when I watched it the first time, it was off the back of Wreck, which had flat out scared the pants off me. And I yeah. thought this was going to be the same. And it's not. It's a very, very different type of film. And I think I had gone in waiting to have the shit scared out of me, kind of in the way that Grave Encounters would at a later date. Um, I think I was... In my head, Session 9 was going to play out the way that Grave Encounters did when I saw it. You know, because it's it's a similar kind of setting, I suppose. Um, But I do do think I enjoyed Session 9 more on second watch than I did first time round. Ah, there we go. Well, hmm... So that I think that's it, movie-wise. I think that's it. A few TV shows um, 
worthy of kind of mention. But I'm still watching this one. I'm kind of halfway through it. I'm watching the Wolf Creek TV show. Oh yeah, so I've seen um, season one and not season two. Yeah, well, it's just season 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 uh, season one is on Shudder in the UK, and I'm yep. watching it on that. Um, I'm kind of enjoying it. I've got to admit, I'm, I'm watching it in little kind of twenty minute bursts because I'm kind of watching it when I go to bed, and I'm so tired at the moment that I can't get through a whole fucking episode. So it's kind of getting fragmented a little bit. Um, I don't know how much I dig the lead girl in it, and I don't know. I I, I just think the movies, but in particular the first one, the second movie kind of goes its own way, and, and I don't have a problem with it. Uh, but the first movie was. Just kind of short, sharp, and punchy, and really visceral, mm-hmm. and you don't really get that in this movie, in the TV show rather kind of thing. But we'll see how it pans out. I'm only kind of halfway through it, so I'm, I'm still. I'm not saying I'm disliking it. I do quite enjoy the show, but I, I just don't find it. It hits the levels that the films did. Yeah. Um, me and the wife watched Mind Hunter. Ah yes. So kind of early serial killer type stuff. Thought that was quite enjoyable. Enjoyed that. Yeah, um, loved that. Loved I, I wasn't runner. completely floored by it. I think I was expecting to be really wowed by it. I did thoroughly enjoy it. I liked the kind of real life characters that they brought into it as well. Um, I think the reason I disliked it was I watched it after this film, uh, this show I'm going to talk about now, which was Manhunt Unibomber, which I yeah. loved. Yeah, it was that, really that was an amazing show, and Mindhunter just goes at a different pace. Yeah. Um, although when I realised that the kind of the main guy's partner in Mindhunter <laughs> is in fact Team Kurgan from Creep Show Two, <laughs> mind blown. I really didn't think that guy was ever going to be in another film again. There you go. And here he is. Uh, yeah, so I've watched it. So the last thing I'm going to talk about, just very quickly, which I mentioned earlier on, is a TV show that we've only just finished. It is a documentary. It is not horror. It is one of the most horrific things I have ever watched. I don't oh, know if right. you've seen it. It's a Netflix documentary called The Keepers. Oh, but yes, it's, it's a phenomenal piece of work. Phenomenal piece of work. Oh my god. Um, I would every episode I was just absolutely messed up, yeah, by the things you were hearing and these people talking about. Um, for those that haven't seen it, it's about the the premises is an investigation into the murder of a nun in the late nineteen sixties in um, it's Baltimore. Yeah, it's Baltimore. Yeah, and the her murder was never uh, solved, kind of thing. And it's years later, and it's girls who had... She was a teacher, this nun, in a Catholic high school in Baltimore. And some of her former pupils... She was very, very popular, and some of her former pupils never, ever got over the fact that nobody ever was caught or or punished, made to pay for what had happened to her kind of thing. So they start looking into it themselves. They set up a Facebook group, and it kind of grows arms and legs. But it very quickly veers away from that into the world of clergy abuse... Mm-hmm. And oh my god, some of the things that the victims say. Um, we all know about clergy abuse and we all know what happens, but to actually hear these people's and, and just some of the terms they use, you don't hear on the nine o'clock news. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I, I mean, my wife, my wife who is Catholic, um, and for a long, long time was actually quite a devout Catholic. Um, 
she just after every episode she would just I'd look around she would just be sitting shaking her head at the television kind of thing mm-hmm. um, she, she could not take it in um, and she kind of couldn't equate it with the church that she had grown up in kind of thing you know but then when you see how widespread it is and oh it's but fuck me is it hard hitting yeah you, know, yeah. you don't need you know you just you don't need horror films when there's stuff like that to watch and when you know that it's real it, oh Jesus Christ yeah what there's a been fucking s- mess I was in there's been so many like really amazing documentaries um, put out by Netflix in the last year and The Keepers yeah. is I think up there Um I, th- I thought it was wholly fascinating I'd, I'd, like um, me and my wife started watching uh, and I think by the second episode my wife was like I don't really think I want to watch this yeah. and I think it was because of the, the, the kind of subject matter of it so I just powered on and watched the rest of it myself um, but yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredibly uncomfortable watch from start mm-hmm. to finish and it never yeah. it's one of those ones where there isn't really the the ray of light at the end of it either no you know what I mean no, that absolutely you, not that we I mean the, the, the obviously people have, have have now got a network of of like people they can lean on and you know and and share these things with and you know try and pick up their lives and move on but that never never goes away and quite frankly um, even if they got the justice that they do deserve which they'll never get um, I don't think you know any justice takes that away it's, it's, it's a truly horrible watch and then you think you get these things because that was last year that came out um, yeah. you think these things are away and we're currently and like the last two weeks have been dominated by more stuff coming out from America yeah um, Pennsylvania yeah. yeah and it's it's harrowing it's fucking it's, oh. it's, it's the most uh, yeah uh, yeah but the show's the show's incredible it's, yeah it's it phenomenal there, there is a scene um, at the end of I think it's part three where there is a a male character who up until now we've not heard of mm-hmm. and he is introduced as a possible suspect kind of thing but who is still alive. Yes. Because most of the people in this... And his name is only mentioned at the very end of this episode. The the following episode is heavily about him, but you've never heard of him before. And it's talking about, you know, so they were looking at this guy, he's dead. They were looking at this guy, he's not. And then it shows you them filming him from a distance, Mm -hmm. walking down the street. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yes, I do, yeah. Shat myself. Yeah. I, it just creeped me out and at the very end he turns and looks over his shoulder at the people that are and they're, they're like you know 50, 60 yards down the road but he, so he's really in the distance and he, but he just turns and glances over his shoulder at them and it just stops there I was fucking terrified <laughs> it's so creepy man so yeah. creepy A, amazing show though. you need to check it out if you've not awesome awesome so that's what I've been doing I would say his follow-ups, if you haven't watched them um, uh, documentary-wise, uh, Wild Wild Country. Um, right. On I've Netflix. seen it. I've, I've not watched it, but I've seen it on Netflix. It's fucking excellent. Absolutely. That's a story that will have you there, here, there and everywhere. And I know how you like your kind of lesser-known stories of Americana. Yeah. Um, and that's one of those ones that's like the weird, one of the weirdest stories you'll ever hear. Evil Geniuses is really good as well. Yeah, I've, watched, I've seen that one. 
Sorry, yeah. I should have mentioned that. So I watched that one as well. It's, yeah, it's a really good, good one. Um, yeah. And uh, there's another one. Who's, in fact, there's one out just now with William Friedkin. Um, interviewing a real life exorcist so William Friedkin obviously directed The Exorcist yeah. uh, and it's it's a great little watch and it's just uh. appeared on uh, it's a documentary as well and it gets a bit creepy in parts but it's a interesting yes right um, thank you for sharing your list with me now are you ready to answer some questions from our dear beloved listeners let's do it because I've got a little announcement inside me that's building up Duncan and I'm finding it hard to suppress this sexy Ooh. bitch so we need to get through these questions sir Let, let's do it let's do it so first question up is from our good buddy long time listener Michael McCloskey he says is Wrong Turn the series that goes downhill the worst out of all the franchises that you've ever done well, no, it's, no. it's still too raw, Michael. It's still too raw. It is worth saying that our final part of that episode, uh, that series will drop about three days after this one comes out. So, um, to put it this way, if you think you've heard me and Baz complain about the series much on the last episode, you ain't heard nothing yet. That, That's safe to true. say. This is uh, more than safe to say. Uh, in answer to Michael's question, uh, yes, it is, Michael, far and away. Yeah. It, um, the first film's good, the second film's quite good, in a kind of different kind of way. I, I, I think I say it in the last show, and in, in the third show of the series, it, it's just a, a constant downward incline. Um with a lot of the other franchises that you did there was normally a kind of movie somewhere in the middle where they maybe tried something a little bit different I'm thinking like Friday the 13th 5 Mm -hmm. um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare that type of thing um, where they tried something a little bit different and with me coming into them much later I quite dug those films so first couple really good starts to get a bit shady wee blip in the middle that's quite kind of cool shady again and then inevitably I would quite like the remakes um, yes. so it would pick up towards the end this isn't this starts quite well and then just hurtles down a fucking hill like a runaway train so yes it's far and away the worst of all of them in terms of just going downhill there we go there we go he did start a little bit of shit stirring as well um, on the back of things which won't make sense to you because you're not there in the Summer Teapot's top 10 listening yet um, but he's he's asked a question is Sackhead Jason from Friday the 13th part 2 underrated? Um, I, I wouldn't say necessarily underrated I think he fits into the whole thing mm. quite well He's saying this because Liam thinks it's fucking ridiculous and it's not scary. Right. No, I, I thought it fits in quite well. Yeah. If the very first time you see him, he's jumping about with that hockey mask on, I would find that harder to take. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, no, I don't think it's underrated. I think it has its place in the franchise. And another Liam complaint. Liam complained about Friday the 13th Part 4. He says that no movie should have a dog called Gordon because you shouldn't name dogs human names. <laughs> it's hard to argue with it. I'm not seeing no. I think it's quite funny when they have human names. Mm, see? You know what I mean? <laughs> Simon. 
Simon. Oh, uh, Steve, if I, our good friend, big sexy Dave Buchanan. Yep. Um, <laughs> they had a dog. They've got mm-hmm. a. Him and his wife have a dog now. They had a dog before their wee girl was born, and the dog rather tragically died. And that dog's name was Diva. Yeah, Diva. Do you remember Diva? Yeah, I do indeed. Yeah. And me and Dave used to call it Stevie. <laughs> Stevie the dog. And I quite like that. I would call my dog something like that, but I would also include the dog at the end of its name. So if I was out shouting for it, like Stevie the dog. <laughs> Stevie the dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right, last question from Mike uh, is um, also right. He's asked, "Why is the worst Friday the Thirteenth better than the best Nightmare on Elm Street?" Well, I would disagree with that because Freddy's I, ridiculous. I would disagree with that though. I would think that the best Friday the Thirteenth movie is Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, and that is better than Jason Takes Manhattan. Mm. So. Yeah, I get where Michael's coming from though. I think I I just think there's a ridiculousness about Freddy that just kind of loses its effect. Andy talks, and it's just better yes. that they don't talk. <laughs> right. Uh, next question comes in from our buddy Scott McKenzie from Scott and Liam versus Evil. He said, "Would you rather have ten feet long legs or ten feet long arms?" Fuck off, Scott. Idiotic question. Next. He <laughs> then says, hands for feet or feets for hands? Oh, get fucked. It doesn't <laughs> matter as long as I can throw dug shite at you, Scott. For <laughs> these stupid questions. He says, have someone choose the worst clothes for you every day for the rest of your life or oh stand God. naked for an hour once a month on a Saturday at the top of Buchanan Street and choose your own get up for the rest of time. What would you rather have? pick the worst clothes because when I slip mine you can wear fucking anything like amazing. <laughs> and honestly, Scott, I'm going to ban you from the group if you keep posting tripe like that. Next question comes in from long-time listener Jerry Esposito. Oh, Jerry! Jerry. Uh, he says, will there ever be a T-Putts broadcast from Las Vegas? If there's a god in heaven, there will be, my friend. Yeah, one day, one day, me and, and Baz will... McLeish will end up with one of those Mike Tyson face tattoos. <laughs> Even if I have to rip all the bejesus out the man. <laughs> you know what I'm like? Just a couple of drinks, you'll be able to talk me into it. Uh, um, totally. Look amazing, mate. Look amazing. <laughs> uh, I'll, be, I'll be recalling how Baz said it looked, it'll look amazing as I'm getting my divorce. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, next question comes in from Ryan D. Nicklow. He says, I've gotten quite an education of Scottish slang and profanity from listening to the Baz. Will there ever be an official Bazapedia page on the site to help folks new to the show keep up? Now, I will say that we once joked about a, a, a Bazmanac. That's right, the Bazmanac. And I think one day, like one day when I'm not churning out like three episodes a week, I might start going back through the Baz episodes and where I hear a funny phrase, I might start doing that. I'm not saying I'm going to be proactive about it. I, t- I tend to think we're pretty good at 
like or maybe not as much as we used to be where you would say something and I'd be like that and what's that for our American listeners Baz I think we've kind of got a bit comfy that our audience understands that but every now and again you will come up with something where I'm like that right you're just going to have to explain that to everyone because no one will get that yeah, I, I think we'll either do the Basmanac one day or possibly I might do a Basism of the day on Twitter or something like, I that, like where that. you get a dirty, dirty Baz word on Twitter <laughs> with, with, uh, with an explanation. There we go. Hashtag Basism. <laughs> Ian Dunsmore says, Has Baz tried to cooperate choking for a poking? As I've been using the phrase extensively and I'm concerned about a royalties bill. Right, interesting you raise this in because <laughs> oh dear um, I can't remember how this came up but I ended up speaking to my wife about this <laughs> and the minute I said it and I was like that but I totally came up with this new phrase and I, I said it and she just looked at me and she's like what and I was like that it's this new phrase I've come up is that not a lady she's like everybody says that <laughs> I was like what <laughs> But no, I literally invented it earlier. And she's like, people used to say that at school, Barry. I'm like, no, no, I just... So, Ian, my claims... Either my wife's just been a bitch, right? (laughs) And sometimes when I'm at the podcast and she gets angry and she gets ornery when she's angry, right? So she may have done it just to hurt my feelings. Or I may not have actually invented it. I may have reinvented it yep. without knowing that it had been invented in the first place. But basically, I can't charge you royalty bills. There we go. So you're, so you're safe. You're safe. Ian. You're safe. You're safe. Um, Boz asks Baz if you could stage one. And, sorry, if you could stage and direct the scene personally. In a famous reshoot of a famous film, what role and which scene from which horror movie would you put me in? So if you could direct... You, a, as in Duncan? Yes, as in me. Yeah. Oh, boss, That's quite the question, my friend. Um, Be kind. Right. <laughs> the sleeping bag scene... Oh, for fuck's sake. And Friday the 13th. The remake? Right. Uh-huh. The oh, remake, shit. right. McLeish is in the sleeping bag, right? <laughs> but in order to ignite it, I'm standing there as Jason, firing flames from my engorged penis. <laughs> <laughs> like an American GI on Okinawa. But with, they've got a flamethrower, I've got a penis. So, what we have established here is you want to shoot your hot, fiery load all over me while I'm in a sleeping bag. Yes. Right, no, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. I'm glad we got to the bottom <laughs> Also, if flames are coming out your dick, you might want to go and see about getting some some medicine for yeah, that. Getting an ointment. Yes. Uh, Trudy Besson says, Would you ever consider letting the teapot's wives do a drunken episode from Bazzy's Sexy Kitchen. Now, I will say that my wife chipped in at this and said that no one wants to hear her get drunk and speak on a podcast because she is noted, and she is quite right, that when she has a drink, her voice goes up about two octaves and she becomes quite squawky. 
<laughs> she said that, not me. I, I, do you know, for all the years I've known you, I, I think I've seen Corrine drunk about twice, and to be quite honest, I think I'm probably drunker than she is when she yep. is drunk, so I've never mm-hmm. really noticed the screechiness. Oh, it, but, goes, um, up, it goes up, it goes up, yeah. Uh, in answer to Trudy's question, no, are you fucking mental? Yeah, Can that's you when imagine what they would say about us. Yeah, that's that's the concern I would have. Yeah, not that they were like, drunk never and having fun, but yeah, I don't want them speaking about me and you on you, a show. Some you. things are best kept mysterious, Baz. Yes. <laughs> Next question from Kieran Mitchell it says: If you both had to name three things that a horror movie must have in order be to be considered good nah, what would it be got it got it and Barry and tits is not an answer you go first <laughs> um, yeah, three things that a horror movie must have um, I would say a atmosphere definitely first and foremost I think like a, like a good sense of atmosphere sells a movie better than actually characters on a screen or you know a killer in a costume uh, score I think is hugely important I think if a score is used correctly in a movie um, you can bring in tension when once again where nothing is happening on the screen um, and I would say story is the third thing like acting to me is kind of low down on the list uh, you would never guess that from the fact that I love like Argento and shit like that where the acting is never great in movies but what they tend to do is focus on other things if you've got a really good story an incredible score and atmosphere I think that can carry through some bad acting in any horror movie so that's what I would say Baz knowing that you can't see tits and I get a feeling tits is probably number one on your list um, and maybe number two and three um, <laughs> what, what, what are the three things a horror movie must have in order to be considered good. Well, if you're going to restrict me <laughs> like that, I'm going to have to go with her suit, Vagine. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right. The 70s bush. <laughs> um, black dude wearing leather. A black dude wearing leather? Yeah, possibly in a portaloo. Oh, yeah. Ooh, baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> um, and anal. <laughs> oh dear me! Which I'm pretty sure we actually got to see in the sixth wrong done movie. I think we did as well. Um, yeah, that was like you said once before the definitive wrong turn. Um, <laughs> So there uh, we go. Uh, our good buddy John Rhodes. You spoke to John on um, when we covered the original Evil Dead. Yes, he was I your remember, mentor I for remember. that. He says, "Since we last spoke, I have become engaged. What have I done? What should I do?" Uh, you have opened yourself up <laughs> to a world of backdoor pleasures, John. <laughs> um, you should just bite down on the pillow and let the girl go for it <laughs> oh, next, next question's <laughs> coming from uh, Jamie McCauley now Jamie's a really new listener to the show Jamie lives in Falkirk oh my god <laughs> so he's a Falkirk listener who was wait this gets even better 
who was told to check out the show, word of mouth, like I've been talking about for ages, who was told to check out the show by his boss. Who, who the fuck lived, is his boss? I don't know, but his boss lives in Alawa. Oh, that's quite worrying. Yep. I go to the Masons sometimes in Alawa. <laughs> I really <laughs> hope it's not one of them. <laughs> I'll be getting kicked out, I'll be getting stripped of my apron. So and yeah, not so in a Jamie, cool way. So Jamie is a, our new Falkirk listener. He's been very active since joining the page. Um, he says, who would win between Freddy versus Ash? Oh, Freddy, because Ash is a fucking buffoon. You're a bad, bad man. Um, I am going to say Ash because <laughs> Freddy has googly arms. He has googly arms in a movie and I don't like them. Um, so, and also, Freddy's been an invisible ninja, a sand shark, the Wicked Witch of the West, <laughs> um, a fucking a computer character. Yeah, like, yeah, Freddy's shit. Ash is fucking cool and he's Oh, um, Ash, Ash could hardly deal with a trap door but he does nonetheless <laughs> <laughs> right um, our good buddy Jerry Herring you get done oh. in the smurfs <laughs> <laughs> enough silence uh, our good buddy Jerry Herring all the way over in Nashville uh, has a, a, a fair few questions so let's batter into him he says so it's been five years on this journey since it has been so long, I apologise if these questions have been asked, but answer them anyway or I'll start crowdfunding more wrong-turn movies. Oh, um, Jerry, don't joke about that. <laughs> so, question number one is, Baz, is there any movie you would like to go back and relook at now with five years of horror reviews down your throat? A Baz v Horror Redux, if you will. Oh, well, that's quite interesting because we actually just mentioned two there that yeah. I've recently done uh, session nine in the last broadcast um, mm-hmm. do you know I'm going to hate myself for fucking saying this there's two neither of which I liked see um, if you say fucking August Underground I'm not no no again. no 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 never never <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely I wish I could sell that thing on eBay honestly <laughs> Damn you, completest OCD. Um, no, one's Tenebrae. Because ah. I, I feel that of, of, out of all of the films I have done, it's the one I just got really wrong. Yes. And I, I think, I do remember, I, I think we did the Jalo stuff not long after Matthew was born, and I was a mm. bit like in the state I'm in just now, just kind of sleep deprived and all that, and struggling to get through films. And I remember doing Tenebrae try to take notes as I watched it just that first time mm-hmm. and I just shot myself in the foot it, it was so disturbed you know my viewing of it that I just didn't get it and you're like that aye but Baz this is why and I'm like I did not get that at all yeah. so I'd kind of like to watch that again I, it, it pains me to say so because if I end up liking it McLeish will be like oh, I fucking told you so Oh, Jerry's going to love that answer anyway because Jerry is a huge fan of Tenebrae, so... Well, and the other one, and I kind of can't believe I'm saying this, but I just feel I would like to go back and see it again because it still comes up in conversation all the time. It's Cannibal Holocaust. 
And that was a film I swore I'd never watch again. You said on this show, I, in fact, it's the infamous quote of, I will never watch this movie again as long as I live. Yeah, yeah. It's worth a revisit. I, like, yeah. Camelot, it's not a. It's not supposed to be a comfortable watch. Mm. It's not supposed to make you feel happy. It's not supposed to be anything which is designed to, you know, be a, a movie that has a massive amount of rewatchability. It, it's not that movie, but what it is is an incredibly well crafted, well put together an excellently executed film which just so happens to work on a psychological level that very few films touch and I think a lot of that's accidental I think it just I think he obviously had an idea but a lot of it is accidental on how it works out um, and the fact that you have seen it nothing's going to ca- catch you off guard yeah. I'll right now it's, it's just as unpleasant re-watching it though I've seen that movie now about six or seven times in my life um, and I never feel great when it finishes. I always feel the same. So yeah, yeah. That was a good question, though, Jerry. I like that one. Right. So the next one's for me. It says Duncan, what is a movie that you've tried to get Baz to do on the show, but it's never happened for one reason or another, uh, like a lost pole, etc. Um, funnily enough, there are three movies that have almost happened but never happened on this show uh, one of which is Rosemary's Baby which we did as a competition back in our second year that Rachel Shipley uh, Andy Blockley's better half God, yeah. and that has never happened has yeah, never happened I forgot um, all about that it's the reason that Rosemary's Baby has never been reviewed on podcasts under the stairs as well uh, I've done it on other shows, but I've never reviewed it myself on this show because I'm always holding it that one day it'll be covered. Um, Psycho, because I think me and you have talked about Psycho how many times? As a, I can't believe Baz has never seen this yeah. movie, um, and it's never happened either. And one day it, it might, maybe, potentially, possibly happen. But you know, I, I think I, it would need to be a while because you've just kind of done the whole fucking franchise. Just went through that whole franchise, so yeah, I can't see. Yeah, I genuinely can't see that happening anytime soon. Um, I did say there was three, didn't I? Yeah. And there was th- there was a third one right in the front of my mind, and it is now fucking gone. Um, and that's going to really annoy me. And I will remember it. Uh, but there is three. There's a third one that we've tried at least three or four times to do it and never done and it will come back to me but I will remember it so yeah so that's the reasons those haven't happened um, and that's not to say they won't happen somewhere I'm not yeah. uh, he says the third question for both of you what are some of the worst movies that you've been introduced to because of the podcast and what are some of the best um, I think there's a few in this wrong turn franchise I think we're safe to say yeah yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Like genuinely up there with some of the worst. Uh, for me, August Underground really. August Underground the almost tops the full list for me. I yeah, think. yeah, that that was just fucking dreadful. And and I genuinely, I know everybody hates me for this, but I genuinely thought Pieces was shit. Uh, Pieces is not a shit film. You are a bad person. I think it is. And uh, Roy, Roy Drake wasn't great either. Roy Drake is awesome. Uh, in terms of like, from my point of view, I don't think I've. Like, the movies that I've seen that I have disliked as part of this show have been while doing things with Baz. 
So I, I like I tend to really lean into movies I like when it comes to reviews. Uh, I, I don't like watching things that I dislike, so it, they tend not to happen. Um, I will say there was a, a Sleepaway Camp one. I think it was Sleepaway Camp four. Uh, that we did as part of that Russian related franchise retrospective which was awful um, and my hatred for Seed of Chucky knows no limits I hate that fucking movie um, so there you go that, uh, that comes up every now and again uh, his next question he says uh, is the Baz secretly a bear and y'all doing some secret experiments for the Russians on having bears mimicking humans to use them for covert assassination attempts it's a strange question, Jerry. It's a weird Baz. question, Jerry. Um, <laughs> but there is nothing secret about it. I am definitely a bear. There we um, go. For a number of reasons. One, uh, bears is the collective term given to supporters of Glasgow Rangers Football Club. Oh, there you of go. Of which I am a huge one. Mm-hmm. So therefore I am a bear. And also, uh, I read a few years ago Bob Mould's autobiography. Bob Mould being the, the singer from Husker Du and Sugar. Um, Bob is a elderly homosexual gentleman uh-huh. um, who identifies with the bear subculture. And much like Bob, I like my men big and hairy. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, right, so next question he says Thoughts on, this is going to be aimed more for you Because I have only input on the movies And not the comics It says, thoughts on Hellboy comics and movies um, I have never read any Hellboy comics um, right, so we're in the same Not for now. any particular reason I think Hellboy came out on Dark Horse comics uh, And I wasn't a big follower of their output I also wasn't a big fan of Mike Mignola uh, who was the artist I don't know if he drew the actual comics he certainly did a lot of the covers for Hellboy comics and I was never a Magnola fan so I kind of shied away uh, I have definitely seen the first Hellboy film and I quite enjoyed it um, can't remember if I've seen the second one or not That's I've seen it. so I've seen both of them both of them were uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, I thought the first one was alright uh, I loved the second one. I thought the second one was brilliant because to me the second one felt more like a Del Toro movie. It expanded out into that kind of like, world building that he'd done in a movie like Pan's Labyrinth, for example. It was very fantastical. Um, the new one is out this year. Um, and they've recast it so it's no longer Ron Perlman Guillermo del Toro isn't involved with it they're aiming for more of the R-rated market and the guy that's going to be playing Hellboy is the guy that plays the sheriff in Stranger Things so oh yeah so he's going to be he's going to be that I will go and check it out um, but yeah I, I don't have like I say like that second movie didn't really like the first one I thought it was alright um, next question it says you're both abducted by aliens who has the better chance of survival and getting a movie made out of the experience uh, me because the anal probing that. would have less chance of rupturing something up my quite frankly slack arse I agree with Baz it is slack <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, and his last question is year 6 is upon us what are some goals for the year for teapots um, I kind of want to say I'd like to be on some more shows this year I'm not convinced it'll happen um, mm-hmm. I suspect my kind of rate of output will be something similar to the past year um, there are a few shows that we have talked about that I would uh, really like to get done 
at long yes. last. Um, the main one being the the show where we capture films that uh, came out after we dealt with the franchises. Uh, I would, I, yes. I really think that could be a kind of fun show. Um, and would take me back to some of my kind of fondest memories on teapots so I'd really like to get that out uh, there's a couple of other shows I think that we've tossed ideas about for as well um, yep. I also really like the idea that we we discussed an idea with Scott and Liam a while back of doing a kind of horror themed board game night and trying to film that and I'd still like to yep. see that come off that'll um, definitely happen because I've, yeah. I've sourced the, the live uh, live streaming equipment for that now so that'll definitely happen it's just a case of nice. sorting that at, at, at night and picking the game so yeah, definitely definitely happen um, for me I think it's a uh, I just I'm enjoying what I'm doing just now so it's just to continue the current output that I'm doing I'm getting a good mix of doing new horror movies like as in brand new horror movies getting a lot of screeners in at the moment uh, so to con- continue doing them continue to have the variety of shows with the, the great guests that we have had um, and what I would like to see is once again um, by the end of year six the magic number I have in my head that I want for the end of year six is to be a podcast that brings in 100,000 downloads a year that's what I want um, I think it's achievable so um, that's my that's my long term goals um, next question comes from someone called Corinne McLeish she says what's the ETA on a mystery present for your wives uh, my wife gets one at the end of every January on buy collect a present day Corinne um, Mings must have got lost in the mail sorry about that Corinne <laughs> uh, <laughs> such a prick uh, Matt Wood fairly new to the group says would you rather cut off a foot or a hand Oh fuck off, Matt Wood! No, you you just joined Scott in the teapots jail. Uh, jail with Dr- you, <laughs> Matt Drew. A lot of Matts here says uh, you each have a chance to design a new horror villain. One has the potential to become a franchise star and an iconic figure for the next decade in the genre. What would their name, outfit, backstory, weapon of choice, signature kill, and weakness be? Name, Doomcock. <laughs> Outfit, assless and crotchless chaps. Backstory, CIA, black op operative gone bad. Weapon of choice, his penis, because literally he can summon, you know, he can shoot bullets with it, and knives will come with it like a fucking Swiss army cock. Um, basically just as an attack penis signature kills mouth bumming somebody to death weaknesses none condoms nah, nah he just rip right through it so yeah weaknesses none Doomcock um, Doomcock 2 you... The Rising <laughs> how do you follow that you don't follow that um, so I, I'm not gonna. I always did think it'd be a really cool. Like if I had more opportunity to do like a movie like that, 
Um, I wouldn't maybe do a movie which created an, you know, like you're saying, an iconic figure for the next decade in the genre. Um, I wouldn't want sequels or anything to mind. I would love to do like a Basil Rowley's Eyes and Grown right now, like a Jallo. I'd love to <laughs> see a, like a Jallo come out. And I've always had this kind of fascination with this idea of doing a story involving a glass eye. And I don't know why. Um, you know, it's almost like the killer's trademark or it's something to unlock the mystery. Um, and my killer would have obviously kill people with a straight razor because that's what you do in Jello movies. Um, his, you know, his outfit would be the token black raincoat with the hat and the black gloves. Um, and his weakness would be um, a plot that made sense because that's the weakness in every Jello. All the ones that have a plot that makes sense are not as fun as the ones that just don't. So there we go. That's the answer to that question. And the last question comes in from Tony Case. He says, "What is your ratio of non tea? Oh, this is a Duncan question. What is your ratio of non teapots production time to teapots production time? I." Frequently blow an entire weekend editing one half hour video. I can't imagine churning out three episodes a week, plus massive marathons like the three hour plus um, battles of the decade episodes. Um, my prep time is the time it takes to watch a movie. I don't write any notes. Everything you hear is pretty much off the cuff with me. I've got a ridiculous memory though, so that kind of aids that. Um, editing time for me is never long. Um, one day, me and you will record together, Tony, and you will see why that is. I tend to be—I don't like have the tightest of ships, but I tend to feel that the conversations are generally on point on podcasts under the stairs. There are tangents, but the tangents are usually ones that I like to keep in. Um, and as such, my editing time. It's never I, like I can hit stop on any recording, and that episode will be edited down, uploaded to a website, and can be out within an hour and a half. Um, my 88 Films Italian Collection episodes uh, are usually about half an hour recording time, about 20 minutes editing down and uploading to a website and then maybe 15 minutes writing up the web page and posting so those episodes can be recorded now in about an hour um so yeah that's i i i know there's a lot of people out there that do a lot more in ways of editing than i do um ways to cut down on that templates so i have like a recording template that has my intro music already in it um you know i'll spend a bit of time making sure i already have trailers for movies and all that sourced um so yeah, for me, it's, uh, I would not be able to put out three hours of content on one show plus additional things if you know I was spending like all my time editing. I will say as well, I have a slight advantage that a lot of people don't have in that I sleep very sparsely. Um, so when things, I can do a lot of prep in terms of downloading things and making sure I'm fine. But yeah, I don't do a lot. Uh, compared to other podcasters, I do very little in the way of of editing and shit like that. Most of what you hear on an episode is pretty much what's been recorded. And Basil attests to that. I think I can count on maybe one hand um, or maybe on two fingers the amount of time we've actually edited something out that you've said. Yeah, so doesn't happen very often. Yeah, everything that you usually hear is pretty much everything that's recorded. So there we go. Um, but you're doing video as well, and video is a different animal entirely. So there we go. I want to thank everyone for sending questions. We got tons in this time, uh, and they've been a lot of fun. Um, and we have all been introduced to a brand new character on the show, Doomcock. 
which will be another one that will stick with for Heard the foreseeable future. First. Yep, we did, we did indeed. Right, so, um, just before Baz leaves and then I drop about fucking close to four hours of me, Scott and Liam getting progressively more drunk and talking nonsense about horror movies, there is a huge announcement to make. We've been teasing this announcement now for the best part of two and a half months. Um, this particularly is aimed at what you guys will experience, along with myself, uh, through the month of October. It is what is officially replacing what was Baz v Halloween Baz the floor is yours sir let us know what it's called let us know the scope and idea of it and then ultimately let us know what you're going to be doing on it yeah so as we've spoken about before um, we are going to retire the old uh, Baz v Halloween format that we had Uh, for anybody that didn't listen in previous years Duncan would uh, it started off with five films and then in later years there would be a, a theme uh, say found footage with a five found footage films and then Duncan would tag on another film for each episode as well so we do ten films over the course of Halloween idea being who would win would it be Baz or would it be Halloween kind of thing um, and in recent years it became quite apparent that he was never going to get <laughs> enough films for Halloween to win kind of thing so we've, we've decided to retire that now that I've graduated um, and what we've come up with this year, we're going to do Bazoween. So basically, I'm taking over Halloween um, and I am going to suggest films uh, that we watch, and you can join in, watch the movies with us, and then we'll pop in one out uh, once a week uh, for the whole of October. And we will probably do one of those god awful fucking commentary <laughs> things at the end that McLeish seems to think is amazing and everybody the best else thinks is shit. everyone loves them you're the only one that dislikes them <laughs> um, I will apologise because we're only going to be doing one film per episode just because I don't have the time the, October was traditionally a very heavy month for us to get these out uh, rattled out um, at that rate so we're only doing one film but I like to think I've come up with quite the list this year folks um, and even Duncan, Duncan and I have discussed some of the films but even he doesn't know the, the list so this is uh, this is all going to be new to him oh, fuck. so uh, hold on to your crotchless man panties folks <laughs> here we go with Bazoween <laughs> week one and you are going to fucking love this McLeish because we didn't talk about this film so you don't even know this is coming uh-oh, right. Week one. The film that this podcast was named after. You're fucking it'll joking. Be the People Under the Stairs. I'm the happiest guy that's ever existed right now. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. my God. We're going to follow that up. Week two. Poltergeist. Oh. <laughs> Coming in with the heavy hitters, I'm not going to lie, there's a heavy 80s vibe going on. Um, and it has nothing to do with, with Duncan's top 10 movies of the 80s. They are just films that I have not yet seen that I really feel I should see. So, a couple of big hitters there at the start. Mm-hmm. Going a little bit indie, a little bit left field in week three. We're coming in with Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Boom! Which, if you follow the Twitter and Instagram and that, you'll have seen that I bought quite recently. Hence that. Number four. A movie that I know for a fact McLeish loves. <laughs> that all he has loved and I have never seen. Week four of Bazoween. Salem's Lot. 
Oh. <laughs> and then week five, folks. The fucking mother load. The money shot. <laughs> week five of Bazoween will probably be the last week of teapots because week five is Suspiria. Oh my fucking god! It's coming. It's been coming a long time, McLeish, and it's finally here. Dude, this I is... am going to mouth bum your favourite movie of all time. It's not my favourite movie of all time. It's in my top favourite movies of all time. That's a fucking... That's a, that's that's what you call right there a fucking good month of that viewing, is, by the way. That is. So, just to recap, folks, week one, we're kicking off with the people under the stairs. Week two, Toby Hooper's Poltergeist. Week three... Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Week 4, Salem's Lot. Finishing up with Week 5, Suspiria. And then, if we have to do one of these commentaries, I will come up with something else. <laughs> yes, we do have to do one of those commentaries. I look forward then to Then I will come up with something else. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, McLeish? What do you think? How's that I, for a list, sir? I think that's a great list. I think that's a great list. I have been trying to get people under the stairs that was the third movie by the way do you know I actually when you were just, talking about it I thought that that might be it that was the I third movie I could say it because I knew I was going to mention it later on yeah that's the third movie so when I say I constantly try to get movies and well that question which was like three movies I said that I've been trying to get Baz to like watch but they've just never happened People Under the Stairs was one. People Under the Stairs was originally my idea for our first ever live show. Like when yeah. we finally did a live show, we would do it on People Under the Stairs because I thought, I genuinely, I don't think you understand what that movie is. And I think it's going to fucking, it, it, the, 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 the gold that's going to come out in that episode might, might we might peak early, might peak in week one. Um, so that's like a great choice because it makes sense. The show's named after it. Poltergeist, just everyone should have seen that movie, and the fact you've not, like, legitimately worries yeah, me. Yeah, totally, and I had forgotten that Toby Hooper directed it, mm-hmm. and I just love Texas Chainsaw Massacre so much, so I'm, I'm hoping. And yeah, it's one of those glaring ones that kind of annoys me that I've not seen. It's one I remember mm. from when I was a child, like, hearing folk talk about and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it was one of the ones that was uh, influential in the change in the rating system in America because it was a PG mm. and it scarred like every child. <laughs> um, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, I've, I've reviewed it on this show, we're doing it as part of this 80s run, I can't say enough good things about it, it's so ahead of its time, it's unbelievable. Um, Salem's Lot is a fucking bona fide classic, I mean you don't get much more classic than Salem's Lot, and it's just a great story. A great like King adaptation and then Suspiria there ain't no other movie in the history of cinema that's even remotely like Suspiria so I guarantee that even if you hate that movie you will not be able to equate it to anything else you've ever seen or anything since so strap yourself in brace yourself folks October's coming is unbelievable that is that is fucking going to be the most epic first annual Bazoween and Baz is kicking it in style so yeah ladies and gents one of one of those will drop every single week in october you will get five episodes in full um 
of reviews with the Baz taking us through these bona fide classic movies. Uh, and like I say, set your set your calendars. We will announce the dates for each of those episodes, uh, probably two weeks out with. Um, we'll announce what, what shows are dropping on what dates. One of them obviously doesn't drop on a Monday because five, five episodes over what is four and a half weeks. Um, so we'll put them out anyway. And yeah, we'll get you clued in. I want to try and get some feedback from, from people as well, uh, which I'll probably edit in on, on the back of the recordings. So we can see what people thought of what Baz made of it. What you guys think. We'll try and make it as interactive as possible. Uh, yeah, and it's going to be your new favourite holiday. You thought it was Halloween. <clears throat> Halloween has now been replaced. Welcome to Bazoween. Oh, yeah, what, what a way to go out. Baz, I cannot... I cannot thank you enough for taking a bit of time and joining me for this anniversary show. I'm going to take my leave of you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say goodbye to the listeners before I take a very short break and then people hear a drunken rambling, which will make what we've done just now sound like fucking um, Shakespearean gold. I, uh, thanks very much for having me on, mate. Always a pleasure to come on. Uh, and I didn't want to miss out on the fifth anniversary show. Ain't no party about the Baz, sir. This is true. This is um, true. Thanks everybody for uh, tuning in. I hope you enjoy the next four hours. You probably won't, but hey, <laughs> go nuts. <laughs> right, I'm going to take a break just now. You are going to hear some promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear a bit of music because it is a celebration after all. When I return, I'm joined with Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil. It's time to get happy. Time to get movies you've never heard of before and time to be frustrated too within an inch of your life and get uncomfortable in your own skin listening to Scott's List. All that and more coming right up right after this. You're travelling through another dimension. A dimension of not only film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break!
welcome back. So here we are, this is one epic segment in our fantastic five year anniversary celebration on the podcast Under The Stairs. Now you may be listening to this and going, Duncan you don't sound as if you were as close to the mic as you usually would be, however you do sound like you're in a place where you are surrounded by men that might want to bum you. Well you are correct dear listener, I am currently recording from We've called it meth, and let's call it what is the midlife crisis space of Liam Rafferty. One half of Scott and Liam versus Evil. I uh, am surrounded by what can only be described as an Alcoholics Anonymous's nightmare. A, 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 pleth- a plethora of uh, booze of various different descriptions, some of which are American brands, some of which are non-American brands, some of which are rum based, others are bourbon, some of them are lagers, there's ice, there are naked bars, there are homemade cupcakes, pint glasses full of ice, there is Strathmore, I think that's sparkling water, we'll say it's sparkling for the purposes of this, and the evil corporation that is Coca-Cola is also represented a full spectrum on the table of alcoholic beverages, which will only inebriate your dear podcasters further on. But what we are here to do for you is a special segment. The simple brief I gave to my podcast colleagues and myself was that we would count down a top 10 list of our choosing, a personal top 10 list within the genre. And uh, yeah, these lists are gonna be pretty phenomenal. Now, like I say, I'm not at my usual place of recording. I'm in a rather fantastical, magical place. It's kind of Neverland Ranch, minus the inappropriate touching and the Jesus juice. I'm in Scott Liam's lair, where they record their fantastic podcast, Scott Liam vs. Evil. I'm joined by the two hosts from that fantastic podcast. Go and check them out. But I'll introduce them just now. Um, up in the docket first, the man who owns the property in which we sit, the man that has plied me with lots of alcohol and uh, has been a bit too touchy-feely for my liking, is the fantastic Liam Rafferty from Scotland. How you doing, Liam? I am good, and the only reason the Jesus juice isn't out is because you are easy as fuck. I am. Pr- I'll be honest with you. I like a couple of beers, and I'm like anyone's. Uh, I'm like, well, that was that, Liam. You want to fondle me? Well, I don't think that's do it. <laughs> do it now. Um, the other half of this phenomenal podcast machine, the juggernaut, as I call it, uh, is the fantastic Scott from Scotland. Liam. Scott, how you doing? What up, my podcasting homies? I'm trying up something new with this accent. What do you think? I might be able to carry it on for the whole episode. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen Liam's face drop from content to discontent in less time than I was during that segment. I'm all for fondling, but when you're trying a gangster rapper, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm just trying it something new, you know? Yeah, keeping it fresh. Is what well, I don't know why I said it like that, but we are we're trying to keep it fresh. Now the whole purpose of this was originally the plan was that there would be a meeting of the minds. Myself and another chair probably sitting beside me. The slightly old. I probably wouldn't have given him a chair. Yeah, Baz was Baz was originally scheduled to be here. Baz has kids. I have a kid, but he has Baz commi- has he commitments. Has he has commitments, which force him not to be here. And Baz will be on this episode doing Baz-like stuff. But Baz wasn't here for this recording. I'm quite glad, actually, because a couple of beers in him and he gets a bit touchy, a bit racist, and also a bit mean. 
But what's that here, Liam? <laughs> what are you here? What products are you using? I bet you're one of these guys that uses fucking bulldog hair shampoo. I don't use that shit. Only broken for the bads on these bald shit. I actually wore my, I actually wore my really super tight. They're so tight. Jeans, in case bads did show up, is like a nice. They're surprise. so tight that I could count the coins in your pocket. That's not even a joke. Those uh, aren't coins. Those are flat testicles. I almost, almost, I was almost in a position that I could almost copy the key to your house from it as well. I was like, ah, oh, fucking do that. The Ocean's Eleven shit where you like duplicate a key with some plasticine. That doesn't work. That's Hollywood, ladies and gents. But yeah, uh, we're here to do a little special segment in which we'll count down a top 10, a personal top 10 list of things that we have considered interesting within a topic we picked. It with my list, which I didn't pick. You guys picked. Thanks for that, because you picked most of, of the fucking 10 things I put on that page. This is the one I didn't want, because this is the one that I know people are going to be like, well, actually, I like that that movie Duncan that's not what it means uh, so we have three top ten lists uh, Liam is kicking us off because we did a live stream and uh, Jamie McCauley said Liam should go first and we were like yeah Liam should go first obviously thanks Jamie uh, Liam what top ten are you doing? yeah thanks Jamie <laughs> uh, my top ten is great classic movies from 1920 to 1959 but I am not including the Universal Monsters or Hammer, and I'll explain why when I get to it. That, oh, <laughs> I, I don't even know where you're going with this, because to me, that time period is all Universal and Hammer, so I'm looking forward to this list. <laughs> uh, Scott, you chose something which you have basically, you promoted on our nude... What is it? I can never remember. The Pod Nude Dudes Club. The Pod Nude... I can't say it. Pod Nude Dude club uh, chat that we have that exists in our realm which no one should ever see that because we're all going to prison uh, for many many years for crimes against humanity um, you posted here that it's guaranteed to it's, you basically your list I don't think it's intentional I may be wrong by saying this but I don't think it's intentional that your list is has resulted in a, a list of 10 that might infuriate me and Liam I'm hoping it'll infuriate you so as was it intentional well no I had there's two or three entries in the list that, that I had thought of before I, I even picked the topic and I thought, I want to put a list, what do they come under? So my list is not as elaborate as Liam's, my list is horror comedies, yes. straight up. So I had three there and I thought, that's what I want to do and I thought, fuck, I better think another seven. So I have, it was relatively <laughs> easy, there's quite a lot of horror comedies out there. Um, but I'm glad you don't understand the concept of a list. But I am... Um, I've, I've, I've what the one the couple that I've got in there I need to really justify their position on a, a, a horror comedy list and I really hope that it upsets you and maybe even upsets the listeners um, and that's what that's what we're all about Duncan it's, it's debate and discussion as as I am at eye level with Scott's balls and the second he says something that upsets me I'm going to just drill him in them. <laughs> <laughs> He is actually at like eye level, but not in a sexual way. Uh, it's just the way the room's positioned. Uh, yeah, my list that you guys voted on is the top ten horror movies that I love that everyone else hates. Now, I'm going to just put this out here. There is no way with the 577 people that are on the Facebook group page and the many more that listen at home that I'm going to be able to pick ten movies that no one else likes that's not going to happen. So what I've done is I've tried to quantify it in terms of how they've been graded on the internet, 
how I know generally the population of the horror community online, I did quotation marks when I said horror community, don't judge me when I did that, um, but also their scores, because a lot of movies that are not liked by horror fans are scored incredibly high on IMDb and the Rotten Tomatoes, so you're going to get those as and when we go through them, but yeah, that's my list as well, so we're going to run through those three, hopefully you'll have fun, hopefully we'll be able to educate you a little bit in movies that maybe you've not seen, uh, hopefully we'll be able to spark a bit of debate on the Facebook group page, when you listen to it, you're like, actually, I think that movie's incredible, I don't know why he said that, or at the same time, I have never heard of that movie from 1949 that Lee mentioned, or at the same time, that movie is not funny at all, Scott, I can't believe you put that on your list, I hope you burn in hell. That might be an option, I'm going to say keep it clean, keep it clean, where possible, keep it clean. So, that is what we're going to do, it's something a little bit different, I'm kind of loving it, there is, I don't know if I said this, I'm going to say it again, there's a lot of alcohol here, we've been drinking and chatting for a while, I've been having the best day ever, <laughs> this could be the time of my life, I'm trying, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm trying really hard to not replicate the um, the live debate we've done, uh, where I couldn't remember the reasons for us speaking. So All you have to do is not use the word exist. It's going to happen. Uh, you also have to not say that Jaws is shite. <laughs> yeah, which still to this day, the word flabbergast doesn't often I've, get I've, used. I've, not, I've, I've still not watched it yet in terms of waiting for waiting for um, when we plan to do either as an episode in our show or a live stream or however we manage to do it, but we will do Jaws on Scott Neen vs Evil. And I may eat my words, I may just reiterate my words as just give it the water, film's finished. We might, we might want to try some sort of live intervention where there's a chap at the door and both myself and Baz show up in full priest regalia to bless this house and sit down with you and try and exercise the demon that is embodying you that says that Jaws isn't a good movie. I, I mean, I, I get the feeling at this this stage it can't be Satan because we all love Satan. That it must be some sort of other entity that is, could we call it Loki, that is purely yeah, is Loki. having a bit of mischief here by saying things that you don't mean. I might be saying things that I actually don't know, so I, I, am, I, am, I am prepared to take my words with me F- coming up, but... No. Today is the last day for the anniversary show. Is so let's if, no, if the listeners want to play a drinking game, if you want to get really fucked up, <laughs> oh, shit. then you should drink every time I mention a movie that you may not have seen, you should drink every time Duncan mentions something that you may actually hate or the opposite you may love. Then you should drink. If you want to be stone cold sober, then you should drink every time Scott mentions a movie that he has actually seen. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's harsh. It's harsh but fair. It's harsh but fair. As a firm listener to uh, Scott Lee versus Evil, there is nothing that gets my kind of what kind of face going more than when Liam says, "You know, I've done my notes here. I'm not done the end <laughs> because it's not saved and I'm." I did watch it, and then we get to a bit where where, where Scott goes like that. Eh, Liam, I think you should lead on the end. <laughs> no, that. Did Scott actually see it? No, it should be in the top ten of the year where Scott goes, I've put this movie in my top ten. Although I've not watched it yet, but I think I'm going to like it. In oh. fairness, in fairness, in defence of Scott, I don't want to be one of those guys in defence Scott. Having seen that movie now, 
would it be in your top ten? I can't remember where I stood on it, but I think yeah, you actually said it would. I know, I, I, it underwhelmed me. I know, and it really that, that really unfortunately it. works against my point. Yes. I'm retracting it, and we're moving on. Right. We're moving on as a podcast. Uh, so yeah, so we have three top ten lists. You guys voted out there when I say voted. We basically said what? What did we say? You can crack this. Like loud and proud on the podcast. Get that port. Uh, Liam, tell the, the dear listeners what is the beverage of choice tonight? This is Pirate's Grog Rum. They've got three levels of bottles. That is the middle one. Uh, and Coca-Cola. Because I'm not quite hard enough and I kind of wanted to share the fancy bottle with you two guys. Oh, thank you. 200 <laughs> years ago, <laughs> me partners in crime used the London Isles or Rotel my struggle can't read it so I'm just gonna I'm gonna slur over the words I don't know uh, where are we vast hordes of bounty were buried in the pirates that, that's a terrible I have accent. never heard a German pirate before yeah <laughs> das boat uh, with winches till the rum run dry pirates grog is aged in bourbon barrels oh Sydney for the boat I've got one in there that's a hundred. I literally don't feel like I should be doing the voice now. Like I'm, the voice is going back. I've got one in there that's a hundred quid, but I don't understand why, because it tastes the exact same as that, which tastes the exact same as the fucking twenty quid bottle. I'm gonna say that your palate is unrefined, so either that or they're having a laugh. Uh, Pirate Scrog is aged in bourbon barrels for five years, giving it a rich golden colour and a deliciously smooth finish with flavours of raisin, butterscotch, and Vanilla. Yeah, actually, put me off it. I don't like raisins. <laughs> that smells some... fucking amazing. It's I, I in bourbon barrels, so you're kind of drinking. That's seventy pound a bottle. I will sniff it. I will not drink you it. You fucking drink it, you you have to the, drink it. You drink it, and you'll be like that. It tastes like a twenty pound bottle. Look at my second, ladies and gentlemen. Right, I'm gonna bring my cell in. That's a nice run. <laughs> Fucking avoid here! Avoid to be like, Liam, you've wasted your money! You're just fucking pissing up a lot. No, that is actually fucking really nice. That's smooth bought, as a bastard. They were all bought as gifts, and I didn't realise that it was actually like, I didn't realise how expensive they were until someone came round, and I was like, well, open this one. And they were like, no, and don't was, open that. Hey, are you joking? That's a hundred pound a bottle. I was like, well, I got it free for Santa Claus, so let's drink it. <laughs> yes, because Santa, Santa has an unlimited purse and doesn't fucking... I am still the youngest here, therefore Santa's real and Santa <laughs> Right, so let's swing this round to Liam, who's drinking an expensive... Whoo! My fucking wild turkey was like £18. And I now feel... You know that way you drive up in your car that you think is quite nice and you park beside a Ferrari and you're like, my car's shit. That's kind of how I feel on this show. Hey, you um, know what? Your car will still get you the exact same place as the Fryroll. It won't get as fast! <laughs> it won't get as... I know what you're saying, Scott. Let's, let's leave it at that. It won't get as fast, but at the same time, I'll get where I want to go. I love that. Right, uh, Liam has a list. You, remind the listeners out there, because we've waffled a bit. Remind me, because it's quite so convoluted. <sighs> yeah, but that's... Uh, welcome to the podcast under the stairs, where we take hours to get to where we want to, and when we get there, no one remembers why we're here. I feel it's like the... Um, Matt was... Uh, What's the fucking hell, man? What's the game show where you sit in the chair? Master quiz. Uh, Mastermind. Master quiz. I wish it was called this Master This is what I've only had two beers and one bourbon and I'm already... But you've lost about fucking ten I've not eaten today and I went swimming. Anyway, yeah, it's, like, it's like masterminding your special subject. You're making it so precise in terms that you're like actually trying to... 
you know, well, make yourself win. I'll, I'll get to that. Right, good. We should do it from the top of the show, we should point out that me and Duncan have been here six hours earlier than Scott because Scott can't arrive on fucking time. I told you I was coming at two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so, I am quite drunk, but my list is the top ten, Yep. personally, my favourites from 1920 to 1959. The reason I'm not including 1960 is because it's Psycho, and obviously Psycho would be number one, so I'm including that. Yes. Ooh. Yes, it would. What would people dump? Oh, what would people dump? As I said, Psycho would be number one. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. Trust I'll me, it's going to be way more controversial. Oh, right, let's, let, let's do that. I'm fucking in like Flynn. Let's do it. I'm not. People who know me or people who know the show, I have a, the monster from Frankenstein tattooed on my forearm. My cat is called Boris Katloff. So for that reason, I am not including any Universal Monster movies because it's far too easy to do a top 10 and just fill it full of Frankenstein, Dracula, Invisible Man. If you've not watched these films, then do yourself a favour and go and get the fucking box set because they're all incredible. I haven't watched them. <laughs> Apart from him. <laughs> the same with Hammer. I'm not including any Hammer because it would be so easy to fill a top 10 full of Hammer. So this is my version of maybe gems that the kind of the common horror fan, modern horror fan, won't have seen. So I have also took kind of lessons from Duncan in his mad list making skills, <laughs> where I decided to take two movies from each decade. I've took two movies from the twenties, two movies from the thirties. Two movies from the 40s and two movies from the 50s. Jesus. And then two, just of my favourites, from within that time frame. So, the reason I'm trying to be as technical is because I am a fool in the summer series. And I, I am trying to do it slightly by making it sound like kind of some sort of film, cinema, intelligence. Well, I'm going to come off looking like the biggest fool in this episode then, because Duncan gave me no tips on making a list, and my... Uh, <laughs> I've just went, I've just threw hurdles and stuff in willy nilly and realised that I took no notes about any of the films that are in my list. So, um, on you go, Liam. <laughs> so, wait, wait, uh, set the bar high. So, am I, am, I, am I beginning? Yeah. Yes, go for it. Right, number 10. Oh. We travel all the way back to 1943, quite in the midst of World War Two. Just Nazis. a fuck all to do with the movies. Actually, nothing to do with Nazis. It's called The Devil Bat. Oh, it man. stars Bella Lugosi. Mm. Have you seen it, Duncan? Yes, I have. Of course you've fucking seen it. <laughs> I thought it would start with a rarity that people hadn't seen it. No, 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 this is a good one. It's a good one. Of course you've not fucking <laughs> seen it. <laughs> uh, so The Devil Bat is directed by Gene Yarborough. It stars Bella Lugosi, who a lot of fans will know he is dead. Is that, <laughs> is that in reference to that fucking song? It's the only thing I know about him. <laughs> <laughs> So it stars, it stars a very much alive Bella Lugosi. Very <laughs> much alive. Hi, I'm, I'm Bella Lugosi. Welcome to my movie. What, by the time you're listening to this podcast, I may be dead. Um, and I hope that when people talk about this movie, you point out, first and foremost, that I am actually dead. So it's called The Devil Bat. The, the story of the, the movie is Bella Lugosi is a scientist which he is in most things and he has developed a, a special thing for the cosmetic industry someone took it off him and they made lots of money 
Bella Lugosi was fine with it, but actually he's bitter as fuck. So he develops this new cologne and also this devil bat. <laughs> so the whole the whole premise of the movie is when you apply the cologne to your jugular, that night a, a gigantic bat will fly out from the midnight sky and he will attack your jugular and he will kill you. And he gets them back for stealing his idea. This is the type of story that you would expect from a kind of 50s schlock film or the 80s VHS. It's so fucking like, how did you even come up with that? A bat that attacks you because you're wearing a certain cologne. It's so much fun. It's, is it well acted? From everyone apart from Bella Lugosi? No. From Bella Lugosi, <laughs> every, no, no matter what film you watch Lugosi in, he has such a, a presence and he gives a performance that it might be cam- like too camp, it might be ham-fisted, but at the end of the movie you're going to walk away going, Bella Lugosi was fucking brilliant in that. Also, the bats that come out of the sky are easy three foot wide and they're giant cuddly teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> On... Obvious clothing lines that are just thrown at Lugosi or thrown at other actors who then fall to the ground as if they're being attacked in the jugular. This movie is fantastic. <laughs> and this movie deserves to be in the number 10. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a weird thing about like Lugosi just in general as an actor who landed. Uh, I will be surprised if he appears only once on this list, but... <laughs> um, like Lugosi, if you, if you do a bit of reading into the reason, well, if you do a bit of reading into his his life, as a guy who landed that slightly ironically into the uh-huh. role that he did, but was surprisingly versatile. Uh-huh. Like a lot, a lot of those ones that landed. When I say a lot of those, I, I'm, I'm thinking, and I, I'm going to lean into like a Boris Karloff. People that couldn't get over the role that they originally played and were, were stuck in that almost that, like a typecast of that's who I play, that's who I am, and um, I will do variations of the same thing. Uh, Bella Lugosi was surprisingly versatile um, in that he managed to deliver variations of the same role, but in a way which didn't make you think he was doing the same role. I I totally agree with that. Yeah. He's he's very much what he he became Dracula. Dracula and also he became what everyone now yeah. perceives as Dracula and even in his everyday life he was Dracula so buried in escape as well oh, wasn't yeah. he yeah, yeah buried in full Dracula regalia which is kind of boss I mean like see when I get buried I'll be buried in something I don't like because my wife will pick it <laughs> and she'll be like oh he always loved this one thing he wore once um, and that's not what I love Corinne if you're listening to this I don't love that <laughs> <laughs> like bury me in my fucking Pantera hoodie. Uh, that's what, that's what I want to go on, but I don't want to. I don't bury me in that. Uh, but yeah, I'll be in some sort of suit, like fucking this, all pale faced and shit. But uh, yeah, I was an extra in the little vampire, so I'll be buried with a silver chrome Peugeot BMX bike and my denim on denim outfit. <laughs> all denim, all the time. And I like to think I based that role on Lugosi's version of the vampire. Updating it to the eighties, <laughs> obviously. Clearly, clearly yeah. updated. Sponsored by Wrangler. Of uh, course. <laughs> uh, so, Lugosi was is a character, and he is that I think in real life and in film I don't think he differentiated much. He was addicted to opium, he had a yep. really terrible time with drug abuse. Yep. In a lot of these films it shows that he's got a terrible time with drug abuse, but 
at the same time, all these performances he he means from the heart, even if it's his silly an idea as a bat that attacks aftershave he means his role he is that science yeah. he is he's fully engrossed in being that that character and I don't think he can come away from it yeah you may come away from it and say oh that that film's nonsense that film's daft but it's fun it's engaging in Lugosi I think all of his films and the same as Karloff all of them should be watched by anyone who's into horror because that is at that time, that is how you do horror, and those guys, those guys, fucking followed the genre in yeah. such a way that it should be respected. It's Number ten, the double bat. It's a weirdness mm. where um, people almost like in modern day, you get these actors and actresses all that. I don't want to be typecast. I've been in that horror movie, but I don't want. This is my big break. <laughs> I'm in a movie, but I don't want to be typecast as the scream queen or the, the fucking dumb jock or whatever. And there was a time period where, like the, almost the, or on some level the the, the peers of the genre world that right, I am Frankenstein. That is who I am. When we're doing a Frankenstein movie, I should be cast first because I am Frank. They encompass the role, they encompass the genre, and I think there's a there's a disconnect now. Um, where people are that, well, you know, and maybe not so much because horror's on the upswing, yeah. so people are really leaning into that. I like, and it's, it's safe to say we're all fans of Barbara Crampton here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Barbara Crampton yeah. to me is one of the is one of these actresses that I love because she was in the genre. She stepped away from acting, and when she came back to, it, she was like, you know what, I'm going back into that genre that gave me the ability to take that time off. And that's how I should. I think if you love horror and you love being a horror actor, that you should. Bill O'Bearsh Jr. is a great example of this. Uh, Bill Mosley. Uh, these are great examples of people like that. You know, I'm a. I think I'm a great actor, but I know for a fact that I have a particular look and a particular style of acting that only fits one genre. And as such, I will devote my time to that, as opposed to being like, hi. I'm, I'm doing my horror movie now and like Johnny Depp and Nightmare on Elm Street. Hi, I'm doing that and I will not revisit this until fucking Tim Burton asked me to be fucking that dude in Sleepy Hollow. There's, there's a thing on that and Bor- to me, Boris Karloff and, and um, at the same time, Bella Lugosi set that, we go even like even further to the, like, the Wolfman, etc. There are people out there, Lon Chaney Jr., who are great examples of people that are like, this is my genre, this is what I do. Yeah. I understand there's a whole world of cinema out there that I can't necessarily break into because people are like that. But he's the Dracula and he's the Frankenstein, he's the Wolfman dude. But that's cool because I have a I have a whole run of films I can do here and they do that. And I think that's lost. Yeah. I, 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 part of me is quite sad about that. There are great genre actors that we have now that we can point to. He appears in all these movies. I think uh, Larry Fessenden, who yeah. appears in all these genre movies, is a production company. That's why he does it. Um, but I think we should lean more into that. I don't feel you should be as ashamed by being the guy who portrays Dracula. You know what I mean? If you portray Dracula and you're really good at it, then let's then do Then buy a fucking cape and wear it to the supermarket. Exactly. Uh, Christopher Lee. It's Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee almost became ashamed of the amount of Dracula performances he did in Hammer and I'm like that but did you wear Dr- yeah. I think of and I know you're going to hate me for saying this when I think of Dracula I think Christopher Lee yeah. 
Uh, and that's the Hammer person in me. I grew up on Hammer Horror. So but fuck the rest of my top ten because I'm off this show. <laughs> I, I no no no. But that's this way I think. But that says a lot to you because when you think of Dracula, you think of a different actor, and I think that's kind of cool. We should have those options. It's, it's weird that we live in a position in twenty eighteen where all that there are only two Draculas. When Dracula's been portrayed by about a hundred actors, I'm actually, everyone has got the right to be Dracula. If they want to be Dracula, they can be Dracula. This is twenty eighteen. If you want to be. <laughs> Any version of Dracula, you can be it. I was about to use Hashtag Dracula likes matter. Hashtag Dracula do, because I was going to say something that might get me in trouble. So I'm going to blow your mind. When I think of Dracula, I don't think of Lugosi. I don't think of Christopher Lee. I'm going to get there. Oh, it's on the list, right? Get the fingers out of this. I think you're Leslie Nielsen, but that's just me. Dracula dead loving it is fucking amazing. And I'm not even going to lie. Do you know I, what? I, I just, just realised that that should have been on my list. Why is that not on your list? You're fired. No, I'm not going to. Renfield, do not do the thing that I want because I'm doing the voice and the accent that I can't. Oh. <laughs> Moving on to number nine on my list. Also stars Bella Lugosi. And it is The Phantom Creeps from 1939. Not seen Duncan, this one. You've not seen it? Not seen it. Fucking yes. Yes. My entire, oh, what, what movie is it? I know for a fact you've I, no I, fucking I'm, seen I'm it. Seen it <laughs> What's that one? Oh yeah, that's my favourite. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm actually quite glad because my top ten, I thought, as long as I've got one film that Duncan's not seen. You've done it. I'll be good. So, it is also starring Bella Lugosi. You'll recognise it from Rob Zombie's stage show, The Big Robot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where the Phantom Creeps. It was in the Dragula video, I think it was in... The robot's in that? Yeah, the robot's in Phantom Creeps. I thought it was from, like, the 50s. It is from 1939. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just because there's a robot in it. Apparently, it's actually what inspired Hitler to start the war. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, getting hot in here, <laughs> getting hot in here. Woo! <laughs> it's directed by Ford Beeps and Saul A. Goodkind. That's off IMDb, I have no idea who those two guys are. Uh, and it was originally a 12 part series, I think it was actually from 1939. <coughs> but they then, 10 years later, they put it together into, like, they basically shortened it all down and made it a film where. The, the whole premise of that is Bill Lugosi is a scientist <laughs> and he has three inventions. One, he has a belt that can make you invisible. Two, he has this big giant robot who, if you're a Rob Zombie fan, you will definitely have seen from his music videos and it attacks people. And the third one is that he has this little tiny silver disc and wherever he puts it, he has a mechanical spider that will run to that disc and will explode. That sounds amazing. The reason for that invention, who fucking knows? But the movie, the movie's fun. At some point, there's scientists. <laughs> uh, sorry, there's no scientists. There's spies. I have no idea where the spies are from. They're, they're, literally, they're just after what Bella Lugosi has that he's developing these things from. And he's developing these things from a fallen meteor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, so he has this fallen meteor that he harnesses the power for these three different instruments, and these spies want it. But do they get it? Well, you have to watch the film to find out. So, do they just wait? Do they just what? Just talk shit then? Is this like they just, do people? Do people just like? 
believe anything. Rephrase back your fucking sentence. <laughs> Do you know what? It's just it's angered me so much. The past, the past has angers me so much. You, you just, the past angers me so much. People in the forties just go the one week they've, they've been working in the mines and they've got two shillings they say in the, in the cinema <laughs> and they go to the cinema. What? Do you think people were working in 1940? During World War II, people were working down the mines. I take the power of the fucking tanks. <laughs> what was coal like? What? How did you drive a tank? Not no, coal. Not be coal. No, <laughs> you fucking power the houses be coal, right? <laughs> no, you're telling me that people just went to the went to the cinema. Two I'm so glad that I am not going to be the least intelligent one in this episode. <laughs> You're telling me people like pay their hard earned hard earned shillings to go to the cinema to sit down and watch a movie and you just to believe that the fucking science came to the meters? No one At is. At that time people believed it because That's what I'm saying, they were daft back then! <laughs> it wasn't they were daft. They hadn't been in space. They didn't know that meters didn't contain... They've not been in space now, don't even believe it, I tell you. <laughs> but, oh. but at that time, space was so interesting that if you say, oh, this is a space rock and it powers, it can make you fly, you're fucking believing it because you don't know anything. This is Paul in the Vain time. You imagine, you, imagine, you imagine going back a time machine to that time, right? Okay, yep. not, not to do with the war, right? Because that would be probably actually pretty scary if you were like, yeah. you know... Yeah. We're in America, yeah, so we're, we're not acknowledging right, the war in let's America. Just, right, so. Let's just pick your right. two tall you would have been shite in the front let's just, let's just go I couldn't have had any Nazis man see if I was a Jew I'd have fuck <laughs> see if um, quite a lot of them won. quite a lot of them won. Um, see if Brexit over in America right in the fuck that's just crossed an alley now I wasn't willing to go nah I'm on the Jew side though so it's alright Right, so oh, fucking we're in America, right? In the forties, kicking about in tea dresses and then the the jigger, the jazz, or the jive or whatever they're doing. <laughs> the and, the, the and you're watching space rock. What are you saying? Space rocks and flying. Space rocks and meteors and just stuff I've got from different planets. So imagine getting a time machine back to nineteen forties America and just how what would you do? You'd be kicking about saying oh, this is really this is really cool. And, Americans yeah, think the Earth is flat, right? Well, now they do. Yeah, they, but they, they do now. Americans, Americans, Americans the same Scott. race. This is the same race of people that so think now it, think that they have a So you think so. you would just get the same level of stupid conversation if you went there now? War of the Worlds! What, a radio show that played that said that the world was fucking going to be... Uh, we've been occupied by aliens and all the rest, and they bought into it. Nah, of course they did. And we all bought into the Blue Rich Project because it was the first time they ever done it. I never so bought into it. I never I saw the Blue Rich Project day one, and I walked out, and when I walked out, my two friends that were with me at the time, infamous story on podcast, and this just where I passed out watching the movie. Uh, the two friends that were with me, one of them was, was fine, the other one was like, I can't believe that happened, and I fucking slapped him in the face and said, It's a fucking movie! <laughs> How old were you when you seen it? I, well, it came out in 1999. I was 14. 1999, I would have been... 19. 19 years old. If you hit me with anything where, well, 18, I would have believed it. I was slightly... I was, I, I was 14 and I believed it. One of my friends, one of my friends come out, like, to this day, Brian, I know you're, you don't listen, but Brian, if you are listening to this, I have one friend that to this day thinks that what he saw in the cinema that day was real life and I feel sorry for you and your three kids I tell you what, um, I tell you, and your wife before we get back to Liam's list because we're fully off ta- tangent I know here. but wait wait wait, wait. hold on name is my number nine name the uh, fucking movie um, <laughs> you son of a space, bitch space rocks it's space it's called the Phantom Creeps right, the Phantom Creeps when I, when I realised that the Blue Witch Project wasn't real I was, I was like I, I was kicking about the house one day I was probably about 15 so it was a year after I seen it 
it was MTV and it was like the MTV Movie Awards and yep. they, they filmed uh, uh, John, no, Mike, Mike in his garden and he was, he was like, I, I thought they were winding us up because we kidded everybody on that we were really vanished and I thought yeah. they kidded us to win the award and I was like, you son of a bitch. They copied, the thing is they copied the, for, for most of the, for most of the idea, they copied the, the template set out by Cannibal Holocaust in which none of the actors and actresses involved with that yeah, movie done any for a full year yeah. could not speak yeah. and the only reason they broke that is because Rogero Diodato was in court about to, to be prove, fucking yeah. sentenced prove that he didn't kill his actors yeah, he had to actually fucking phone him and say go and tell them you're still alive <laughs> and that's only and they tried to follow that as well which makes sense because Cannibal Holocaust is considered the original found footage yeah. once again quotation marks that you can't see but Ben Footage movie and then Blair Witch movie uh, well the Blair Witch movie was the one that carried that onwards it got me right it you got me I was, I, was, I, I was a couple of years older I went in that fully expecting a movie and that is what I got regardless my eight. number 9 right, right, okay, 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 is okay. neither Blair fucking eight. Witch or eight. number 9 you done number 9 Spanky's no I'm saying alright sorry I will shut the fuck up Regardless, my number nine is the Phantom Creeps, not Blair Witch, not fucking Cannibal Oh, check Holocaust. it out, because you have sold me on the fact that it appears on stage with Rob Zombie, and I've seen Rob Zombie like three times. How long are these movies? 1940, the movies are like, what, 35 minutes long? An hour and ten minutes. Oh, uh, no, 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 that's the golden age of, I can sit down and watch this without worrying about... I, I can literally watch three movies in one night and feel glorious about yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's an age of cinema that we need to return to, the age of short movies. <laughs> Between 60 and 70 minutes, any more than that, get to fuck. I'm with you. GTFO! Right. Number eight. Oh, oh. From 1945, just at the end of the war, which again has got nothing to do with anything, but it makes me sound historically intelligent, <laughs> is the body snatcher with Boris Karloff. Nice! Have you seen it? Yeah, of course, oh, of course you have. Is this like, is it wait, invasion of the body snatcher? No, no it's no. just the body snatcher. Then no. Which, if, you, if you ask me if I've seen invasion of the body snatchers, <laughs> Because no, I have not yet. yet. No. Not yet. You've never seen Invasion of the Not yet. Not hold. yet. Hold. Put on hold. You've never seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers. No. Not yet. Not yet. We'll get there. Right. Okay. Okay. Alright. Sorry. Never seen. Hey, oh. So what you got? The Body Snatcher. Never you seen guys are wearing a mock over from my life. I do appreciate it. I've spent. But you can't wait I've to get. It. I, hope I, hope quiet, I hope you're quiet. I hope you're quiet during my list. A good fifteen to twenty minutes in this. There's gonna be a whole lot. Are you fucking high on your list? The Body Snatcher was from 1945, directed by Robert Wise, starring Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi in their last screen pairing. Oh! Which is really why this is in it, because those two are fucking legends and they deserve, they deserve this place. Uh, it is an adaptation of the 1884 short story by Robert Louis Stevenson. Ah! Scotsman! Uh, Scot- <laughs> Scots were here! Do you know what that's when I first watched this? It's obviously set in Edinburgh. It's just after the whole Birkin hair fiasco. Is it right to call it a fiasco? Uh, well, yeah, it's a bit more than a fiasco. It depends, <laughs> it depends your stance. Uh, if you're a capitalist, you would say it's a travesty. If you are a human, you would say it's a fiasco. <laughs> Therefore, this Birkin hair fiasco. <laughs> Uh, which, if you don't know, is all about the, the grave robbers in Edinburgh that were selling the bodies to the doctors in the universities because there wasn't Dr. Knox! Yep, there wasn't enough bodies to 
rip apart and find out why we actually work and why some people still put movies in their top ten list that they haven't actually fucking watched. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's talking about you, Scott. It's, maybe. It's a basic tale of kind of terror about things that work in the shadows. Just a, a thing that's happening. That it's not. It goes kind of supernatural at the end, which is good, but it a bit like Poe. It's a kind of gothic horror. Yeah. That it's character driven. It just feels good. Boris Karloff as with all his movies, especially in this, he is on fucking point. His character of the kind of cab driver, grave robber, is outstanding. There wasn't a lot of black and white movies that I'd seen that were set in my country that had Scottish accents. Yep. So when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, this is uh, this is close to home for me. I didn't realise it was obviously filmed in America. To me, it's still filmed in Scotland. It's a beginning scene where Boris Karloff is in the graveyard and Greyfriars Bobby is there. If you're a kid in Scotland, everyone knows the Greyfriars Bobby yeah, story. Yeah. Boris Karloff fucking malkies that dog with a spade <laughs> in the first 10 minutes, and Greyfriars Bobby is no longer Greyfriars Bobby. He is dead. He is dead <laughs> in the ground. And he steals the body of the little boy that Greyfriars Bobby was watching. <laughs> In 1945, you tell me that's not fucking horrific. Oh, it's fucking not. No. In 2018, that's fucking horrific. Actually, yeah, killing a dog is bad, but when it's Greyfriars Bobby. Dude, dude, like, like when I watch a horror movie, and I've said many, many, many times. I mean, I love like Hounds of Love. Most recently, is one of those movies where I'm like, this is like, this is my fucking jam. This is a perfect fucking movie. They viciously brutally kill a dog in that movie and as soon as it happens I want that I kind of hate this movie I, I, well you I, I, I don't know what it is I like people are fair game yeah. defenseless animals fuck this movie yeah. so yeah like I, I, I'm fully the first time I watched this movie I was like what the fucking <laughs> fuck snuff fucking Greyfire's Bobby movie am I watching right now the good thing about it is obviously you don't see the dog and the spade connecting because that would be <laughs> arousing. <laughs> you don't, so it's all on the lines, but at the time, if you're in the cinema and you see that, you're like, fucking hell, that is, yeah. that's really, Brutal. yeah, it really gets you. And that's why the body snatcher is number eight because even to this day, Carlos Lugosi's performance is really good, yeah. but far overshadowed by Karloff. Is that a personal thing? I know there was a lot of dispute and stuff. Karloff wasn't happy with being kind of outstaged, out, outshone by Lugosi, yeah. and yeah, I think yeah. he had a lot of contract things. So Boris Karloff blows Lugosi out of the water in this film, but his performance is so fucking good. It's, it's kind of terrifying for the time and but see the fact that a lot of it's kind of true obviously the working hair thing actually happened yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot a lot of realism about it and then that ending where it then goes kind of supernatural and it's quite a haunting scene if you've not seen it i'm not going to ruin mm-hmm. it but it's quite a haunting scene where you think whoa fuck me in 1945 i would have pissed myself at this and the body snatcher 1945 well worth a watch there are see when you Hypothesize what you were going to do. I was like, that. Good luck getting <laughs> 10 movies, Liam. I look forward to listening to your so called 10 movies which aren't Universal or Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, but to be honest, so far, and we're, we're four into it, but you're, you're fucking nailing it. <laughs> the Phantom Creeps was actually distributed by Universal, so that but, would probably be... But it's not a Universal I think, Monsters. Does it still maybe. come under the Universal Monsters? No, 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 no. If no? You, no, no, no. I, I think where we say Universal Monsters, you think of the big four or five that, or yeah, whatever yeah, that, so, that's yeah. what I think, but I don't know what... No, no, no. We, I, I think if anyone wants to argue that, they can, but this they is can a podcast also, and suck my dick. Yeah, they can suck on my big, fat, sweaty balls. I <laughs> don't know if they're big, I don't know if they're fat, they are definitely sweaty. Oh, a million percent sweaty. <laughs> uh, this brings me on to number seven. Uh, I, know, I know you'll have seen this. Yeah. I know Scott won't have because it's got subtitles. It is... Uh, the Le Diabolique from 1955. Fuck, I love this movie. This this movie is legit. See if anyone asked me on any given day about the most important movies in the lineage of horror, this is fucking so far up there because the, oh, the reveal, the, the bathtub reveal of this movie is jaw-dropping and has been replicated. God knows, not the bathtub scene, but the reveal itself has been, re- oh, it's been copied Plagiarism is rife. That's all I'm going to say. And I think that makes, when you go back to the kind of 20s to 60s, everything that those movies are doing, you can watch now and go, oh, I've seen it. I've seen it a million times. But you've not, not, unless you've seen that first, sorry, what I'm trying to say, that movie done it first. The reason it's been copied is because it's a fucking brilliant idea. Yeah. It's a brilliant movie. It's, it's a, a really concept. old idea as well, and most modern audiences don't go back to 1959 to they, see a movie. That's you know what so I mean? they'll maybe watch it and go, oh, that's been done in this movie from the 90s, this movie from the 90s, this movie from the 90s. All I'm going to say is the idea of I see dead people sounds fucking great. It's not the first movie to put forward the idea that one of the characters has been doing something unreliable. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it spawns a whole fucking generation of people going, this is mind-blowing, horror has now got this new... T-. It's been done before. I All thought these- it was mind-blowing. <laughs> it got me at the time. Did you? I was like 15. It was spoiled for me. It got me, fully got me. I was, I went I was, to like, see, I was like, what? I went to see that movie, I went to see The Sixth Sense with my father. He still thinks Bruce Willis is an actual fucking doctor. It gets better. I went to see this movie with my father, and uh, who's long since, long since passed. And in the cinema that we were watching that movie, he turned around and said to me, in 10 minutes of the movie, I shit you not, I think Bruce Willis is dead, and then he fell asleep for the rest of the fucking movie. And I sat there, willing the movie to prove him wrong. But and it's, it has aided me in my growth as a human yeah, well, just as an individual, that sometimes you want something to be so true that it's not. <laughs> and at the end of that movie, I hated my dad so <laughs> fucking much that he had picked out five minutes, or maybe even ten minutes in that movie, what the end of the most controversial plus in the movie of the fucking 20th century had been. So I totally get that. But then you go to Le Diabolique, if you've yeah, not seen it. Yeah, I love it. Go watch love it, it. And I defy you to know the twist. I don't think there's a lot of people. In. Yeah, I don't think. Do not get it. It's it's one of those ones that it featured on Bravo's top 100 scariest movie moments, which I I watch it once a year, every year. It's on YouTube in four parts. I go in and check the four <laughs> parts. I love it. The the reveal when he comes out of that bathtub wearing the fake contact lenses 
It is Those nothing, are just ping pong balls on his eyes. <laughs> which is nothing short of fucking terrifying. Yeah. As, as a guilty lover who thinks she has killed her lover to start a new life, and then she thinks she's safe in her, <laughs> and then she goes to the bath, and he comes out waking up, and she obviously sees what's, and it's an overtime period, when she sees her dead lover resurrect himself in the bath, she has a heart attack. But he's been faking it all the time with these fucking fake ping pong ball contact lids. It is the is one of the greatest reveals in horror history. I fucking love it. And it, it, like I say, it's been copied. How many times have we watched a horror movie? Remember this is 1959. How many times have you watched a horror movie where you think someone is dead who comes back? Yeah. Right. Too many times. Too many times. 1959, Lidl Okay. This is when it happened. This is this, this is, is the first, first one. one. But obviously, something had to be first. They want to do well, it. Well, yeah, but that's what like makes it. But what I love about it is the fact that it's people replicate it, but they don't do it in the same way. So it's someone. Oh, the killer's been shot, but comes back to life at the end. That's not what this movie does. This movie has a whole scene where someone is drowned, and yet he's drowned, and that's it. And then we have a bit of time. Everything settles down. And then the review. Do they have a take, reason take, why he comes back to life? To explain it. Because he, he knows it's going to happen. But do, do, like, does he actually drown? Did he show that later? So uh, oh, we've obviously spoiled it, so you're not seeing. It's it. 1959. <laughs> We're all right here. <laughs> they they have a yeah. Uh, they have a skill. It's almost 70 years old, right? Let's let's at that, right? They have a skill. The the headmistress owns a school. Her husband's a bitter wanker. He's horrible. This woman who also works at the school has this whole idea that her and another teacher are going to take him away, going to drown him in the bathtub. And actually now, because I'm drunk, I can't fucking remember why they're doing it. Oh, because they don't love them. Because they, they love each other. Because one of them's having an affair yeah, with yeah. exactly what it is. So they go away, they drown him. The, 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 the main girl can't really handle it and she kind of, she doesn't back out, but she falls away. So as far as you're concerned, this man is dead in the bath. You see him dead in the bath. He's like that. You can't see this, but I'm pretending to be a <laughs> dead man in the bath. He is under the water, has been under the water for quite some time with that. They bring him back to the school and they put him in the outdoor pool. So then when they find him, he is he's basically fallen into the yeah. pool. So how does... The whole movie watch. then is basically about... They're freaking out, they're like, oh shit, someone's going to find him, the kids have kicked a ball into the pool. That's where he is, they're going to find him. It's the kind of tension and the terror that yeah. this, this is happening. It then, at the very end of it, where she thinks, that, okay, this this is it, he then comes out of the pool, uh, sorry, the bath, Yeah. and he and the woman who is meant to be with the other woman had been in this all along yeah. to come out, scare her to death, and continue their life. Yeah. Oh. Do you think it would be good if scaring someone to death was actually a real thing? It was in 1950. It was in Yeah. Okay. At uh, that, uh, that time frame. And I would argue that if you thought you were standing over a corpse that had been in a bathtub underwater for quite some time, that fucking corpse started to come back out and sit up like that. I ch- There's certain things that I, I think are almost time-boxed. So there's certain things where I'm like, that's ah, such a... Uh, that wouldn't scare me now. If I was standing over a corpse that was underwater and dead, as far as I can, you know, there's no there's no breathing, there's no there's no life signs, that's a dead body. 
That body came back to life. I <laughs> punched the chin. You say that now. I'd still be masturbating, so did you get my hand off my dick to punch the body? Can I tell you a true story? Yes. If you better tell me that someone reanimated themselves, I will actually cheer that one. I am a, a mental health nurse, so before I was doing my training, I was a, a nursing assistant, and I worked in elderly wards, so it was ranged between dementias and people who were like schizophrenic, who had just been in the system their whole life and now they're old. Um, so I, that's who I was dealing with, and there was one particular case, was the guy was very, very close to death, and there's a thing called, well, I'll wait until the end to tell you this, there was a guy, I went out to check on him, see if he was alright, he was lying there, he wasn't breathing, it was the middle, it was a night shift, it was the middle of the night, pitch black, and he's just lying, it looks like he's not breathing, so what you do is you put your ear to the mouth and look down the chest to see that if you can hear the breathing and you see the chest yeah. moving. So that's what I was doing very, very close to him, and as I got closer and closer, thinking this is fucking pretty creepy, because it was one of those old asylum hospitals as it was, and I get closer and closer, and just as it was almost as easy as it was. <laughs> I took a deep breath in and I have never, never shot myself so much in my entire life. It was doing a thing called, when you're almost dead, you do a thing called chain stoking and basically it's just really a long long gaps between breaths. Do you think he was going to fuck it? Yeah, there's long gaps between it. Do you think I I would still be in a job like 12 years later if I was fucking dead bodies? The best job in the world. (laughs) Dead bodies don't say no. Um, but what why I said ladies and gentlemen what's that fucking show the Inside Number 9 Inside Number 9 oh, they do they do the bathtub they do the bathtub thing they do apparently and one of the it's like that's the thing about it that's why I love ladies and gentlemen is because they wear their influences on yeah. their sleep you know when you're watching it on that oh that's clear influence if you are in the know you know exactly where the lineage of that story comes from and if you don't, then it's new to you and it's fresh. And yes. that's why, go back and fucking watch Diabolik. Cause it's all done. That's the weird thing about your list. Your your list is literally a, a who's who of what will be on my list in Scott's list. So That's why I should have went first. This is why you should have. You should have went at the end so you can be like, it was done here. You could have done well, the Trump thing. Thank Jamie you could, <laughs> you could have done the Trump thing where it was like, we did it first here, we did better, we did great, yeah. Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting yep. there. Uh, so that was number seven. Number six, again from 1955, obviously a good year for cinema. Awesome. Night of the Hunter. Well, Night of the Hunter, I will say, ladies and gentlemen, Night of the Hunter is in. It's in my top ten. Of yeah. all time, the performance here of the child terror is—you <laughs> will piss yourself watching this movie. I fucking love Night of the Hunter. It's love so, it. It has see your love hate on the knuckles. That's where it that, comes that's from. I've seen, I've that's seen where it comes that. from. I've seen, I've seen stills of so that. All from there. Robert Mitchum is an—he's an inmate. He's got love and hate on his knuckles, and he, while incarcerated, he hears of this oh, man who had a. Basically, there was a bank robbery and he had hidden $10,000. So he gets out of jail, he finds the guy's wife, yeah. and he moves in with her. He yeah. marries her. There's two kids. He kills the woman. And a fucking scene that's so haunting it's underwater. Terrifying. The, the, the woman is dead in the water and it, it lingers on her for so long that you think this is an actual corpse. Yeah. Literally filming a corpse and a car. I think this guy only directed this, this movie. Was his only that film. was it. Kind of critical and commercial 
total disdain. They, they, they fucking hated this film. Yeah. Why? I have no idea. Well, you think, once again, we, we came back to the conversation we had about Psycho, maybe off here actually. Uh, Psycho and Peeping Tom. Um, when you think about Pills involvement with Peeping Tom, he was ostracised for making that movie. Which, uh, I suppose, the Because, yeah, when you think about what those two movies cover, the UK was not ready. Cinema was, cinema could handle Hitchcock to an extent. Even when Hitchcock was pushing the boundaries, they were like, oh, well, it's Hitchcock, look at what he's done. Yeah. We're on board. If you were not Hitchcock, people were like, what the fuck is he yeah, doing? This is, well, that's <laughs> literally it. And Night of the Hunter is considered, when it came out, was considered a movie which was so dangerous. Maybe. People were like, that you can't fucking watch it. Basically, the kids, the kids aren't telling them where their dad had the money, they know. And then the kids go off and they, they get in this weird kind of boat and sail down the river and he follows them oh, by the river. Oh. He stalks them slowly on a horse. It's got the whole trope of the killer will stalk you and no matter how fast you go, he'll be there. Before Halloween. Before Halloween. There's a great, there's a Simpsons episode where uh, Bart is skipping school and Skinner goes after him and Skinner goes into a water yeah, and it comes out like the Terminator. Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter played at the Glasgow Film Theatre not that long ago, and I contemplated going because okay, sure as much as I don't have much uh, knowledge of old films, black and white films, and all the rest of it, whatever. I watching, didn't know watching, that I was playing. I watching, know, watching, I would it, watching it in a big screen, I am. I've got a lot of fondness of stuff. I can see. If, watch it in a big screen. Definitely. See if that shit pops up. Message <laughs> me. I will go with you. It's it's kind of. It's set in a time that, in a bit like a postcard where it's got the kind of friendly little river banks and little houses that the doors aren't quite high enough. It, yeah. It's such a kind of surreal thing that because of that, although it was 1955, you can't put it to a time because it's not a real time. Yeah. Therefore, it's timeless. Therefore, watching yeah. it now, it has the same impact as it did back then. That's and Night Hunter, it's, the only reason it's number six just now is because I know a lot of people have seen it. I can't uh, wait to see what's above Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter, to me, is like top of that it's list. In, it's in fucking Roger Ebert's like top of Oh, it's fucking, it's, it's, it, 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 it's incredible. It's at top. But then surely, I'm just thinking that, see, like, they had to do it somewhere first. So surely then, by the fact that every essential movie plot is all a Shakespeare, it's done already by Shakespeare, so... Well, this is the way I class about the Blair Witch Project. Night of the Hunter is a, in a lot of respects like the Blair Witch Project and that Night of the Hunter comes out fuck all happens for what 20 years and then everything kicks off Blair Witch Project comes out in 1998 99 I think it was 99 so. Paranormal Activities 2007 as late as that was it? yeah yeah oh yeah very late it takes a decade for you to see so be like well that's Scary. I loved that movie when I went to see it. I'm going to direct this, and it takes that long for. I think it really takes in, in horror. It takes a huge shift of time for people to watch something to understand what it's going for, and then put it into that perspective. I think um, when well, the hunter it took longer actually, yeah. but when you think about it, at the time comes at fifty nine. Psycho comes out. Everyone's like, I want to make Psycho a whole decade of people trying to make Psycho 
and then you get what comes out. The if you see, if you see that, it can, if you see that Blade Witch comes out in '99, then twenty years later you've got ten years later. Ten years later you've yeah. got that. So you see Fifty Nine Night of the Hunter, and you see what? Fifty Five Night of the Hunter. Fifty-five for Night of the Hunter. If you imagine, eight for Halloween. If you imagine, what, so like it would be sixty-eight. But I don't. I think it's even longer. The, so not, no not one, even people, years yeah, people, to... people can not underestimate how, like Psycho. Even when Psycho comes out, people are like that. That's a fucking a genre-defining movie. Let's try and copy it, but no one does it really until. And I'm going to be controversial here. Well, I was was going to go slightly more Italian, which is not like me, listeners. I am not one to opt for the Italian version of cinema. But when you look at things like Argento's Barbara the Crystal Plumage, 1970, you look at Mario Bava's, clearly, because it's copied as fuck in Friday the 13th Part 1 and 2, Bear Blood, A.K.A. Witch of the Death Nerve. Greatest name for a movie ever. Um, from 1972, but then we even swing it to Torso 1974. All these things, like Italy goes, we know what you're doing in America, this is kind of awesome, let's do our own thing on it, we're going to do the whole Agatha Christie version of it. And America's like, that's kind of cool, let's bring it back. 1976, you get Black Christmas. Uh, Black Christmas sets out the modern template before Halloween, which comes a year later. He had to shoot on that because of the, the debate we had when I said Halloween was the first one. <laughs> I'll do I'll do rock star stats all the time. Black Christmas predates Halloween a year and it is a it's a slasher <laughs> movie. And by by every every classification slasher movie. Um, but yeah you get that 77 Halloween kicks in and then you have what goes on beyond that because Jallo dies after that you have to sit there and say that something takes a bit of time for filmmakers to go that's a really cool concept people like that but how do I do this where I am and you have to always remember where you are country wise like the the Italian stuff is all based off Hitchcock Hitchcock is all based off ostensibly Hitchcock <laughs> who self-replicated himself for the longest time so you have Hitchcock doing what he's doing for the longest time and then Italy's like that we will take that and bring it here and then America's like we will take that and bring it here on to my number five which we mentioned earlier which ruined the suspense <laughs> that my list was creating <laughs> incidentally we're all far drunker than we were so drunk. Uh, invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956. Oh, you're my hero right now. Oh, I've, heard, I've heard that one. This is the first film in your list that I've heard of. <laughs> Directed by Don Siegel. Yep. Uh, it stars Kevin McCarthy uh, and Dana Winter. Who, by the way... Does it not start Donald Sutherland? No, that's the 79 version. <laughs> you are literally digging Kill yourself him. a hole. Kill him. Although Kevin McCarthy is in both those movies. He so. is. He also makes a cameo. Uh, and I've definitely not seen this version. It is fucking amazing. Really? It is yeah. kind of. I will say, I don't want to shit on your list. <laughs> the remake is better. But 
I do love this hair. But the remake came after 1959, so the remake <laughs> can't be my list. <laughs> and the remit of your list, yours is correct. So that's, that's why my list has such technical terms. So in it says, oh, by the way, why have you not included that? Because it falls out with the date. Yeah. Therefore, shut the fuck up. Ha- hashtag shut the fuck up, Duncan. Uh, uh, I see where you're going with this, and I agree 100%. It's a doctor comes back to town, uh, he meets his old girlfriend, and you will keep coming to him and saying, Mama, is the, it's the mama, she's different. He's like, no, she'll be fine. May not be set in Glasgow. It's not, not, it's not quite like that, but let's just settle that for a laugh. Uh, my da, by the way, my dad's no my da. Who is he? Oh, I don't know. He's just like Jeremy Kelly. He's <laughs> <laughs> no my da. It's actually the exact same because then <laughs> underneath their beds and stuff, they find these big giant leaves. <laughs> and, and it's an alien race that are coming, and they're basically their doppelganger. They're mirroring you, but without personality. And right. he's like, oh my god, and he tries to get away from it. And he's, it's so tense, it's so at the time terrifying because they don't know anything about space, they don't yeah. know about aliens. This could actually be a thing. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's the way it's filmed, it's fucking brilliant. There's, there's certain scenes where the actual corners of the lens and stuff are kind of are blood and in shadow, so you don't see what's coming in. As the movie goes on, and it kind of in the back of your head, you're then thinking, oh shit, this is getting a wee bit kind of claustrophobic feeling. He tries to phone the police, the police they won't answer, the calls don't connect. It builds up such a kind of an era of. an era? An era? That was. That is just drink. <laughs> An aura of kind of yep. suspense and fear. And there's also a scene where he runs through the street at the end. Obviously, if you've not seen it, then it's your own fucking fault. Runs through it at where he's like, oh, it's happening, it's happening. And he's shouting at the cars. And it's very reminiscent of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, but and it's I also the appearance in the, when you watch the remake, that's how his, uh, Kevin McCarthy's character is. He stops at a car and shouts the same oh, thing. Yeah, even fucking twenty years after, that's that's how they link the two movies. Isn't it, it? It's it fucking is, amazing. It is so iconic, and see because it kind of reminds me of It's a Wonderful Life, and every time I watch It's a Wonderful Life, I cry like a little baby. Do you? Oh, I cry and so hard. you need to speak to Bo. Oh, Bo I cry is so like hard. Bo, Bo's favorite film of all time, like hands down, <laughs> like no fucking. Like Duncan saying, Bo, I don't think you're right. Bo's favourite movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. He loves that fucking movie. Me and Lena go every Christmas, whatever, like December, to GFT and watch it. And the first time I seen it, I could hear sniffling and it was all women around me. Yeah. What the fuck's going on? Why now? Six minutes later, I thought, fuck it. And I just cried with them and it was amazing. I think the kids, uh, I think the kids call that a movie which has Totes and Mush. Totes and Mush. Yeah, it is Totes and Mush. Uh, yeah, I, I love that movie. I, I think that, no, that's a great... To me, like I say, I I fully accept that the remake is better. However, in saying that, there ain't no remake without the original. And that actually brings me on to an honourable mention, where The Thing from Another World... Oh, yes. The only reason it's not on my list Ooh. is because I, I, I kind of... I nearly didn't put the body snatchers yeah. on, because I thought, right, I won't, I won't do movies that made... Uh, there was obvious remakes, so folk definitely know about them. But it was getting too technical, so I thought, Liam, stop being, stop being a dick. <laughs> stop <laughs> doing it, stop <laughs> doing this. Stop being a dick and just add it in. But The Thing From Another World is a fucking excellent film. It fucking inspired The Thing, it inspired yep. loads of other movies. And 
this is the same. It's one of those movies that if you are a fan of horror and you haven't seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers or you haven't seen yeah. a thing from the world, then can you actually call yourself a horror fan? Well, Invasion, Invasion of the Body Snatchers might be the most remade of all because there's a. Uh, well, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I have no idea. Because it's brilliant. Invasion, it deserves to be remade. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, then there was one in the 90s and one in the 2000s as the well. The one in the 90s, was that not made by uh, yeah. fucking Diller Killer Boy? Yeah, I suppose, I <laughs> Whoa. Oh, Evil Ferrara. Yeah, he, don't fucking shit on him. He I love it. Evil Ferrara. The only reason I'm saying that is because I watched Diller Killer a few months ago. Yeah. Diller Killer's a mate. No, uh, no, uh, you don't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> 59 that's where your limit stops <laughs> in criticism 59 uh, but there was one with him and then there was one with Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman that's right which was uh, Invasion which yeah. was in the 2000s so yeah it's been the, I think it's the most remade of all horror quote unquote horror properties and why is that Scott? I don't know because it's amazing because it's amazing yeah, yeah number 4 the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Oh, from, you're just speaking. From, you're tickling my nipples right now. From 1920. Well, I remember, I, I, remember I, I looked back and said there was the list of all the horror movies and that was like number one from like the very first horror movie. And I said to Liam, I said, is this, is this good shit? Well, you know, it was whatever list yeah. I looked at was the first horror movie. And I said to Liam, is this a good shit? I get it. And he says, I don't know, I don't you like it, don't, don't bother. Yeah, but he's accurate though. He said he doesn't think that you will like it. He's accurate, you won't like it. However, <laughs> in Liam's world, and Duncan's world, it's fucking the tits. From 1920, oh, I, I do I love so much. I'd love you to sit and watch it, but I couldn't take what you would say about it. Have you ever seen the Rob Zombie music video, Living, Gig, Living Dead Girl? I've heard the song, I've not seen the video. Right, watch the video. And at the end of that video, you feel like, that was fucking amazing. Watch the cabinet of Dr. Caligari because that's essential. But how long is it? Is it, is it three minutes? Or is it nine minutes? Because if it's three minutes, I'll watch it. It's actually it's like an hour and ten, I think. An hour and ten. Uh, you can afford that and don't you fucking groan <laughs> at me. You can... <laughs> can you stop taking big steaming dumps on my list? <laughs> You can afford uh, You watch the fucking like. Uh, let's put things in You watch the fucking Power Rangers movie You can afford like, An hour and ten minutes For horror fucking royalty That was like two hours Takes me number Takes me number three Power Rangers <laughs> 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 no, Dr. Caligari You've watched the you watched the Blu-ray. I love it. I love it. It's, it's fucking amazing. It's For a movie that is nearly a hundred years old, it shouldn't look this good. It looks fucking. It amazing. shouldn't look this good. It shouldn't look this good. The art direction. Where are my notes? The art direction was something that was so ahead of its time, with the kind of pointed blade-like yeah. mountains and stuff. It, it looked so different to anything else that came out at that time. Yeah, it's silent, but the the acting, the acting becoming the advice is so, it's so enticing and so intriguing that yeah, okay, it's a silent movie, but he's getting everything that he needs to get across just by when it zooms into his eyes. There's a light yeah. in his eyes where he's woke up from the cabinet. It's so fucking good. It is the very first horror film. It's got a, a twist ending that nineteen twenty. What the fuck? Who the fuck has got twist endings yeah. in 1920? How can you have a twist when it's silent? 
Will you still can? Can we ruin it, Duncan? It's your show. Can I? Yeah, you can. I think. I think we are in with the statute of limitations, and remembering that the fact that the fucking opener of this says you may have movies spoiled. I usually put that out for movies that are I don't know 10, 20 years old. This is fucking what a hundred years old. Yeah, spoil the shit of this one. Tell them, school them. So basically, this guy they go to a a side a side show. There's a guy called Dr. Caligari and he's got a cabinet in the name. <laughs> and inside the cabinet he's this guy who's quite a somnambulist. He's basically a sleepwalker. He's been asleep before. What he says is like 20 years. Yeah. When he wakes up, he can he can basically bring him out of his sleep and he'll he'll guess the future. Yeah. So his friend gets him awake, asks him when am I going to die? And he says, tomorrow at noon. So they're like, well, what the fuck? How am I going to die tomorrow at noon? Tomorrow at noon, the guy dies. There's another murder in the town. And he's kind of, they're all focusing on the, the somnambulist. But there's another murder and somebody kind of homeless guy in the midst of that. They concentrate on it being this somnambulist. They go to Dr. Caligari and he's like, oh, the guy's still sleeping. Nah, he's fucking still in that cabinet sleeping. It's, it's not him. So, fucking miss him, you said it'd be tomorrow. It's no him, mate, he's, he's, he's in sleep. They then get where there's people sniffing about going, I definitely haven't done it. So Dr. Caligari says to the guy, right, fucking go and kill her. Just wipe her out. This is Scottish person. <laughs> get shot at her. Scottish <laughs> Get shot at her. So he goes, he gets her, and he's running through the town, there's folk chasing. All the scenery is all hand painted, it's all fucking really just surreal yep we then get him <coughs> the guy's narrating the story the whole time he's been narrating it from a garden you then basically find out that the garden is in the mental asylum Dr Caligari is the asylum president not president how would you captain <laughs> the captain of the asylum <laughs> uh, the director the director and he's yeah. Like, it's fucking him, he's been Dr. Caligari, who's a character from the 1700s, who did the same thing, he used this sleepwalking guy to kill people. Uh, it was him, it's him done it, and they're like, no, you're fucking mental. Basically, the whole twist is that everything that's happened was all this mental, this mental guy's head in the asylum. He wouldn't have said with his wife, he's just another inmate, Dr. Caligari's the director, the fucking, the, the somnambulist. Is a guy just basically stares at the wall or something yeah. seriously wrong with him. It's such a twist, and yet it's so fucking horny because you're yeah. like, in 1920, a, a man that wakes up from a deep sleep comes into your house and takes you out. That's yeah. terrifying. If all horror movies are the, the, the loose Catholic children, then Caligari is the, the Catholic father. Don't say it. <laughs> Find the fuck out the mother and gave birth to all those little babies. Caligari is the the star. It's one of the most important. I think it's one of the most important. I think at the time where if it's after the First World War, you are in a time where you don't really know what your country's doing. You don't really know what your your brethren are all about. Horror is is going to get you because you're kind of so sensitive. There's people have said that it kind of it helped the rise of Nazism. I don't think it did. It was it was more that the the scenery of Caligari, the yeah. kind of sharp 
the sharps here, the, the weirdness, the surrealness is exactly how Germans fail at the time. Yeah. After the First World War, like, we've been lied to this entire time by a fucking... By a, a power didn't really know what they were doing. What the fuck are we going to do next? Yeah, Caligari. They find Nazism, they then do that because yeah. they're in such a sensitive time and Caligari captures that. Yeah, Caligari helps Nazism in as much as Marlon Manson helps the conventions. It doesn't help at all. Right. It's great to blame it on that because it's uh, an easy scapegoat, but it doesn't. It doesn't. If you watch the blue release of it, uh, the actual somnambulist looks a lot like he should front placebo. <laughs> it does, I uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pure like that, that guy was fucking stylish in 1920s. <laughs> so, Caligari is my number four. Ooh, top three, I, top three, top three, top three. I actually cannot believe we're only number four. Ah, is it still early? Uh, number three, 1932. We mentioned it earlier, Freaks. Todd Bowden's Freaks. I love this movie. <laughs> this movie, this is a movie that genuinely, even to this day when I watch, terrifies the ever-loving fuck at me. Um, and that's where American Horror Story Freak Show ripped everything off from Freak Show. Like American Horror Story was like, we kind of like this idea, we're going to do it, but we'll not do uh, You know, I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. And Freaks does that. All about the bearded lady. Yeah, it's all about that. All <laughs> no, that movie. Oh. It's, ooh, it's so. Scott, you're looking at your phone. <laughs> have you seen Todd Browning's Freaks? No, of course I haven't. For fuck's sake! <laughs> Freaks was rejected. He has. This is literally. Man, do the list because it's all about it. You've got more than I've got, so it's fine. Huge list. Do it. Do the list. It was rejected for UK cinema showing in 1932 and then in 1952, and it was finally passed for cinema uncut in May 1963, which means it was one of the longest banned films in UK. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was released within that time frame, which is For a insane. movie that has no blood. No blood. It's literally about people with deformities yep. that the public couldn't handle. Yep. Todd Browning ran away to the circus when he was younger. It was a different time back then. So but he, when you think about the 60s though, by the time that movie comes out in the 50s, we've already had at least one or two movies that Liam's mentioned where fucking robots are fucking... They're not raping people. But I'm <laughs> going to say for the, the purposes of the podcast, raping people. Come with come through your windows, raping your kids, <laughs> raping your wives. You know, well, we've had a lot of shit that's happened. That movie, the, the censorship board does like that, is too dangerous. Too, we, we can't release it, it's too dangerous. Do you know what? There there are people in this movie that are not quote-unquote normals. Quotation marks! Quote-unquote normal, we can't, you know, we can't put this movie out. People will not be able to react. Well, these movies are coming out at the same time where black folk probably not to go to the cinema and watch it. Send them in the same cinema as white Yeah, folks. but this is people that actually have physical deformities that are yeah, they, 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 were, they were the same, so they were not allowed to go to the cinema either. But it's, it's not... A, if you put a movie out called Freaks, it's a bit different. Freaks. The thing is, see, see, like back in the day, like for, for, for my job working in mental health and learning disability, yeah. one particularly one patient at the time who was very very old when he died, and just before his death, one of my colleagues got his early 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 notes, like his yeah. first notes for like nineteen thirties, and read through some of the the entries, like for his day to day kind of life, and they were using words like retard and cretin and yeah. like these were the actual words that were yeah. in the book. Yeah. They then over time became 
uh, nasty words and like hate words, and that's why they're now not used. And then we use different words and we move on with it. It's it's like it is like everything. Like at the time, freaks was just what they were. Yeah. Now it's not because we know better. Back that, then, that though, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even then, to those extents, though, those are when you think about what was acceptable in nineteen fifty nine. Words like retard are fine. The word yeah. retard oh, is fine because it just means it means slow. Because yeah. I still get um, medication that's um, that's called retard. It's called yeah, yeah, like, yeah. has been retard means it's a slow release. Uh, yeah. to, to, so it means that their brain works slow. I want to stress that retard is not a uh, a flagged word in the UK. It's a flagged word in the US. Yeah. But it's not it, it means, no, but what it, what, it, what it means is that like potentially somebody's brain is working slower yeah. than what would be considered the quote unquote yeah, yeah, brain. Yeah. That's but fine. It became the part that people used it to insult the people who were making yes, it slow. Yes, that's yeah, why yeah. that word became. Not but they're not. Accessible. There's no mental deficiencies in freaks. That's the thing about it. It's all physical deformities. Yeah, so when I think about like Michael Winner's Sentinel. Uh, where people at the end of that movie, like in the late 70s, appear and they've all got physical deformities and at the time the censors were like, whoa, we can't, we can't deal with this. Where it's th- uh, thumb, uh, thumb, th- I th- can't th- say th- 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 it. Th- Thank you, <laughs> arms or, you know, specific things like pinheads or we can't deal with that thing. That's what th- freaks leaned into that. It was like, right here is normal. Here's what we're doing. It's a huge chasm over that gap to what is normal, but we're leaning into that, and you're going to follow us into this quote-unquote freak show at the whatever the local circus, yeah, circus, the side show thing is, and we're going to lean into that, and you're going to follow us through that, and you're going to follow us through someone who should not be there, who is trying to ostensibly pull a, a fast one on them and the upcomings that she has and that's the terrifying there is a scene where someone who has I don't know what the the medical term is but has no legs no legs oh, at it's all. The, legless. The, the complete uh, yeah is it quadra legless no, he's getting he's, nothing he's a toddler. yeah and they start yeah. Arms, he's, yeah he's, he starts pulling him. himself through there's a scene where he pulls himself underneath one of the caravans of the, the thing in the dark and lightning striking and rain's falling he's pulling himself through this through the mud to get to the woman that's wronged the it's wronged the freak show yeah and it is fucking ter- it is terror it's like <laughs> it's pantshittingly terrifying when you watch it and you're like that what the fuck would I do in this position? Fuck all! That's the brilliant thing about this movie is like that you, you regular 2018 person, put yourself in this position where you've fucked over an entire sideshow of people that know the area, know the group, they're all as one and they're coming to exact revenge on you. And when the end of that movie happens, you're sitting there going, I am fucked and there's nothing you can do and it is re- when we talk about things that are supernatural horror we talk about things that are you know eh, we talk about things that are real life horror this is real life horror we I, I always say that when you watch a movie like eh, Cannibal Holocaust what is seen can't be unseen when you see something you can't erase it from your mind as much as alcohol and we have a lot of it here <laughs> will try and remove that from your mind when you see something you can't unsee what you've seen and I think Freaks is the perfect example of that end of that movie is fucking hot. I think that's what the, the problem everyone had with it yeah. was because it's it too was, much, it, too it much, you couldn't handle it. 
you get, I, I look at things and I get, I think it's sad for someone who has one arm or, or two arms. Yeah. That was you're looking at a movie that is get all of this on display that you're going to feel bad about. So rather than just watching it and feeling bad, you're like, well, that's disgusting. That shouldn't even be on TV. Well, no, it fucking should be on TV yeah. because they're just the same as us. And Todd Brown, Todd Brown directed Dracula. And was basically Todd Brown was on Todd Brown was in contract to MGM. He got loaned to Universal. He directed Dracula. Yeah. Went back to MGM and they said we want something to outhorn Frankenstein and gave him total free reign. In his early days, Todd Brown had ran away to the circus. He grew up with these air quote freaks. Yeah. And we went, I'm going to make this movie. Throughout the whole movie of freaks, the freaks aren't the bad guys. Yeah. They're never the, 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 the bad the guys. The bad people is the women that's got all the limbs, it's got everything. She's the one that's wrong with these people. So she's the fucking enemy here. The, the, the actual freaks out, but people couldn't. They people couldn't handle that. They couldn't. You, you say you say that just now. I recently covered Nightbreed. Uh-huh. Nightbreed, nineteen ninety. Clive Barker, right? Nightbreed. Nightbreed was gutted by the studio because they did not like the idea of a horror movie where the monsters were the heroes. Number two. I've totally, as I said off air, I've totally blew my load with the first ones. Oh, let's do it. Bring it in. Number two is from 1953, House of Wax. I, I swallowed well to put House of Wax or House of Haunted Hill. I loved yep. them both. So I thought, right, I'll just go with one and I'll give one an honourable mention. Good so move. House of Haunted Hill, honourable mention. Go fucking watch it. House of Wax was even watching it now. It's got fucking a couple of moments that are There's moments shit. that are it's fucking fuck. horrifying. It's, fuck. You've seen the Paris Hilton version? Yes. It's, it's actually, to be honest, I, I'm guilty of it. The Paris Hilton version, I actually really fucking It's quite good. It's good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Paris Hilton version is a fucking great remake of not House of Wax, of Tourist Trap from 1979. Exactly. Which I haven't seen, which I really, really want to see. You should. I Tourist Trap is fucking I can't, I can't see it anyway. What we should be saying though, we're, we're calling it the Paris Hilton version because she was in it and yep. she's a better person. We should be calling it the Chad Michael Murray and the Jessica Alba version. Did I get this wrong? Is it Jessica Alba? I don't think. I don't, I don't Jessica, know where you're going. Maybe. Anyway. Who's home? Is it Jessica Biel? <laughs> what movie are you in it? The House of Wax remake. The House the, I only remember Paris Hilton. It's Chad Michael Murray, definitely, and it's. Um, I, I think it's. Who's, who's the hot final girl? I have no uh, idea. I think it was Jessica Biel. It could be Biel. Unless she was wearing tight hot pants, but I, I can't remember Jessica that Biel ass. Jessica Biel was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, it was a, uh, I, we were, I was, I was going to say we were, we were all wrong, but I was wrong. It was Alicia Cuthbert, and I should totally make that part. Of course, like, yeah. That that remake is not the thing about that remake is though painfully it's not a remake of House of Wax. It's a remake of you know that that surely works in because it's then it's technically its own movie, even though it takes a lot of. But they should they should have called it. To, oh, to like, it, yeah, they, they, they move it, they, they take elements from House of Wax and then put it over the top of Tourist Trap and then release it as a movie called The House of Wax, which is a remake, which they openly admit is a remake of the original movie without acknowledging Tourist Trap, right. which unfortunately creates a, a problem. Does, does it's like The Sacrament. A, it's does, like does, The Sacrament comes out and they're like that. This is a movie, a film footage movie, which doesn't reference anything where it clearly references Jonestown. Jonestown happens, you have remade Jonestown in your film footage movie. Wait one second, you don't. Wait, yeah. you've put at the end of it that it duck. This is a fictional story. 
I know for a fact that this is Jonestown. <laughs> does oh does House of Wax or Tourist Trap the originals have an actual big house made of wax? No. Well, well, House of Wax. Well, the only one that's actually well, 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 House of Wax. Get there, right? Technically, we'll get there. does we'll get there. Tourist Trap doesn't, but Tourist Trap. If you've never seen Tourist Trap before, I've seen stills from. I'll get fucking seen? shit mail for this. We, we Tourist Trap is like legit. Top tier <laughs> fucking all awesome shit. I can't find it anywhere. <coughs> anyway, you can buy it on Blu-ray. Anyway, oh, I, you I, guys will get your fucking time. Oh, that's right, number two. He's shutting us down. It's his house. Yeah, fucking. Just tell us to shut Leave the fuck under up. the stairs. Number two. How you saying wax? Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Leave under the stairs. Da, da, uh, da, da, da. It was. It's unfair. Exactly what you say with the yeah. remake because it would make anyone that just watched the House of Wax remake go, oh, if I didn't like it, then I'm not going to go back and watch the original. Which is if I did like it, then do you know what? I don't need to watch the original. The original's totally fucking different. The first movie made in 3D by an American studio, although there's very, obviously very little 3D about it. Yeah. Vincent Price, he had a few roles, a few roles before this, but this is the one that kind of catapulted them into horror fucking... Yeah, this, this what, what, the next three, four decades of, of he cinema? Is, he yeah. is the fucking man. He's a, he creates waxworks and he takes so much fucking time. He is in love with his waxworks. The guy who's got money in it with him decides that, well, no, I should want my money back, so we'll just set fire at these. And that's the like, you can't fucking set fire at them. He's like, mate, I'm gonna set fire at them. So he sets fire, burns the whole place down, Vincent Price is inside. He's not dead. He's still there, he's got fucking horrible burns which again in the 50s you watch that a bit like freaks you go oh that's not the norm that's fucking horrifying he comes back and he's like do you know what fucking setting fire to my digs I'll fucking set fire to you man I'm I'm, I'm up for this he's really burnt his hands so he can't create waxworks anymore he's got to kill people and then encase them in wax Mm -hmm. so he has a wax museum which is the house of wax it's not a house made of wax it's a wax museum. But I'm too salty to think of it that way. Aye, and each of the each of the fucking models are people that wronged him, people that he's killed to then put in a waxbox. Horrifying! A fucking awful. This awful is the beginning line. of the kind of price wreaks revenge on things. On everything. Yeah, which when you look at things Doctor like Doctor Fibes, uh, <laughs> Doctor Fibes, or even Theatre of Blood, where uh, yeah, you like price comes back from something. To avenge his wrongdoing by puts fucking... Puts a dog in a stew pot and cooks him. Yeah, and it feeds him to the person. The guy's like, oh, I love this food. You know, as, as the, as the beginning of Price as the campy vengeance sort of killer. And I love he's, and it. It's he's fucking, fucking brilliant. Brilliant. It's an amazing movie. And House of Wax is one that I think... I don't... I don't know. Target, do you hear? I know you don't like black and white. House of Wax is still in Technicolor. So I think you would appreciate it it's more good, than some good, of these other ones because I know you've got a kind of like thought of black and white. I'm not really, I'm not too interested in that. This, you could still watch, follow the story, still get engrossed in it. And the actual whole concept it is haunting. It's, it's fucking it's terrifying. Awful. Like, see when you say you don't like black and white, is that modern use of black and white or just black and white? No, it's prejudice. As a concept. So a movie like I mentioned earlier on, which was Eyes on My Mother. I heard it. Uh, which is like, uh, came out two years ago. It's a black and white movie 
where like uh, a girl is visit her family is visited upon by a serial killer and then takes vengeance on the serial killer which is all shot in black and white you would not watch that because it's in black and white um you know Sin City came out and that was like big budget big actors yeah it was black and white and I watched like 15 minutes and I was like that is the fucking worst I hate it is that because it's in black, black, yeah. black and white or because of the story but about both but black and white just put me off straight away there's literally no black and white films I watch. I can't even watch the start of the Wizard of Oz I'm like literally the opposite I'm like that when a movie swings out with black and white I'm like that think... is three points in your favour for doing something when movies are in shit. colour I think oh, fuck off man I can't <laughs> see <laughs> the best of times I can't you know if there's only two colours to look at I can't fucking watch. Scott has the eyes of a puppy dog <laughs> 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 Scott can only see monochrome <laughs> <laughs> But see, I thought I thought some of that was only just I mean, like as a wind up on the show. You didn't like black and white. I didn't know you had. Is that about, is that just generally black and white or is it old movies? If, do you know it's not old. If it was black, if it was black and white, but with modern acting and you know modern sensibilities, you couldn't watch it. Or is it just the kind of the black and white aesthetic on old acting and old things are the thing that tips you over you know I don't really know exactly what it is because I do watch old movies like I like old cowboy movies if I catch them at the start yeah thing is tends to be if I'm flicking through old channels whatever and I find like a black and white movie on because they will be on during the day because none of them are R-rated they're all PGs and if I put them on during the day and it's like halfway through I'm like what the fuck's going on here I'm like I don't get it you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in early yeah. Adam's family. I'm not interested in the monsters. I'm just like... Oh, I know it hurts. It hurts. It hurts when it's, it's... It's like a vampire walking out into partial I daylight. I literally have a full shelf dedicated to the fucking monsters. Right there. I love the monsters. Right there. I really, really do. It's, it's you know, I just, I just... I don't know. Maybe... maybe Says the man wearing the night and the living dead fucking top which is all black and white. And do you want to tell you the truth? Sorry. I know. Sorry. Because this is going to upset you. Can I tell you the truth? I've never actually watched the original. Oh, for fuck, fuck off. Fuck, get this guy. Like There's it. only two top ten lists on this show. I like uh, I like uh, Tom Savini's 1990 remake. No, it's, in but, it's a great remake. It's a broad remake. It's a remake. It's the best zombie film that's ever been Can you say that? I, I don't know if that's that true. is yes, true. Yes, it's a close first That game. is not dead. true. The best remake of all time is The Thing. I would say with this man. Yeah. I don't like The Thing. Right, that's a different. Ignore, he's ignore, doing it. He's ignore, doing it again. That's a, that's a Scott and Liam when the podcast under the stairs. I've never, actually, you I've never actually watched it all the way through. I've not watched the thing. I've not watched the thing. I can't do it. Don't the fly. fly. He's a fly. I've taken his nose. He's taken his fly. I've not seen the fly. The thing is, I don't like to watch things that people have all watched. Because where's the fucking point in watching things that people have watched? You should still tune in to Scott and Liam versus Evil because I don't want to like Scott. Quote unquote, quote unquote for Scott I don't want to watch movies that other people have seen <laughs> because what's the point <laughs> so Scott sits in his house and watches films that he's made himself <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh fuck <laughs> I don't know what I oh, House of Wax you should watch it's fucking like, great I think we should do a thing where it show you the best this is what this is you do an alternate where you get to pick a movie and he gets to pick a movie stop picking movies you've like, listened to the episodes he doesn't fucking watch them I'm I'm fuck, fuck him fuck him people will judge him 
People will judge him, they won't judge you. Instead of picking like, oh, oh, you know, the, the Lincoln Bottom, which is fucking great. Uh, <laughs> it's a great movie. But instead of picking more, just go with that. House of Wax. Watch it, Scott. Oh, what's that, Scott? You've only watched 10% of this movie. Internet, shun him. But I shun. Get, I, get, I get too wound up. And if you, if you did then turn to me and say, oh, I watched Frankenstein, I fell asleep five minutes and I don't want to watch it. I'd get too I'd get too pissed off that it would there's be. a couple of universe like see if he said uh, the mummy I'd fell asleep 10 minutes and that would be what yeah the mummy anyway fuck you as well <laughs> first <laughs> 10 is now number one. Oh Whoa. shit oh, oh shit do it can you guess it is no if you can oh, guess, I can guess oh, you can't can, can, right, can I'm going to say it's either you right see, hold on we can, can I guess before, well, before we guess my Piece of paper has been lying before. No, I, I, I can't. If it's not, lean. if I, I it's not. Wait, no, let me see it. Let me see it because I don't know. So yeah. can I guess? Nosferatu. If it's not Nosferatu or Vampire, we are living in a world where your list is going to fucking rock my mind. My number one, all the way from nineteen. 19- 22. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. It's a good call. You can't, like, Vampire, as much as I love Vampire, it is, I genuinely think, when people talk about Nosferatu and talk about Vampire, I think people lean towards Nosferatu a bit too much, where Vampire is doing a whole hell of a lot more. There is no dispute the fact that Nosferatu is the fucking pinnacle template of vampirism in horror cinema. I've talked about ad nauseum, so. The only reason Vampire doesn't make it on my list is because I've seen it years and years ago and I've only ever seen it once. I would say that if you're going to have one of them on the list, you, you don't have to. You wouldn't have to. But see if I could have found it easily, like easier than it was. It was basically, yeah. it was only available on DVD and I'm much like you were. Blu-ray or fuck off. Blu-ray <laughs> or no go. Uh, so I, I was like, well, I've seen Nosferatu, I've Nosferatu seen 500 times. Nosferatu fucking the tits, man, honestly. I'm going to have to pick that. I know that inside out. I don't know Vampire inside out. Yeah, it's better elements, but like you say, I've got to pick one. Vampire's not accessible. Although, there ain't no Vampire without Nosferatu. That's no that in timeline. There ain't you, no anything without fucking Nosferatu. Yeah, if, you, if you're going timeline-wise, you're, you, you are not breaking... You're not pushing the envelope or breaking the mould here or reinventing the wheel, but what you are saying is fucking fact. So I don't want to... I'm not arguing with it. Scott has seen... No.
myth that he is the myth he is actually watch uh, if you get the chance Shadow of the Vampire Shadow of the Vampire is one of the most underrated fucking horror movies of the 2000s John Malkovich as always is fucking brilliant. yeah <laughs> it is a movie which gives you Udo Kier uh, you know it gives you like all this list of genre actors which covers the mythical representation of what happened on set you watch that movie like even the Reserves and I right. love Areas Reserves but you watch it and it covers that that like like he, Max Shrek just appeared he was hired he appeared on set day one as Nosferatu like a method actor but in full makeup that he did himself right. as a character his second name literally translates to something like tenor like he, yeah. he basically changed his name yeah. like Shriek. turned up in the show yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what it is didn't interact with anyone didn't want to speak to anyone did the roles that he had to do and then mysterious things happened on set it's hon it's black and white and I, I do believe that black and white makes things spookier I know what I, what I it's because it, the emphasis is on shadow it's, the emphasis is on shadow it's on the different line it's on the scene set up and because there's no CGI or very little, you're so engrossed in the story because yeah. they've got to keep you there. They've got to keep you with characters. They've got to keep you keep you with plot. Yeah. They've got to keep you with obviously in this case not dialogue, but dialogue or the things that's happening on screen. They can't go well. This is kind of loose. Let's throw in a, a fucking CGI explosion and get his attention. That's where these movies work. They're fucking raw horror. Yeah. They get you to the yeah. core. They terrify you ways that modern movies do not terrify you they're played out and like acted in ways that movies now are not acted that's why I love The Witch it's why why I love The Witch The Witch The Witch witch is a movie that harks back to the 1920s see if you had The Witch back then it was Boris Karloff it was all those proper fucking character actors that go into the role The Witch is the best movie of all time Yeah, yeah rivaled by none that's the way cinema should be that's why when we're talking about modern movies I get in it I like heads exploding I like blood I like all that stuff but I'll always fall back on the 20s to 60s where it's do you know what this is a story and I'm going to follow the story from A to fucking Z and I'm going to get engrossed in it and the things you're showing me I can put myself in 1930s and say that's not something you should be showing me at that time that's haunting that's terrifying that's my top 10 fucking oh I love that top 10 by the way I do love that top 10 okay Liam that was a fucking bitch list Um, we are going to go into what I'm going to call the (laughs) the controversial section of the show Um, Scott has already told us that no one is going to feel good about themselves it was Scott on this segment he chose what was the topic again Scott Um, just basic horror comedies Horror comedies. Now you said that in that no movie will be older than when? Nineteen ninety nine. 80% of the movies. So there's ten movies, so that's eight movies are, are from nineteen ninety nine onwards. Right. That, two that, movies that, are from nineteen ninety eight. That <laughs> may cause a problem. However, this is not our list. Remember, ladies and gents, the whole point of these lists is that the person that putting forward is putting forward his personal choice. Now we all know and if you don't know, you're not listening to Scotland versus Evil, which means we can't be friends right now. You should be listening to that show. You will know if you listen to that show and uh, that Scott is, uh, why would we call it, Liam? Is, Freak. is more a fan of the modern horror. When we say modern horror, people are on that, 
what post 1980 uh, move it two decades forward post 2000 <laughs> that is Scott's time frame yeah. and uh, as such I'm going to sit back right now as the 10 movies are going to be schooled to me as the best examples of horror comedy Scott the floor is your son now see the thing is right because when Liam was going through his list you were like oh yes yes that's a good one oh my god that's a good one as well yeah. oh I can't believe that's a oh number three I know what that's going to be oh two I know what that's going to be oh number one it could be anything else stand by it all and I think that neither the two years will be saying any of that <laughs> From my list. I don't even think like if you could if you could even write down a list of your own horror comedy top tens and everybody oh, listening, write down your own list of horror pause this episode right now and write down your top ten horror comedies and if anybody's as matches mine then please slide into my DMs right now because I want to be talking to you. Um, <laughs> the main it is it's, his chat is as modern as his love <laughs> it's totally into the DM. it's totally objective it's totally subjective it's totally you hit me up on IRL and you're all we're going to do this here now, can I tell you right the, my first my number 10 right in at number 10 um I had to, yeah, yes, that's right, Duncan. We have drank nearly three quarters of a bottle of wild turkey. Yeah, I, I won't say the last. And I think you... you've drank half or three quarters yeah, of what I drank. Welcome to the podcast. And listen. If me and Baz were recording right now, we'd be on our second bottle. That's all. I'm oh, saying. Oh, is this Baz is this to my phone, comrade? That's a fucking battle. Is yeah. that what this is? Because I, 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 I thought we were going to. I thought we were going to town. That's why I was holding easy. Not, uh, guys, guys, guys. guys. Uh, no, I'm alright. It's not a battle because if it was a battle, it'd be over, right? Right, let's go. There is no danger we're making Glasgow. Right, let's pretend right. we are, though. Right, here we go. My Stop. number ten, okay. Now, I want to preface this. So it's my number ten, right? Oh, he's already he's already putting caveats. In if if at this 10. was ten, I did not even at five. The top five, he's putting it at number ten. If if this was a wider list of just great movies, it would be a lot higher, okay? But I had to put this far down the list because it's horror comedies okay oh, yeah. now this film is a Stephen King film oh, okay right. Stephen King written so it is horror straight away there's no question in that it is, it is horror there's, com- there's horror elements in this film is okay? this now, the 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 comedy <laughs> element is probably the weakest point and that's why it comes in at number 10 okay <laughs> now there is one liners there's laughs there's you know, there's so much. What this. Is it over now? Just wait until I get you. What about What this is a bad move? The, the, the feel-good factor in this movie is so good. The soundtrack is amazing. It's it's right? This film potentially is <laughs> one of my favourite films in the whole entire world and this is one of the ones that comes pre-1989 this is 1986 directed by Rob Reiner it's done by me this is a horror comedy because like I said there is comedy values in it the whole scene about Lardas I'm being leaving, sick right. no, sit down it's sit down real. sit down the whole <laughs> Lardass being sick everywhere, the one-liners, the slagging off, the whole, you know, the feel-good factor, the whole thing. <laughs> You've Myself literally... You. My number 10. I know you said your list was going to be controversial and upset me. I didn't realise that was going to happen at the first fucking entry. You now have Stand two by else, me you is... You now have n- to, to, to tell us why Stand By Me is a comedy. Stand By Me is not a comedy. Why right. is it a comedy? Right, sorry. Sorry. Exactly, so it's a definitely a horror. There's... There's one scene. 
Sorry, there's two scenes that I can think of which get a slight chuckle from me, neither of which involve the main crux of the movie, which is finding a dead body. I'm <laughs> which is the horror element. Yeah, but that's like you say that but that's like saying that when I watch a movie like The Thing and 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 Kurt Russell pours the whiskey over the computer and says cheap bitch and I smile at that that's a, co- a horror comedy which is not See, it's, it's, uh, Scott I love you I, I say, you're sexy you have lost a lot of weight and right now I'll be honest with you if I wasn't hetero we'd be shagging right now <laughs> given your permission because I'm all about consensual sex but stand by me as as much a horror comedy as I am a fucking Playboy bunny. It's just not. It's not. It's not the same. I'll, I'll, I. I don't want to do this. I how don't do, want to do this. How but, do you know? How do you know a Frenchman's been in your backyard? I don't know where. Your this garbage is going. cans are empty and your dog's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a joke in a movie. That's exactly. Joke. Well, if you don't like that, then you're not going to like my list. Uh, I already. I'm not liking your list. I'll be honest with you. Already, I'm like concerned that. But is the it, opening but, but, entry but, of the top 10 horror comedies of all time contains a movie which isn't a comedy, I'm already like, at this stage I'm like that, maybe Scott didn't understand the brief. Would you would you say it's a horror though? Oh, it's definitely a horror. Right, movie. good, then that's fine then, because it's that's 50-50, that's fine. Can <laughs> oh, what I should do. I should say maximum overdrive. <laughs> It's kind of, it's, like, see if he said maximum overdrive. Me and Scott, uh, me and Liam right now would be like that. Yeah, it's fucking unintentionally hilarious. Yeah, it's a horror movie. Yes, we're with you. A horror comedy. Also, it's also his personal list. That's so, true. But so. I, would just want, I just want to define what a comedy is to Scott at the moment. Because a comedy to me is something that makes me laugh consistently through a movie. It's not a movie that evokes one or two laughs during a movie. It should be a movie that should be unless you disagree unless you disagree I mean which is jovial from start to finish and I would argue that Stand By Me is not a movie which is funny in tone and content from start to finish I would say there are a couple of scenes in the movie which are put out there for levity the reason they're put out there for levity is to juxtapose the fucking terrible situation the characters are in yes uh, which is so that doesn't make it a comedy that makes it a horror movie (laughs) That makes it a horror movie. Well, as long as it's a horror movie, I'm fine. Right, well, then we're, 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 I'm not going to... That was number two. Yeah. I, I don't know where I'm going. I am actually... This drink, all I'm going to see is right now this drink is not strong enough. Okay. Right, no. That was one of the ones that I was worried about. That is one of the ones that I knew I had to try. And, and I didn't want you to... It's, a, it's one of the pre ones That was, well, yeah. Because you're confident after 1998... Nine, nine, you're uh, like, nine, this, nine, is nine, my, yeah. this is my fucking list. These are my gambles. Pre night, right? I'm waiting. He's been doing a lot of swimming. I think the chlorines went into your brain. And <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Number just, nine. Yeah. Okay. Now this yeah. one is a Schindler's list. This is a. <laughs> <laughs> See if he says Schindler's list. This I'm is this is a sequel. All right. This movie sequel? is a sequel, and sometimes sequels aren't as good as the originals. However, people say the Godfather Part Two is better. I've not seen it, Evil so I don't know. <laughs> Evil Dead Two, surely. <laughs> See, this one, when I, when I googled horror comedies to try and figure out what would go in my list, Evil Dead 2 was coming up and I was like, I don't see that as a comedy, I see that as just a straight I horror. I don't so, know if you have a sense of humour. <laughs> so, so, I will tell you straight up, don't be waiting for that because <gasps> Evil Dead will not feature in this list. I'll read up this at least. No. 
No. I love Evil Dead, but it's not in this list. No, my crack a smile at uh, Groovy, and then cutting in the hand, the hand attacking them. Yeah, it's smashing, it's smashing plates, the slapstick. No, different style of horror for me. I watched that as take. I took when I watched Evil Dead. I took it seriously because I was like, "This is a fucking brilliant film. This is, this is scary. It's terrible." It. And I, I took it seriously. You. So it's not a horror comedy, in my eyes. Never, I have yeah, yeah. never wanted to do, put my finger over someone's mouth in a condescending <laughs> way. Go shh as much to right now. <laughs> my my number nine. Uh, that I seen this when I was around 16, 17. We get into the cinema to see this. It's an 18 rated film in the US. It'll be an R rated movie. We were too young to get in. Uh, I remember um, my friend uh, Scott that I don't really see anymore. He um, went up in the women's at, at Sunny World in Glasgow and said, How, What's your date of birth? And he was like, uh, t- uh, 21st day, the 1st, 1979, which would have made him like 40 at the time yeah, or something. That's like that. never and he was good. Like, really, 18. And he, we, we were standing Don't worry, three years over. Nope. And we just walked out. <laughs> yeah. And we had to swing back in. We eventually, and fuck knows how we got in, we got in. And uh, the Sugar Ray was in the soundtrack. And Sugar was, Ray? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Every morning as I wake up, there's a halo hanging from the. F- Not that song, <laughs> but um, uh, it was the one that was, it was from their brilliant album, self titled album. I'll let you go, let you go like a dozen balloons. I'm, 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 I have no light arm. Is this Shadow's List? No, this is directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans, part of the Wayans trilogy of brothers, two of which were in this movie. Is this scary? Don't movie? be a menace to society while drinking orange juice. I love this movie. But in, that's uh, not horror in it, number two is Scary Movie 2. Scary Movie 2! Take I, my strong hand! Yeah. There was so much I'm in that not, movie. I'm not lying. Yeah. Scary Movie 2 is legit... Listeners, I'm a serious person. I love art house horror. Scary Movie 2 makes me laugh every day. Make way for Fanny! They know what they're Fanny doing. coming through! They know exactly what movie yeah. they're making. I, I, I won't disagree with that. It's a, it's a funny horror comedy. Is it in the top 10 of all time? I maybe would argue with you, but can I argue with the fact that it is a good horror comedy with the understanding of what comedy is in this stage? I can't disagree with you. Things, this, well, this, this is the point. Is it a horror this, movie? No. Well, this is the but, this is the difference again because the the comedy in this movie is is um is exaggerated. It's yeah. it's set pieces. It's fully you know situational. It's completely made up for this movie. Stuff stuff that happens that wouldn't happen yeah. in real life. Someone gets a ghost blowjob, which means well, exactly, but which wouldn't happen in real life. She's bouncing no. off the ceiling. That's not real yeah. life. That is only oh, for the <laughs> when you're shaking on the ceiling. Do you know what I mean that's this? So this is only exists within the frames of this movie, and that that make that's that probably makes this one the only one of the scary movie franchise. Thank fuck. Yeah, yeah, I definitely scary. Movie. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say scary movie. The original, the first it's, it's more no. a horror comedy. I would, I would I agree with you. No. I would agree with you. No, I'd say it's more a comedy. I wouldn't say anyone a horror comedy. Well, they still have deaths in them. First one, right? It, it depends what we. Right, this is where it gets weird because, by definition, a horror comedy should be. My understanding of what a horror comedy should be is fifty percent horror, fifty percent comedy. Where you're going the scary movie franchise, it is parody of horror. So fully recognises everything that is a horror movie, whilst not necessarily executing the horror element, and juxtaposing it against comedy, which is definitely comedy. So whilst I totally see what you're saying, I think you would struggle, and I, I'm with you on this one, but I would be in a futile argument where I said, 
scary movie is the horror comedy. This, this is the thing. Yeah. It's a weird one. It's, a, it's like that. We're parodying a slasher movie, so we're doing all the things that are a slasher thing. We're just not doing it with the the predis the predisposition of a horror movie. Yet we're adding all the horror. See, I, I had an I had an argument for that, but I think I think that'll come up later on your list. Yeah, I think so. I'm gonna keep it. For if, that this is, if this is number nine, this is number nine, yeah. and there's no more scary movies there's in no more here, scary movies. I will happily let number two I, in the scary movie franchise I, slide. I, I, I wish, I wish I had the same recall as you when I've had as many like whiskeys and beers because what you just. I don't like, know what I'm doing. Because because like, see, like, see, when see when you sit down, see when you sit down to talk movies, you can just fucking I'll really fucking all know the what's facts. Happening. So I wish that's what I was Scary movie, scary movie 2 it's a parody so that's the point it's the parody so they're taking scenes from actual horror movies yeah. and then you know parody yeah, them yeah. for comedic effect and I think Scary Movie 2 really really works would you would you think that a movie like Repossessed would be uh, have you seen Repossessed? no I haven't seen Repossessed oh, well, I will fuck that argument in the bin <laughs> would the Scary Movie 2 scare you though? no a horror comedy that's doesn't that, a horror comedy so that's what I think it's more in the horror it's yeah. if I if I put a movie and I, I may be jumping the gun here if I put Tucker and Dale out in front here Tucker and Dale is not a scary movie it is arguably one of the greatest horror that, comedies that, that's if it's not on your list mean you're going to feel it <laughs> I uh, think that's where my argument yeah. that I'm about to have will go back against me later because I'm it saying takes, it should scare you and I'm actually thinking about no, the it should horror comedy's going yeah. oh no it shouldn't so it I, should I, take I the elements and horror tropes of a horror movie but juxtapose them against yeah. Scary Movie 2 got me the right time It's it, it, I've got nostalgia feelings for it back to like being like 17 years yeah, old yeah. And, and seeing it in the cinema and I'm whatever so else. So that, that's I'm so old <laughs> that's where I'm for so I wasn't even old enough to get to like, <laughs> even get something to this list all these lists apart from Liam's list where we've talked about the 50s maybe you feel old. And at number eight, list. we have <laughs> coming in at 1999 and directed by Rodman Flender. We have. Do you know, I, I got all these uh, dates and directors Rodman when, when uh, I got these. I got all these dates and directors when uh, Liam was doing his list. I realised Liam's done a lot of research into his movies. I just got the titles, so I had to go. And I did see all your yeah, yeah. Form, like, I had, research. I had to Google here. all the dates and directors because I didn't know any of the movies that Liam was talking about. So My date research happened twice, twenty minutes before <laughs> you turned up. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So it's nineteen ninety nine, directed by Rodman Flender, starring Seth Green. Devin Sawyer. I love this movie. Also, a cameo. Fucking pimmed it, pimmed it. I love this movie. Just tell me the rock star that cameos in this movie. Rob Zombie, yeah. Rob Zombie's in it. He's in. Uh, oh, he's on the TV when they're in the room. But as an actual. Oh, like pimp. real life. Are we talking about offspring? You're talking about idle hands. We're talking about idle yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. Who's got a, who's got a cameo in this movie? Uh, Dexter Holland. Yeah, no offspring. Well, who's got another, who else has got a cameo in this movie? There's, there's a, a zombie. There's a lot on of them. Yeah. Tom DeLonge has a cameo in this movie. Did you know that? No. Yeah. See, see the drive-through when he says, so "Hey, he does. you're supposed to be on break," and he yeah. turns away and goes, "All right," and he walks away. That's Tom DeLonge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it does. This movie's just, it's just, it's just, it's daft. He turns around and goes, "And that'll be fine." <laughs> Don't slag off Tom DeLonge. <laughs> you will be fine, you fucking asshole. Yeah. Knowledge of the Mark Twain. Tra- knowledge of the Mark Twain Travis Show. That's 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 Dude, fine. That's, right, that's listen, what I'm for. You're talking about Tom DeLonge. When was the first time you saw Tom Doll alive? What, in real life? Yeah. Very, very late. You're speaking in the room here. <laughs> the year was 2000. Anyway, the state tour, 
in the Barrowlands one week after Slip not played the Barrowlands but we'll put that to the side but I'm also I'm also actually thinking that this isn't a tangent it's, it's not it's only going to number 8 uh, uh, Scott's Comedy Horror Bling Out 2 they miss you video <laughs> <laughs> I miss you but he was going to say Idle Hands and I'm waiting Idle Hands for me would be a little bit higher actually I think Idle Hands is woefully underrated well the thing is I've only seen Idle Hands maybe like three quarters to me <laughs> <laughs> you listeners in there cannot see Liam's face the disgust and anger on his face I just know, right I just know it's alright I watched it in that the guy gets a tea cut after he bolts it together and falls laughing on that that movie uh, you have time to watch every fucking episode of The Walking Dead and you don't have time to watch the last 20 minutes of Idle Hands okay let's, let's move on okay Idle Hands is excellent Idle Hands come in I love that movie it's fucking great you have only seen that movie twice, which means I want to slap you no, in the face. No, I've not even seen the follow I've seen it three quarters of the way through. <laughs> you need to watch. Honestly, it's fucking good. And so, it's, you, so when you say the. I think I, no, I think I've seen it all. You must have, it's great. Because when we are then saying, oh, the Dexter Holland, the offspring, and you're kind of looking a bit vacant. That's because you didn't see it when Dexter Holland comes in. I've only seen it once. You are, you are obviously, there's, you're Dude, honestly, go back and watch. It's fucking amazing. No, you have I can't argue with its place on the list. I can't argue with the fact that you've not watched it all. Next one I definitely have seen. So in at number seven. Schindler's List. From 2015. Now, let me try these names. Directed by Francois Simard, Anouk Whistle, and Johan Carl Whistle. Uh-oh. This is a movie that like seemed to come out of nowhere almost. It was thrown about at Fright Fest last year or two years ago. Not on the screen, but it's free copies Uh-oh. and I missed it. Uh-oh. This film is steeped in 80s nostalgia and it is in a post-apocalyptic world that I just fucking love. It is... You could, are you going to argue that it's not a comedy? I don't you know. Was? Are you going to argue that it's not a horror? No, because some, of the, horror some of the scenes are fucking absolutely brutal and it's gory and there's special Wait, effects. There's good. hands cut off, there's heads cut off, there's eyes gouged out. That's a horror this, movie. Uh, and the, 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 you know, in the comedy, there's cowboys, there's fucking BMX riders, there is a fucking robot lassie with uh, an Evil Dead reference in her gnome stick. This is Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid, oh, right, right, right. that is literally not where I thought you were going. I've literally in the last week interviewed the filmmakers that made that movie. And you didn't know their names? <laughs> no, I knew their first names. <laughs> and Francoise. That's it, and when you were going horror comedy, I'm, I'm thinking... Did you know what I was talking about? I think Turbo Kid is a comedy either. I think Turbo Kid is just an awesome 80s throwback. I think it's pivoted either way. 80s throwback a genre though? Could you could you just say yeah. 80s throwback? Could you yeah, I can, I can list off so a who whole... Who sits at that table? Just Turbo Kid itself? Like, are we Stranger Things are it, which are both fucking huge, huge consumers it's of the 80s nostalgia. A <laughs> it's, it's like a massive... I don't think either... I don't think the elements that it covers in the 80s genre where, where it evokes things like Rad, which is not a horror movie, um, I don't think that covers you said horror. Rad, I thought you meant the, the Channel 5 TV show. Have you ever seen Rad? Oh, man, Rad looks... BMX is fucking amazing. Do you remember the TV show on Channel 5 called yeah. Rad that used to yeah. show you how to do tricks? It's terrible. Uh, what, what, I, but I don't, I, think it's, I don't think it's out and out comedic either. I, there's a couple of it. Gnomestick is hilarious and I want a Gnomestick tattoo, but... All of, all I of don't Apple's think, character is, is comedic. Yeah, but she dies horribly. <laughs> and then the rest of the movie is... Like, the before bit before he meets Apple is serious... The bit where he has Apple for the intermittent scenes, 
She she does funny lines because she is not of that world, so to speak. But the rest of the movie is played very flat. I I don't I I, I can see where you're coming from. I will shut the elements. fuck up because he agrees with you. No, so. I, I can definitely see there's definitely comedic elements. There's definitely horrific elements. Is it a horror comedy? No. no. Is it a horror? No. Is it a comedy? No. But I think it transcends so many genres that why not? It gets it gets brought in. It gets brought in under our tent. And that's exactly why Stand by Me's on the list as well for the exact same reason I said. I think we should change your list. It gets brought under. It gets brought under comedy to ten movies that Scott likes. If we're calling if we're calling this ten genre, yes, it's a genre movie. Am I saying it's a horror comedy? I don't think it fulfills either brief. I think it should just be ten movies that Scott has chosen. I thought the, I thought the, <laughs> I don't think it should be a table because I thought it would be right, this could happen with every single number I don't know what's coming next but I can't wait I thought there would be two movies in this list that you two would have a fucking hate I love Tumblekins it, it turns out that he's a fucking smash out 100% of the movies Tumblekins are an amazing movie I just don't think it's a horror card uh, uh, top 10 movies that Scott have picked that we all remember are really good movies yes uh, I'm I just, agree I'm with just, that I've just looked at my number 6 What's number six? Hold on, was that your number seven? No, I was number seven, eh? What's number six? And uh, number six. Oh. <laughs> From 2015, so this is the newest movie. Well, depends what month it came out. Turbo Kid is also 2015. Marvels, because she makes like a two-quite <laughs> check cross through the joke. Directed, <laughs> directed by um, Christopher Landon, starring Ty Sheridan. So I do have a fondness for this movie because Ty Sheridan was in a Fright Fest movie, Detour, that Liam mentioned two minutes ago. Um, Fright Fest movies tend to get me nostalgic at the exact same time. Does that make sense? Like, how does that... What, yeah. What's the word? Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? You, you, Nostalgia. So, because he's in them and then uh, Christopher Smith was there directing the movie that he was in for a Fright Fest, said yep. that he, he loves this actor. So then I looked at him from different movies and thought, oh, he's in this. I'm going yep. to watch it. It's fair. Um, I don't know what it, this is. It also oh. stars Logan Miller, who was uh, also in Wait for Liam's Side, The Walking Dead. Oh. Very <laughs> good side. This That's one, more of a fucking horror comedy than fucking Turbo <laughs> Stand by Me. This one is the first comedy zombie movie on my list, and it is The Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. This you will get no argument from me. I love that movie. This I think it's brand great. new, and it does it really, it. really, it's, really, it's, really well. That is a that is the very definition. Now, see if you put the Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse and Turbo Kid in the same thing. There is one that is clearly a horror comedy, and one that is it's clearly Turbo Kid. <laughs> Turbo Kid. You know what I mean? What I like, and what I look for in my horror comedies, okay, or in my you know my comedy movies, okay, and it is it is okay. So I understand. Look, 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 look. I understand. Do you guys see the laugh? I will buy as well. It's like a <laughs> the head goes by. This is my list. Stop All right, I was respectful shot. to your list, Lee. Come on. <laughs> I um I understand what you were saying about my you know the the, the beginning five in my list. The first time I was before you go to six yeah. Aye, so that you've seen the first five. No, this is number six, so that is this is the first five. It's number six. I love love what you're saying about the list that I'm talking about just now. However, the next five won't experience (laughs) the issues that you're laughing at with your shirt. 
Right, listen, mate. I've agreed with everything that right, Pakistan so, by me. Right, that's the one that I'm. A, I'm stand by me is a no. Right. Yeah. Turbo kids are no. Basically, for me. no. Right, I, ju- I just lost time. I just wanted to put it in the list. It's fucking. I get, I get that. Once again, the three of us will not disagree <laughs> that if the if the top ten list we hear was movies that are awesome that Scott loves, Liam and Duncan side with that. 100% stand by me Turbo Kid and Idle Hands would make a fucking really strong list for that see the, those three movies right there that's a fucking good night in see if we were watching that on Liam's big fucking screen TV right behind me on his comfy fucking couch it's not real by the way that's why it's not on <laughs> it's not on right now but if we were watching them surrounded by like the chair that Liam paid for that for a movie that shit Danny DeVito's fucking weird visage and a poster which is maybe saying my wrong zombie <laughs> Questionable. Oh no, that was definitely Simon Rhodes. I don't know if he's saying that. That may or may not be. The Ghostbusters one isn't. Uh, but the Lost Boys one's definitely is. Yeah, but if we, had we been watching those three movies, me and you would be like that. Like Scott picked a fucking great trilogy of movies to watch on this Saturday. However, what we have here is a list of ten movies which are under classification horror comedy, and thus far, of the first five that Scott has put out, I think. Three are horror comedies. I would agree one hundred percent that what you're putting out right now is a fucking great example of a modern horror comedy. And this is this is what I'm saying about the, the probably the potential of the rest of my list is that it is it's it's a horrific situation. Okay, zombies is a is a horror movie, and but the comedy comes from the you know the the actions of the characters, the one liners of the characters. Yep. It's not necessarily like a scary, but it's not like a parody. It's not yep. ridiculous. It's not over the top. It's all something that could happen in it's the setup. Really, it's the setup. Yeah. It's, it could happen in real life. It's the delivery and it's in the script and it's the way that it's acted and it's brought. There's a couple of okay, a couple of things that maybe wouldn't happen in real life if you're actually faced with a zombie apocalypse and a stripper comes out and gets stuck in the fence. Stripper zombie. Would you turn round and squeeze her boobs? Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> did I say that? That that <laughs> maybe scene, it's what I meant to that, say. That that scene that scene I literally was like I, I, I seen it I was like do you know what I'm like 30 years old but I still find that hilarious rewind yeah. snapchat that send it to all my pals I was like it was so hilarious I might have even sent it to you and he just runs back and squeezes the boobs I thought you know what that's hilarious that well, is you funny. must be busy masturbating yeah. yeah I'm thinking do you need consent if they're dead <laughs> 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 was that that like, great Crayley Phil t-shirt that says dead girls don't say no that is my credo, Duncan. It's my family crest. Um, yeah, no, no, I one hundred percent with that one. I love uh, skip skip to the zombie apocalypse. Now we're going. Uh, to, we're powering through my list, which I'm quite uh, happy with. We are going uh, to number five uh, from two thousand and fourteen, all the way from the other side of the world in New Zealand, directed by Jermaine Clement and Taika Watiti. Yes. The vampire movie, What We Do in the Shadows. 100% yes. 100% yes. It's so, so, so good. We've done this as an episode. You slow, but you're finishing it strong. We've done this as an episode of Scotland vs. Evil, and I remember the day I watched this, I went up the stairs, it was on Netflix at the time, it's now been taken off, but I've since bought it on DVD. My wife went downstairs with her friends, they were going out, and they were getting drunk downstairs pre-drinking. They were getting for drunk. So I went up... I was going to say fucked up, but they weren't quite fucked up, they were just getting drunk. So I went upstairs and I put the headphones on and I started watching this because I knew I had to do it for an episode for Scotland vs Evil and I was like, okay, alright, okay. And it was like, just so good. So and fact, good. the fact is, like the Australian accent, the New Zealand accent is just, it is 
works really well for dry humour. And the whole fact that they're, they're parodying all the different vampire lores, right from Nosferatu, like you were saying, yep. the whole um, uh, shriek was was there with uh, Peter in the basement, you were saying it during uh, yeah, your list. Yes, Peter. They, they, yep. All the different, there's elements of uh, Interview the Vampire in yep. there as well, from the, the, the 17th century kind of vampires, you've got your modern vampires, and you've got your brand new vampire with the guy that made. Reference Twilight how much? <laughs> You know, it's all yeah. in there, and it's making you know the whole thing is in there. Everything is in there, and it's done so well. They don't they don't make fun in a bad way of any yeah. part of it. The everything is is taken in, and it's just all done in a very very respectful but exact, still it's hilarious manner. Yeah. It's directed fantastically. It's so good. There's a great scene. I love the scene. Simple scene where the the guy that they turn into a vampire who half the team aren't happy with. And they're sitting in the cafe, and he's just sitting, and he's just like, he, the food's in front of him. I can't remember why. He's he's like, oh, you should, you shouldn't do that. He's like, I like chips. He's like, and next thing, yeah. just just cut straight to him being sick. Oh, you shouldn't have eaten those chips. <laughs> and it's just, just the way, even just the accent is just enough to just be like, that's so fucking good. Yeah. And the whole movie is just is literally just brilliant. And it becomes, and it, and it gets to the end, a massive crescendo of fucking bloodbath nonsense, and it's just, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's over the top, and it is. Bang on. Yeah, I, I, I can't, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Like, Vlad the Poker is one of the things that's ever happened. It's, that's right. When he talks about the beast. The beast. He's going, he's going, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> hey, do you like your biscuit? <laughs> it's fucking. It's, like, to me, that is the, like, maybe the best. Like, I can't think of a horror comedy since that movie that has been as good as that movie. The bouncers want in the club and until yeah. they fight and then they can't get in. Yeah. <laughs> just, they it's fucking amazing. It's just not, that to me is a movie that is oh, far smarter than some of its oh, parts. Yeah. yeah. And you see that the idea that the, the potential that we're going to make Square Rose a movie, like, I hope that's... It's, well, no, there's a TV series. Is that actually happening? Yeah, there's a TV series following the werewolves and it's in production right now. And I will watch the shit out of that. Did you watch Unrelated? Did you watch Hunt for the Wilder People? Not yet, no, not yet. I thought was fucking. Hunt of the Wilder People that, was in my top five movies of that year. Is that not what, genre um, be damned, but in my top five. Because it had two Jimmy, of the greatest Jimmy, things Sam ever. Neil. had a director uh, which I love, and it had Sam Neill, and Sam Neill might be the greatest actor. It's such a good. So, listeners, if you haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People. It's not a horror. It's not a horror at all. If you don't like that movie, don't listen to any of any other thing that would any of us do? We should always in Tupac. Who's Tupac? He's basically like my best friend. <laughs> I can't see it. Fucking start checking me. That's less than the first ten minutes. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, you can watch it. Hunt for the Wilder People was amazing. Right, back to my list because Four. we are nearely three years in. So let's Four. go. This is gonna be the longest episode. Number. Of it's gonna be the longest episode of Teapots ever. Are you kidding? I've seen you a five. I've seen you a six hour episode. Yeah, but that is like covering like a decade of horror movies. We are not covering three movies. We're covering. We're covering three top ten lists. And at number four from oh. 2010, oh. directed by Eli Craig and starring okay. Tyler Labine and I forgot to write down the name of the other guy. What my from Dodgeball podcast is named after <laughs> Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Why this isn't number one is this- beyond me. There better be a high fucking quantity of amazing movies above this. Because this is, as modern standards go, the best horror comedy of all time. I am terrified to look at your list because... <laughs> That's number one. Like, see if you ask me what's the greatest horror comedy of all time. 
The answer back is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Especially being in a show fucking named after the film. I think, yeah. I think, I honestly think this might end up my scrap when I read it for number one. But anyway, we're on number four. So, <laughs> see if um, you say Scream is game over. You know, see, see, when, see when you Google horror comedies and you get the Wikipedia list, by the way, non-horror comedies are in that list. I know. Yeah. That's why I'm worried that Scream's on your list. That's why I said it right there to give you enough time to rectify. <laughs> no. I'm afraid you fucking change. Tucker and Dio versus Evil. This is another example of a horror movie that is. The comedy is situational, not set up. It's, yeah. it's, it is in the delivery and it's it's actually done. It's so, so clever. And, I, I, you know, this is where I'm, I wish I'd done a wee bit more research and maybe drank a little less, a little less bourbon <laughs> by the time that my list came up because. Get another bourbon back. I'm trying to um, explain it as best as possible. It is it is it is genuinely a cabin in the woods movie from the other perspective. Assuming that the obviously every cabin in the woods movie you watch, like um, Wrong Turn, for example, yeah. the 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 hillbillies are trying to kill them. Yeah. But assuming the hillbillies aren't trying to kill them, and you go through the hillbilly point of view, yeah, you never you never you never when you watch that movie are from the hillbilly's point of view. Yeah. You're always from the teenagers and whoever that are camping on the land. You're never from the perspective of those that occupy the cabin. And this is totally from the Hillbillies point of view and it's done in a way that everything that the teenagers see yep. that potentially gets them killed is you know repeated uh, in a way that um that makes it, it you know it's like it's 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 done so so well. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. the, the, the par- it's not a parody, but you know the, the 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 flip side, the parallels is done so so well from the other side the point of view that it is it is a fantastic movie, it's so cleverly done, and it's just it just exists in its own, you know. Exists. Yeah. 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 Do you know what? I've only said I've only said you that once. once. No, once? I've, said, I've actually said it twice this whole twice. That, that's t- uh, twice in three hours. So if you're playing the drinking game where I say exists, you've only done three times before <laughs> that time I just said it. So you're pretty fucked if you if you back on that one. I think we're talking Dale comes in as well is the the them when the kids are the bastards. There is elements of horror yeah. because you're siding with Tucker yeah. and Dale, and when the kids start doing their thing, you're like. Yeah. Oh, oh, fucking what? And you don't feel terrified or scared of the funniest, the funniest scene in all of the history of horror comedies, and I challenge you to find me a movie that's you find the body and stand by me. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was a laugh, right? That was what we call a knee slapper back in my day. Is the bit where the guy jumps, I think it's Tucker, and he moves and he goes into the fucking chipper. The the chipper. chipper. Is maybe the what, and I'm not even saying this lightly. Is maybe the funniest scene in the horror comedy history. I, I, I almost lost control. I think a wee bit of pee came out. Is is so funny, and it's like what I can't agree with you more. The what Tucker and Dale gets right, and I'm looking forward to seeing what movies do it better than Tucker and Dale. Is the idea the of list. the pure balance between. This is all the tropes that you know of horror. This is all the comedic elements that happen from situational comedy, and this is how they marry perfectly. Because it is, it is the definitive, in my opinion, horror comedy of all time. It is a movie that I, I watch like maybe three, four times a year when I'm feeling like, oh, I just need to sit. And I laugh just as much, just as much. The scene when he's swinging the, cha- <laughs> the chainsaw at him, and all the rest of that is Texas Chainsaw. The references are 
so good. College kids! Yeah, I say. College he, kids! He's crackling like a log! You know what I mean? That sort of shit makes me piss myself. And that is what makes it the... I would say the greatest horror... In my opinion, it's the greatest horror comedy ever. It is, it is really, really... I mean, we took our podcast name straight from that movie. Did it, not realise that, actually. <laughs> it makes sense now, obviously, but I just assumed you, that you were just versus... Kid none. Well, there's a a, a, there's a a TV show called Todd versus the Book of Evil, and that could just be just as equally applicable. We were going to name after the other famous horror comedy, Stand By Me with Scott Liam. <laughs> Stand By Scott Liam. Stand By Scott Liam. Uh, I, can, I can't see how anything's better than Tucker Neil vs. Evil, but I have two movies that I think you might have put higher. Oh. And if either of them are not in the last... He's gonna hit I'm, you. I'm gonna punch you in the neck. Punch you so hard in the neck. Number two! Number I, two. I really want you to eat quickly just because I don't want you to say it. Like, well, then, what, what, was that number four? That's number three. Three's still a go. Holy shit. I want you to change it. I want you to change it. This is definite. This is set. That's number three. That's number three. Before we go to number three, before we hit the top three, I want to throw in some honourable mentions. Nice. My first honourable mention that would definitely have hit this list is Secret Santa. This is a movie we've seen at Fright Fest this Secret year. Secret Santa is definitely a horror comedy above. It is getting Stand by me. <laughs> it's getting played again uh, at the, the main Fright Fest yeah. that's happening this weekend. Can't as far wait, as I can't believe. wait. Um, the only reason that it's not in this list is because it's still on the festival circuit and it is as of yet unreleased as far as I'm aware. I'll um, buy it day one. I think all three of us Oh, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. I'm going to buy it one, day one. One of the best horror comedies I've seen in... Since Tucker and Dale, it is genuinely so good. Secret Santa, if you, if you haven't heard anything about this movie, it is based around a dysfunctional family at Christmas, and basically, the I think someone drugs their drinks to make them either truth tell or go yeah, a bit yeah. mental, and they just end up fucking killing each other. And there is some fucking crazy scenes in there, there's some fantastic uh, kill scenes, some great practical effects. It's just over the top bonkers, but the script is bang on as well it is so quick it's sharp and it is it's really 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 Probably, good yeah. and because it's a Christmas movie as soon as it's on DVD it will become a staple certainly in my house at Christmas in yeah. December every year every single year that will be put on to watch and that is uh, my number one uh, honourable mention directed by Adam Marcus and starring a whole bunch of folk we uh, may be talking about Adam Marcus on my list <laughs> Uh, also, I want to mention as well, also starring uh, Curtis Forte, who we've actually had a, a, quite a, a big back and forth on, on Twitter, uh, because we've seen it, and the guy was chatting away, he's a great guy, he plays, uh, um, oh, fuck, it completely escapes me because of too exactly. much whiskey, he plays the uncle, uh, and he is, a, he is a terrific death scene in the, in the movie, but, um, definitely, Secret Santa will be on the list if I do this list again. The other, next movie, uh, honourable mentions, Hocus Pocus from 1993 I love Hocus Pocus I wouldn't say it's a comedy but I love Hocus Pocus the only reason that it's not on the list is because it's a kids film I wouldn't say it's a comedy it's a comedy it's a PG it's a PG PG does not denote comedy to me it doesn't no it doesn't there is funny scenes and I remember watching as a kid and finding a funny movie while still uncertain as a kid there are at least I think I think there's about three or four scenes in Hocus Pocus that are actually stand out terrifying. But there um, are, but I think there's, 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 I think scenes there's that maybe two or three scenes that are funny. When the zombie gets his head cut yeah. off, yeah. you've also got... Speed bump! You've also got the, the woman that looks like John Lovitz, but she's not, she's a female. I would, uh, <laughs> and my <laughs> listeners may argue, fuck it me, I would 
pivot more towards horror than about comedy. Oh, no, I know. I would have that as a horror comedy. And I love that. I love that movie. I, there's, I think there's a strong argument for horror because it is a terrifying film in the fact that they yeah. want to steal children and eat their yep. souls. So yeah, definitely. It's, it's it's on the cusp when you think of Nicholas Rose did Nicholas Rose director of um, Don't Look Now did The oh, Witches, it's, it's funny you which is that. one of the. <laughs> One of the scariest movies ever fucking made. Like the wit- uh, the witches is just terrifying. Uh, what you the think witches called- is fucking terrifying. Oh yeah, well that's that was made as a the, the, that's a PG, right? So to me, you're sitting there saying PG denotes comedy. Ain't nothing funny about fucking I witches. Get t- I get taken out of the cinema. I was okay. I was five years old. But that's I the nineties. So when you say a PG denotes comedy, I'm like that. The witches does not denote comedy. But what I'm saying is that I think that. Hocus Pocus is a great horror movie, a kids horror movie. I don't necessarily think it's a. If you guys think it's a comedy, I will back the fuck up. But to me, there's a couple of funny scenes, but I don't think it's a comedy. Oh, yeah, I, I would put that. That's not one of the ones I thought you'd pick. No, it's great not, movie. It's not on my list. Great movie. Well, off my head, I would You're say horror the comedies. Hocus Pocus, but it's not on my list. I just wanted to mention it. I, I think it would be a horror so, comedy. It's a staple of my house October. I watch every, I watch it every, every run up to Halloween. The Hocus Pocus gets watched. Yeah. I love it. And the Next. third, the third and last honourable mention uh, from 2015, directed by Jason Lee Howden. This was a tie-up between Turbo Kid, and I went with Turbo how Kid. How the fuck is this not in your top three? I went with Turbo. I went anyway. with Turbo Kid because I felt as if Turbo Kid would be the movie that I would watch more often. I get the feeling that I don't know what this is until it's the is No, I, I, I love both these You're movies. Upset. Liam is upset. He's shaking his head. That's one of the two that I thought. Right, if you put this above Turbo Kid, this evil. I don't agree with it, but I can see why you've done it. The fact that this is an honourable mention means the fucking top three is like Schindler's List, Citizen Kane, and some other fucking stupid movie that's no horror or comedy. I tied up because I, I felt as if I felt as if this, I felt as if this movie and Turbo Kid were in the same vein, right? But I thought I could probably watch Turbo Kid more often. Now, I, I, don't get, know I get it. I get it that you slagged off Turbo Kid as not being a horror or. Turbo a Kid is one of my favourite movies. Yeah, right, 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 but, but I don't think it's a horror. Movie. So basically, my honourable mention is Deathgasm. Deathgasm is a horror comedy. Oh, so which is on the fucking list. Deathgasm, totally. Deathgasm is more a horror comedy than Stand By Me. How is this not on your list? Almost built the candles. Low case for pussies. <laughs> I literally think Deathgasm is that's, that's, top five for me. I, I, I thought talking to the OSCO, but if that's not number one, the only thing you can put above it is. If you wanted it, is Deathgasm and this. Oh, uh, the, the scary thing is. All bets are off for Scott's top three. Uh, if you're listening right now, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Me and, me and Liam are with you. We do not everybody, know what this is. Everybody's listening live stream right now. This is, this is good. Right. No, 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 don't live stream because just, then... No, just, just to say, right, top three Scott's horror comedies, what do you think it will be? Guess now. Don't, don't Hang live up and see what they all say after the end of this. We should be in town by now. <laughs> so... Here we go, this is now my top three. In at number three from that. 2004. I don't even know what this is, but it's strange. This is okay. a British horror comedy. Severance! No. This is another movie. The Codge is amazing. Is the Codge no, realistic? This is another movie that takes a, a horrific a horror movie and it, it bases itself on a lot of horror movies. It, it, it almost parodies a lot of classic horror movies of the same genre but it, it creates Sorry, it, it creates 
situational it creates situational uh, scenarios around the thing but the the, the creators are he's just putting me off <laughs> the the um the 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 script, the script makes the comedy. It's not the fact that it's set up. It's not ridiculous. Okay, the the okay, it's a zombie movie. The zombies are out this world, but the way the characters act are completely within normal ranges, and it, that is where the comedy lands. And it is done so well. And then by the time you get to the end of the movie, like three quarters of the way through, it is a full-on horror movie. In fact, you could almost say the whole movie is a horror movie with comedy elements. Yeah. And I would fully agree with that. And that is. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, yeah. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. It is yeah. so good. What it is the fuck big... is number one and two? <laughs> I have no idea. There's a movie on his list that is better than Tucker and Dale, <laughs> Deathgasm, after... and Shaun of the Dead. I'm just saying. Movie. I mean, right. This the movie only, is. The only things you can put about it are Tucker and Dale, eh, sorry, are Deathgasm. There are two movies me and you, Liam, need to watch because there are two movies out there that we have never seen before that are better than fucking Shaun of the Dead and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. You see, because you you hated my number ten. This is what I expected. (laughs) You're going to hate my number one. I'm already hating you. But let's talk about Shaun of the Dead for a bit. Yeah. Amazing. It's done, done so, so well. You, there's so many references taken from Romero, and it's right there. Probably Fulci as well. In fact, there's definitely, because there's a Fulci reference in it. There's a Fulci, total Fulci there's, reference. There's, 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 he, Fulci's the name of the restaurant when he phones up to uh, the place with all the fish yep. uh, because he fights the shark. That's yeah. why. And he's like, hello, Fulci's. And they give away the last table. You know, there's so many references in it all the way through. It is a full-on horror at the end. There's, 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 it's so clever as well because if you've even seen the meme where, where even at the start when, um, when Edge trying to get Sean off his breakup and he says we'll just stay out drinking we'll go for a bite at the king's head we'll go we'll um, something else and we'll something else and we're back at the bar for shots yeah. and then the meme shows you what everything is because a bite at the king's head is when they go and uh, rescue his mum which his stepdad has had a bit to his head Bill Mayhe by the way yeah there's something else the next the next meme I'm very very sorry I can't remember it but anyway back at the bar for shots the back of the bar they get the gun and they're shooting yeah. back Sure. Do you mean it's, Dogs don't look up. So it's all, it's all, it's all foreshadowing, and it's very, very cleverly written. And it's, I really, really like movies that definitely like. Okay, when you see foreshadowing, you're like, aye, very, very good. But see, this movie is literally the end scene was written, and the whole thing was. I mean, they've clearly watched. So they've, it's they've not watched even they. It's, it's Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright is the man behind all this. I think this. Simon Pegg's in there as well. I think Simon Pegg has a bit of input, but I don't think. I think if you sat Simon Pegg down, and Edgar Wright. On the couch and started testing their horror knowledge. I think Edgar Wright wins. Yeah. He is the like. There's a reason that when you watch once again, linking back to Joe Dante, <laughs> when you watch Trailers from Hell, the series of horror directors and film people that are reviewing trailers of movies that they grew up with that inspired them. Edgar Wright has a ton of them, and the reason that he does like even on what do you call it, the Grindhouse releases, the yeah, don't. Release is Edgar Wright is because Edgar Wright grew up on all these fucking movies, and he's the guy that's inputting all that in there. The reason that when you look at Simon Pegg in other movies, he's fine, but when he's in either you know the World's End, the fucking Hot Fuzz, or what we say, Shaun of the Dead, he shines in is because he's given direction in that way. And that is all Edgar Wright, and that's because Edgar Wright is a fucking huge. Horror! I, I think cinema. Did, did, did Edgar Wright direct um, 
Space. That's what I was going to say. Simon Pegg, I think, had a lot to do with writing. He space. did. And that's pop culture. That's why I think. That's why I think. But I don't think. I don't think it ever leans into the Italian zombie exploitation uh, stuff of Fulci in particular, which I know for a fact Edgar yeah, Wright. But I know. But I also. So the pop culture part, though, I think that's all the you know. That's, it's I'm fucking great. It's an It's a movie to me that is the pinnacle of. If you tell me right now to spell out. If you were like an alien that you you arrived on Earth and you said to me, "Tell me about your horror comedy ways," what movie would I suggest? First and foremost, Shaun of the Dead is the first movie I would suggest to you because to me it is a movie that is legitimately at parts scary, upsetting, and terrifying, and equally fucking hilarious. It is the perfect marriage of the both. It's so you get no argument. It totally is because but I think exact, that's more that, Edgar Wright. That's exactly. It. It, is, it is exactly what they do. They they do it so well. They do the characters will make one lines and quips. They'll get themselves, you know, like falling off a fence or whatever stuff. That's still funny. But the horror is still happening. The horror is still very, very, very much in front of your face. The whole fact that they also reference like um, Savini esque um, uh, special effects when uh, yep. um, forget the guy's name is it Ed, Edward. What's the guy's name with the glasses? The comedian. The Irish comedian. I don't see the point of our. He gets pulled out the window and they rip open his chest. That's Day of the Dead. Yeah. That's that's uh, no, totally yeah. Day of the and that's that's his chest all open. If you said to me horror comedies, three deathgasm, two shoddy. He's got the body. He's got that. Out. He's like, imagine your list. Now burn your list. <laughs> but like, come <laughs> stand by me. He's, for a while. Like, he's like, he, his list is like, like, imagine your family in front of you. Now your family has been shot to death. Here is your new family. It's a family that is not what you wanted, but here it is. I Scott, no, I have no idea. Has, has a, I don't know where we're going. And at number two. This is going to be a bad one. Pre-1999. This could be a good one. Directed by a guy who is now dead, I believe. Fell on the I see a baboon rising. Now, uh, how could you I, not put... I did think that was... Yeah, okay. An American it's movie an from London. One. It's, an, it's an awkward one for me because as I acknowledge that it is a comedy, to me it leans far more into the horror than it does in the comedy. But it still leans in both. It, it. it, has, it covers has both. a place covers, on my list. Can't, can't disagree. With yeah. the last one you were saying the British aspects, that's why I pointed yeah. up to that side of the yeah. I thought... Right, this is American World. This, this movie, he was like, "Fuck it." This isn't a movie that I've that I've grew up with. This isn't a movie that I've seen loads and loads of times. I have seen it once. Really? I used to go to Aviemore on holiday in January with my family for like like every year for like six or seven years when I grew up between like. Are you loaded? No, no. I tell you why. My, my cousin used to go to school. That the the school had a, a deal, and we got the hotel for like right cheap, like this same year. And we done it all. We done it for all those years. And then as soon as that deal went fucked, my family was like, "Nah, fuck that." So I kept going up because as soon kept, as that deal went fucked, my, oh, my, yeah, as soon as that fuck. deal finished, my family stopped going up. But we went up. Remember, we started going up and stuff like. Do you never know, come? Up? Oh, once. Aye, you came once. Um, that was enough. <laughs> uh, but it was on one time when I was younger maybe I was about um, 12, 13 it was on in the kind of pool room of this hotel we were in and it had a telly in it and it was, uh, it was all the kids were sitting in this room and there was like four kids like literally like eight year old kids sitting in front of this telly and I was trying to find booze because I was like 
like I was trying to escape. <laughs> yeah, I watched. I, okay. I watched like ten minutes of it, and I was like, "What are you watching?" And it was like, "Ah, it's shite." And I went away because I was too young to realise. I didn't really care about anything then. I watched it for our episode. Scotland vs. Evil done an episode in American movie from London and not that long ago. New York. Oh, in Paris. Oh, oh my God, Paris. Paris was shite. It's a rough watch. Shite. No, no. It's a rough it's watch, so it's not a great movie. But it's not. I'm going to put it. If I'm in that '90s series next year, I am well putting that in whatever year I'm in. And can I just can I just can I say? Can I say? Can I say? American Werewolf in London blew me away. That's fair. It fully, fully blew me away as a movie. It was like, okay, that that werewolf transition will never be beaten because it is just like every every werewolf movie from like it's ever been made since that is going to be compared to on the transition of that movie everyone wolf, yeah. wolf cop kind of almost done it and they they, they, wolf cop is, so. they why is wolf cop not on this list stand it's just, by me it's just not it's just not up there they they stand by me on this list for they, for they, they, they fucked it they fucked up the fact that the uh the, the cop burst into a hairy cock so that that kind of fucked that's one of my favorite scenes ever no, that was too. I see that I, not for me. So basically, what I'm saying is, every movie will try and compete against American Werewolf from London's transition yep. scene, and you won't be able to beat it. You won't. Um, the the, the Taylor, use of, will beat you. No. <laughs> What's the one? The soundtrack. The soundtrack in American Werewolf from London is utilized so so well. Yeah. It is it is fantastic. Okay, there's a couple of maybe issues at the beginning when they're supposed to be in like like <laughs> no. no, you know when they go in the first the first them um, has Alan Green mate, I mean you're saying yeah. I'm so concentrated what the what fuck is number one? one? That's <laughs> yeah. like, they go into the pub and they're like um like they're supposed know. to be they're supposed to be in like they're supposed to be in like uh up north, they're supposed to be in like say like Yorkshire's a, a, wee, a, wee, a wee pub in Yorkshire countryside and then they're like oh no we're just we're on a walking tour of the United Kingdom we're gonna walk to London they're like he's fucking kidding on that's like fucking 800 miles you joke yeah. but the next thing next scene they're in hospital London so that's I mean that's the 80s and America's probably thought America oh. thinks that Scotland is a city yeah. in England yeah. so so well, yeah, yeah I, I, sorry I, America but that's not right yeah, yeah. I, I understand that but um, England's so, a city in Scotland no. tell, tell your friends um, <laughs> but there's there is so much in it, and see see this movie, see the ending. Okay, I'm, I will skip through my whole entire review of how much I love it because. Um, <laughs> Darren Rosen said, "Just because you haven't seen Stitchy Scott doesn't mean it won't end up your list." I'm actually really interrupted your love for it. And the thing is, you're you're professing your love for a movie that me and Liam (laughs) fucking love. It's because I don't know what number one is. I don't know what number one is. He's gonna gonna fuck us. It's gonna be something real, but it's gonna be like the mummy. Just cut that bit out and go back on the opening. It's amazing. We all love it. You love it. it. There's no justification. It needs to be on the list. But there apparently is a better movie out there, uh, a better horror comedy, and it's at number one of your list, Scott. I don't want to know what it is, but you're going to tell us. Well, I don't think I fully finished uh, talking about uh, Northern <laughs> but I love this guy. <laughs> we will go on to number one. Well, no, finish, finish talking about Northern Ireland. Because I, 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 I rudely interrupted by laughing. 
That's my fault. I think the, basically was all I wanted to say about Michael Rewer from London is the the ending. The ending is so stark and like yeah. unique that it's it is shocking. And the credits come up and you're like, wow. That's you're, what you makes don't it even, horrible. You don't even yeah. realise that it's finished and it's, you're like, fucking hell. And it's bright. It's yeah. bright. See when a film finishes and you don't expect it to finish but you're still comfortable with the fact that it has finished. See when you're sitting watching a film and you're like, okay, right. Okay, right, we're, we're ending up here, right, we're getting towards the end. Then you're like, right, this film isn't a number one in a list. Or, or a number two Ooh. in a list. This film isn't a number two in a list. When this film ends, it's like it's just like the gunshots, <laughs> and then it's like, oh. Um, plus uh, Jenny Agar. Does she get her boobs out? Uh, She's still pretty hot, doesn't matter. She's still pretty hot. Right, <laughs> now let's go. This is where can these I, two boys... I now, have, I now have a movie that... Better be a number one, or I'm going to walk out that door. But it won't be, so say it aloud. Mars Attacks. You get any suggestions? I, you've literally listed off my top five horror comedies of all time. Anything else that comes out of your mouth it's right now surprise. is not right. This film, in at number one, is from, ben is from 2000, <laughs> 2008. Spartacus! <laughs> Give me ten, guys. Give me my platform. In at 2008... Requiem this, for a Dream This film is along the same lines of Requiem from a Dream It references uh-huh. Nicholas Roeg's Don't Look Now quite heavily It actually mentions it in the movie It It is it is purgatory personified It is right there in the fact that People who are not in a situation they're not supposed to be in This film Is this a Wicker Man remake? No, no I don't know where we're going I don't want to be here <laughs> This film is directed by Martin McDonough. It stars. Oh fuck! Really? Yeah. Go for it. It stars Brendan Gleeson. It stars Colin Farrell. And Go this film it. is In Bruges. In Bruges is not a horror comedy. This, it is a horror comedy. It's Absolutely. not a horror it's, comedy. It's a horror comedy. It's not a horror comedy. Fuck you both. It's a comedy. It's a horror comedy. It's a horror comedy. This film is fucking horrific. Not this is a horror horrific. comedy. They are purgatory the whole way through. Then they eventually go to hell. Why is this not I horror comedy? I can't buy guilt with that. No. Not, this no. is a horror. This is no. a. They're in, but they're in fucking purgatory. No. They're in fucking purgatory. The whole way through the movie, they say they're in purgatory. Who says they're in purgatory? Uh, one, the actors say they're in purgatory. Two, the situation says they're in purgatory. Three, the, the art gallery they go to say they're in purgatory because they actually look at, at, at paintings that depict purgatory. Right, wait, 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 you know what he's done? He's literally thought that one of my favourite movies of all time. As a horror movie, and it's not a horror I'd movie. I'd say, I'd say it's a character-driven thank you comedy yeah. drama. It's a black, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a black comedy. It's a comedy. It's a black comedy. It's It's a black comedy. I don't black know. comedies don't mean that it's a horror. It's got horrific elements. Have you seen the brutal gore that's in this movie? I, I, no, I'd say that's more black comedy. I don't think there's any horror. I don't elements. think that's what makes a comedy. I, I, or, sorry, no. well, that's what makes a horror movie. And once again, it comes down to right. Sorry, let's remove ourselves. It's not your list. It's not my list. I know, His I know. list. Can I? Make, can are I, you going to see make. right now that there are elements in this movie with the classification of being horrific? Because I can tell you right now, watching a movie like Schindler's List, Schindler's List is full of things that I consider. Horrific, I would never class that as a horror movie. But if we take that out, are you trying to tell me that there are elements in this movie that you would class as a horror movie? I suppose I suppose, right? If you think it if you think it films like um It's a in Bruges is fucking amazing. And right, anyone that says it's not a good yeah, movie yeah. can fucking die in a pit alone. <laughs> right? It's a fucking amazing movie. Right. It ain't a horror comedy. If you can, no. I guess I suppose I suppose you can if you could 
you can think of something like uh, Halloween or Friday the 13th and you've saved one of your characters Aye, because they've been there. Don't of, look now. I think it's a great example. You, you said don't look now. Well, they reference that in Embrace. Yeah, but don't look now is not a movie about being and a purgatory. Don't the look end. now is a, don't look now is a if anything it's a morality tale about not listening to the advice you're given, which is not purgatory. Because Donald Sutherland's not purgatory in Don't Look Now. He's a guy who will not refuse to listen to the advice of his wife, which is let her child be dead and live the rest of your life he obsesses about a fact that he shouldn't that's if, not purgatory right, but if, if you think of uh, films like um, he is literally like, like, like you're right no, no, you were, your you, top no, 10 list has literally you were let, wait, 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 let, let, hold on. You were you were saying to me like about things and you made me think like if you think of like Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth, where, yeah. where the killers like you know like they're they're running away and they're trying to get away, but it doesn't matter what they do because the, um, Jason or Michael's like looks as if they're walking and they're still catching up with them, and they'll always catch up with them, still beat them, and still kill them in horrific ways, but the blood will come out of the body and it will fully kill them, and 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 you're fully right. Because at, the end, because at the end of In Bruges when Colin Fowler's running away from Harry Waters and he's running as fast as he can through the small narrow streets of In Bruges and Harry Waters is behind him the villain of the whole movie still catching up with him no matter what he does and he still manages to shoot him through his whole body in blood splatters everywhere and then at the end of the movie when he gets to the scene where they're supposed to be filming the movie when all the characters have got weird animal faces on their heads like the Wicker Man, like a folk yep. horror, like so the end of the movie is like a folk horror, and he is getting shot like four or five times, and the brutal, and then you get wee Jimmy the midget, and he gets his head blown off, and it's brutal practical effects, and then you've got that whole haunting end scene, where a monologue where Colin Farrell's speaking over the top of it, and the fact that he's like, you know what, I'm, I want to take, you know, like, like full ownership of what I did wrong, I'll go to that family for the wee boy I killed, and whatever punishment they put on me, that is befitting. But basically, like, what if hell is just an eternity spent in fucking Bruges? But I really, really hope I don't die. Like, I really, that's haunting the whole end. And this whole fact, the score over the I whole movie as well, that. the piano score over the whole I movie is haunting. I don't, I don't care what you say because it's <laughs> my fucking it, list. If, if and in Bruges, it's the best horror comedy that exists. And I. In Bruges is an entire buddy cop movie up until the last it's 10 minutes. It's genres. It's by genres, but it does not ever go into horror. It's pretty horror. It's pretty horrific. Yeah, getting shot is fucking horrific. Right, but there is untouchable. Sorry, Beverly Hills Cop one, two, and three are all horror. It's untouchable as a horror movie. No, 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 because because Robocop. No, no, because they will shoot folk and it's like shooting people at nothing. Oh, but in Robocop. Uh, Murphy gets like gunned down, his hands get blown off, he gets shot to fucking bits. No, I Robocop's a horror movie. Hi. Right, I can't. Robocop right. three is Robocop three. Is Robocop three the one with the wee boy with the chainsaw? It was the wee boy smoking. Maybe. Because that that remember. fucking terrified me. The third, the third one's got that, a samurai with a fucking backpack. One, 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 one of the Robocop movies terrified me as a kid. I love you. I love you. But you could not, not be more wrong. And you're you're referencing a movie that I think universally all three of us love. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. I can't argue that In Bruges is an, ama- an, is an amazing movie. Pothesizes it as a drama first and foremost with comedy. It's a dark comedy drama. It's not a dark comedy horror movie. I was horrified by a lot of the elements in the movie. They're right, and it's your list. And I, once again, I won't tell you if it's top of your list. I genuinely think Scott 
is the fucking captain <laughs> troll and he's made a list here I've never I've literally never and you're li- you're mentioning a movie and I own two copies of them Blu-ray uh, I have the the standard Blu-ray I have the steelbook so because good. I think it's one of the it is one of the <laughs> best dark comedies ever made not horror comedies I either. scan all my DVDs because I love it as well it's fucking great artistic. and I guarantee if I went and looked at the genre <laughs> for <laughs> in Bruges Stand by me. <laughs> None of them would say horror. I, I actually think that in Bruges is more a controversial decision than Stand by Me. I think <laughs> people number, would argue. People would argue for Stand by Me before they would argue for in Bruges. I don't Only think it's argue, They would argue with it before, but I don't think anybody would argue it. Apart from Scott. No. Uh, love, it's literally it's blown my mind so much, but I, I always think it, I think you're just. It, Total elite troll status right now. I don't know what you did. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm I think we're going to walk out of here. His beer's been full of water. And he's going to be like, oh, those guys fucking took is that. He gonna, he's going to do. You know what he's going to do? He's going to do the old verbal kint from uh, fucking Usual Suspects. The old uh, the walk old Kaiser Sozy. He's going to be walking with a limping and a Lego straight. In the handle going to get a fucking car and he's off. Get in the taxi and say to Mansuk, whatever his name is, that oh, those guys definitely fucking bitter. Right, right, we've heard his list. Let's get to the real list. The list here for the people that we're going to fucking, at three and a half hours, we're going to troll through this at pace. We do. Um, okay, okay, ladies and gents, that was the most controversial list you will ever hear. I know there's, a lot, of people, there's a lot of people out there saying, wait one second, that's some more Teapot's top ten list had controversial picks. I bet you're sitting there thinking now, what would have happened if Scott was on that <laughs> show? And uh, we'll try and rectify that for Twitter. Uh, we'll, tr- we'll make that happen for Twitter. Oh, the 1990 series. The 1990 series. Scott is on that list, and I'll tell you right I'm now. I'm on it, guys, I'm on it. 1998 Space Jam. I can't wait for Scott to argue Rushmore as a, as wait, a classic wait, wait, example. Horror movies, eh? Yeah. Right. It is quite it's terrifying. Uh, right, so which leaves me with me, like, I'll be honest, my list is maybe slightly controversial. In that, I left it to you. I asked dear listeners, pick a list for me. I had maybe two or three. I floated it past the Jets in the, in the room with me right there. They were like, Duncan, that sounds interesting. Scott said, send me that list of top 10 art house horror movies. I want to see that list. Liam was like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Just don't, whatever you're going to do, don't do that. And then I put it out there. You guys voted on it. You selected the top 10 horror movies that Duncan likes that everyone else hates. Now, there is no way. You've always set me up for failure. There is no way for me to pick horror movies that I alone like that no one else likes so what i will do is i will pivot things now see if you like this movie you are one of the few and the proud that can stand up salute and say you know what i liked a movie on duncan's list but for the majority of these movies the internet and or people have rated them low they've said this is not the movie i want to represent my horror genre this is shit this is not a great movie, as by acting, the direction's bad, the cinematography's bad, the soundtracks, whatever the reason you've chosen, that would be on your list. I'm here to defend 10 movies. I will put them out there and it's up to you to decide whether or not I have done it academically, whether I've done it convincingly, whether I have made you consider those movies. This 10 list is uh, 
To say the verse would be an understatement. Originally, I leaned into my art house horror tropes. I, you're laughing, but I leaned I'm into. Like, I'm thinking oh. more as a drinking game. Drink if you have not heard the movie of Duncan Bates. That is not a fair game, Liam. <laughs> That's not a fair because there are a few on here. So let me kick off with some honourable mentions. Oh, that's right, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, on my honourable mentions list, let me see a little movie called Halloween Resurrection. Now, people hate this movie. People are like that. Why the fuck is Buster Rhymes in this? Why is it fucking reality TV? I will tell you right now, I don't love the movie, but I like it quite a bit because I can do this. I left the door off for your ass. I can do my Buster Rhymes impression. It's is a ton of fun. Is that, is that what that was? <laughs> I left the door unlocked for your ass to get the key. You know what I mean? It does sound pretty good. It does sound like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. <laughs> you know, it, like, Liam's looking at me as if to say, you're an old man, Duncan. And who the fuck is Buster Rhymes? I know who Buster Rhymes is. Do you? The Buster Bust? Oh, I know fucking Buster Rhymes, man. Woo-hoo! <laughs> right, anyway. <laughs> I know literally none of his songs. You know, none of them at all. You know, but anyway, that's on the honourable mentions list. I was that between that movie which is Halloween Resurrection, and a certain little movie called Texas Chainsaw, <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, where it stars a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit Matthew McConaughey. I'm not going to lie, I love both of those. The Next Generation is <laughs> a fucking great movie. I I, I, I I like it quite a bit. It's not it's not great in the franchise, but Matthew McConaughey is great in The Next Generation, and Buster Rhymes gives me Unlimited entertainment and the fact he cried. Cry kicks and, and, and resurrection. Ah, oh, I thought you meant Buster Rhymes was in Next Generation. I was like, fuck's sake. Danger oh, he's, he's Danger <laughs> he cry kicks Michael Myers at Bob I've and seen that. I've not seen If you and he goes, Wah! If you do not like that, then you are dead. I've, se- I've seen the hell I've not seen uh, Texas Chainsaw Next What's Generation. What's Matthew McConaughey's line again? When he walks into a room. Alright, alright, alright. He does it in the generation. Yeah. But all well right, before right, he actually right. well before he used it in any proper cinematic context. They normally use it in um Days and Confused. Yeah. No, yeah. he, used, he, used, it, he used it in Next Generation. And is that the only two movies he's in? No, he's used it in Is it all the time? Yeah, like pretty much I mean he's in he goes. Oh, yeah, well, right, well right, when, right. before the reconnaissance yeah, right. when he kicked out with a lot of bit of true detective. That was bias club, I feel like I deleted the scene, he walks oh. in and he goes, oh, AIDS, man, AIDS, right, AIDS. I get a feeling that, that was always HIV, meant, HIV, that, HIV. That, that was always meant for a, a deleted scene, I think. Uh, right, yeah, so yeah, I mean those are my honourable mentions. Let me kick into number ten on my list. It's a oh, movie that I get good. the feeling that a lot of people haven't seen. Which <laughs> makes it difficult for me to argue that it's a movie that I love that everyone else hates because I don't think you've seen it. It's a little movie called The Reflecting Skin. Ross, did that? Yeah, it's actually really good. I enjoyed that movie. Did you? No, I've never seen it. No, you've never seen it. There's going to be a whole lot of this on the show. What I like to call trolling. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've never seen or heard of The Reflecting Skin. You need to do yourself a favour. Is that- Buy yourself a Sega. Uh, that's a big is that on with Viggo Mortensen? It is. You know of it. You know of it. I've yeah. seen that. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I honestly thought it was just called Skim. But the thing is, the thing is, it's not actually. It's not explicitly detailed as a vampire movie. The Reflecting Skin is a movie that came out in the early nineties by what would be classed as an auteur cinema cinema maker by today's standards. Uh. 
by a guy that made three movies. He put out the reflecting skin universally panned. And people were like that. This movie's actually surprisingly good. And I was like, yes, I knew that all along. I knew that it was always fucking great. It's a childhood story where a kid goes off for the summer from school. He lives on a small farmland area and he has two houses that surround them. A guy who is unknown to the family, Vigo Morrison, arrives and he's convinced that his neighbour is a vampire. And the worries and, and troubles that surround the fact that he believes, kind of think Fright Night, but without the goofy eatiness and a bit more of the nihilism. It's a fucking great movie. The cinematography is phenomenal. The story is phenomenal. Acting is amazing. This is before Vigo starts becoming Vigo. I say, here's Vigo! You know what I mean? Like, that's a different See, movie. But it's, it's an incredible fucking movie. The poster on the cover is like, a, is there a cornfield in his yes. house and it's him yes. and somebody else yes. like that? I fucking know it. I don't, what you just said with the story, I don't recognise that it's at amazing. all. But I'm convinced that I've seen it. You probably have. It was one of those movies that came out and it just disappeared. It died a death. Yeah, Number was... nine on my list. This is one that uh, is universally well received. Okay. However, wait a second, because I'm going with movies that people hate. Yes. Right. And there is something that happens at the end of this movie that the majority of people out there dislike. Okay. And as a result, it shuts wait, out of the list. How am I supposed to react to it? Am I supposed to hate what you say, or am I supposed to like what well, you say? Well, I'll be interesting to see. With this use, movie, use, use the I want list. you to agree with me because because basically when I said my last use were both fucking hating me for I want you, I listen. I want to know what I'm supposed to say because if I hate what you say, then I'm with what you say. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? If you hate what I say, then I I am with what you say. I I am justified in my pick. Exactly. If you agree with what I say, you're also justified. This, in yeah, pick. because that's what I did. That's that's the genius. It's his show. He's allowed to do this. This is this is <laughs> this is why I put the the disclaimer out at the start where I was like that. If you like the movie, then well, this is what I do. Uh, and if you just realised that just now, then it's too late. Uh, right, number nine on my list is a movie that generally is well received up until the end. It's a French movie. It came out the new wave of French extremity. People don't like the ending of this movie. I fucking love the ending of this movie. That's People don't get it, but it's in the movie. If you watch the movie, it's explained. And if you didn't understand that, then fuck you for not understanding it because it's in there. There's a little movie called Hot Tension, which is high tension. Switchblade romance to the UK listeners. People don't like this movie because the ending doesn't make sense because she's actually the killer. Wait one second, the movie starts with her saying I will recall everything that happens, which means from the point that she says that everything that she says is from the perspective of herself and she doesn't understand that she is a killer. Yes, I, I haven't seen it. I've seen it. I've seen the picture of the where she's oh. standing with the kind of chase. Oh, it's the greatest yeah. thing ever. Where did I find this movie? Uh, Switchblade Romance is what, yeah, it's what's known in the It was way, it was with the rest of you. Because I want to see that. Watch it because, yeah. to me, it's the one that people are like, well, the ending doesn't really make sense, yeah, yeah. so I can't watch this movie. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have a contrary argument for no, you. No, because there isn't any. I don't. Thank I don't you. Know. Right, let's move it into number eight on the list. Oh, my God. Uh, number eight on the list is a movie <laughs> from my youth, 2001. Are you ready for this? This is a movie that yes. did the VHS run like a motherfucker. People shot this down like a motherfucker. And I kind of have a soft spot. There's no defence for this. If you tell me it's a shit movie, I really can't defend it. It's a little movie called The Hole from well, wait, 2001. Is there a bunch? 
Yeah. I oh, love this. Do you? Uh, fucking bring it in. Bring it in. I also hey, fucking love this song. Q and A. Oh, what's the guy? I know the guy. Uh, the guy. It's got a, a Desmond Harrington. No, the other guy. I don't know. <laughs> the famous guy. Desmond Harrington. Also in Wrong no, Turn. Wrong um, Turn and Dexter. Josh Hartnett, no? Josh Hartnett is not. Who's the boy that's <laughs> his face bashed in? I have no idea. Really? Who's, 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 who's the British guy that marries Billy Piper? Yes, him. Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. <laughs> <laughs> the, young, the young guy. Wait, so is Desmond Harrington the black kid, the guy? He's a dark kid. Oh, yes, that's not guy. Josh Hartnett. I've just realised. Yeah, it's Desmond Harrington. The other guy with the blonde hair, he's Fuck the one who's he's, he's, he's he's Billy list. Piper. If you're not on the list, fuck him. Right, so uh, 2001. Wait to hear this. IMDb score, this is actually rates quite high, but people don't like it. IMDb score is 6.2 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes score 50%. What? No, what? I should pay. 50 cent no. is what I'm saying. Go Shari, it's your birthday. It's actually really fucking good. I love it. I love it. I'll tell you why it's buried and we'll get to it in a second, right? Directed by Nick Ham, who directed Godsend, starring. Um, uh, uh, what's his face De Niro mm-hmm. um, this movie has a young cast that went on the bigger things so they watched Desmond Hyden Keira Knightley scored by Clint Mansell who basically went on to do everything by Darren Aronofsky um, I really like the story because the story once again is from I love movies where you're put in the position of an unreliable witness mm-hmm. where you give the story The Frailty is a great example of this but The Frailty is really high regarded that's why it's not on the list where you're given a witness who tells you this is what happens and you follow it through and you believe it to a point and then something changes and then everything you've been told up to that point is less reliable yeah. and see from a different position the whole is a really great example of that Thora Birch is the only survivor of a horrific event where all her friends are basically trapped in a what was a bombshell or something what not and they're all suffocated to death and she tells a story which doesn't actually marry up with what happens at the end of the movie. And when we see what happens at the end of the movie, it makes a lot more sense. It plays into kind of this idea of female jealousy. It plays into the idea of psychopathy for sure. Personality um, disorder. Definitely. And it plays into all these aspects which are prevalent throughout the whole movie but you disregard because you trust her as the this young vulnerable female who survived this thing when you look back over that movie knowing what the ending is you start to pick holes it's the usual suspects thing uh-huh. when you watch the usual suspects after watching it the first time it's riddled with things where you're like oh he's Kaiser Sozy yeah. this is Kaiser he's, he's a bad guy verbal kid is Kaiser Sozy and the whole is full of that the whole got buried because it was a movie that tried to be far cleverer in a time period where teen horror movies were on the out yeah, we're supposed to be straightforward and yeah, not you, we, we, we didn't want we wanted our killer to be killing our teams and that was it we didn't want like to think about what happens we want a guy who's unmasked and that's the killer at the end and as a result of that movie it fucking bombed it bombed hard and I do not know many people it was, I'm surprised that both of you won know about this movie and both of you two like this movie I own it <laughs> Which so is a, it's a movie I love. I, I watch I, it regular. I, I don't I don't own it, but I I did see it in the cinema. But I love this movie. Like I think this is one of the this is a fine yeah. I don't movie. know if this is a UK thing or not. Now people when they hear the whole will instantly jump to the tw- what twenty eleven Joe Dante movie, which is a kids movie, which is also excellent. But to me, oh with the uh, what's his face? Do it. Yeah. Do, do it. it. Do it. <laughs> do it. What's his name? I don't know. I didn't watch. Stella. No. What's his fucking what? 
Oh, yeah, do it! Do it! You are do the same! Do it! I love Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf is actually, and I hate him for the most part, and then I grow, I've grown to like him in the last Actual three years. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. I grew up with Even Stevens to Disturbia, man. I Disturbia is a great I fucking movie. Really, really Fuck really the haters, that should have been on the list. That should be on the list. So yeah, the the whole makes my list in that a lot of people, one, haven't seen it, and two, the, the ones that I've seen are like, oh, it's so painful in 90s. It's so early 2000s, and it's not very clever. It's also it's well acted to fuck. It's also horrific as well. Yep. See, when she's like fully like bulimic and fucking sick and dying and the other one gets so dehydrated and uh, hallucinating and near death that he bashes his friend's head Billy Piper's husband's head yep. into the thing for yeah. a coke for a can of coke can oh. I do a lot for a can of coke so I can understand there's 24 that. sitting at the table so be quiet 24 <laughs> 7 never begging for a rage yet <laughs> Do you mean that it's a good movie? That's actually a good movie. Do you want? Do you know what? I, do you want actually? People really hate. It. Do you know what I hate? Do you know what I hate more than anything else? Tell me. Your list is so fucking good. <laughs> my list will always be so good. That's my problem. Uh, and I have to. Learn You're to lucky this is on your show because if this was a Salve show, I would be. If this was another show, I would not have been. I have no idea where I'm swinging next. What was that? So yeah. What was number eight? Number eight, so number seven. It's number seven, right? Number seven on my list. A movie that is controversial. If, uh, oh yeah, I know a lot of people that fucking hate this movie, and I don't quite know why. I know why. I've listed why. But it's a little movie called Irreversible, uh, directed by uh, a little guy called Gaspar Noe. Um, it holds a seven point four on IMDb and a fifty a fifty seven fifty seven percent. On Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Gaspar Noe directed a little movie called Love, a little movie called Enter the Void, and has a movie that's closing at Fright Fest this year called Climax. He is Art House A. This is the one that Duncan stole us to watch. I've seen it. Yeah. Wait, wait, I've seen it like, yeah, like 25 times, and I've never watched it. I watched it. Irreversible. Right. Irreversible right. fucking ruined. I'm, I'm still not watching it. You watched it? it is. Yeah. It is. It's harsh. Comedy horror. It's harsh, <laughs> but it is. Uh, it is. It is. It is. It is it's amazing. Fucking good. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really, a movie really, really that is shot like, like Memento, but different from but, Memento. Uh, in that, it has it has a Vincent Cassell in it and Monica Bellucci. They are a couple in the movie. When you watch it, Monica Bellucci is violently raped. And what I would describe, and I will be an honest person, I have seen a lot of a lot of rape sequences in cinema I've seen a lot of it it's not because I want to but I watch a lot of cinema um, Irreversible hands down has the most horrific rape sequences yeah. in cinema yeah. and when you watch it you will feel ill there's no joke. there's no joking no, on this no. rape scene at all if you do so. not feel ill then I don't know what to say there the, may there be is, something there, wrong is, with is, it is there any uh, truth in the, the urban myth or the theory that uh, in this movie, when you when you watch it, when the, it's happening in an underpass yeah. under a motorway, yeah. and and um, the woman's getting raped, and the idea that there's there's a, apparently supposed to be like a crew member that yeah. walks from the opposite end of the tunnel, walks into the tunnel, yes, that's and true. then sees that oh shit, but we're unseen, yeah. 
I walk out. Yeah. But when the final scene finishes, that actually just looks like a regular person, a regular person yeah. walking in the tunnel and realizing there's a rape happening and yeah. thinking, "Oh fuck, no!" Gaspar Noe kept it in because it's added true. to it. Yeah, yeah. Because it adds to the, the general yeah. point we think. You walk it's in horrible. the tunnel, you think, "No, I'm not dealing with that." Fuck, yeah. I'm out of here. It's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's one of the most terrific scenes in horror. It's so what is to, people. This is this is how horrible it is. Okay, now the, the thing is, is three men sitting here. We, we honestly, and no jokes aside, we cannot understand what the actual threat of a lone woman walking herself in the streets in 2018 in any city in the world. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We cannot understand it. Women are told to shout fire. Yeah. If they feel threatened, yeah, yeah. not shout help or rape because, because people uh, no will run reacts, for fire. No one, no one will run for yeah, help yeah. or rape. People will run for fire. They won't run for help. Yeah. How f- that's that that, that sequence in the movie and it goes on for an extended period of time yeah. is maybe one of the most horrific thing. things I've ever. That's found. because that's that's the thing, isn't because it? Because it's it's when I say it's real, people think you know they start thinking about porn and they start yeah, thinking yeah. about sex and all the rest. That's not what this movie is, and it's horrible. But what people that's not the thing that people object to. The people the people that don't like this movie object because they don't understand it. You don't it. really watch the Well let me explain you the movie. Right. The movie is shot like Memento, it's shot back to front. So yeah. what you see is the end of the movie at the first scene and then it jumps back and jumps back and jumps back. Can, we, each. can we spoil this movie? Yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I'm spoiling everything. So we see him meet the guy who does it but yeah. it's not even him it's not even the the, the, the girl's boyfriend that gets it is it her, her brother that yeah. actually does the, the damage yeah. and they smash that guy's oh, face oh it's fucking it. horrible it's like That's brutal the, the as fuck. fuck the first scene so you can imagine a lot of people like oh fuck what? I don't well know this, this is this. the thing right you see that and the first thing you know that and that is the most disgusting thing I've seen and, then you and the movie the jumps film. back and each time it jumps back what you I ask you to, to do why. yeah it starts to ask you at this stage, knowing what you know now is what you saw at the start of this film Would justifiable. And it keeps going back, and when the rape hits, that's when you're like that. When the rape hits, it's still not justifiable. To an extent, you're like, well, it's raped, it's horrible, it's all the rest. And it jumps back two scenes before that, and you find that she's pregnant. And you're like that, yeah, I would kill that fucking guy. I would, if I was, if I was that guy's, that woman's girlfriend or whatever, uh, boyfriend, uh, I would fucking murder that guy and that's the beauty the beauty of the film is that all the way through the movie it asks you is what you're seeing okay it's what you've seen right now okay it's, right, it's not okay well what happens if you knew this is it still okay yeah. it's not and that is a genius and so many people can't get behind that journey so many people see that rape sequence and all like that where this is no I'm out it's just it's pornography it's glorifying hatred on women it's glorifying and there are sequences in the movie that are very homophobic towards the end which is technically the beginning can I handle no no I'm I'm out this movie but what it does is it charts a through line of a narrative that you don't know and when it puts you at each stage asks you that one question and if you view the movie that way that's why I think the movie is genius do you think what you see in the opening sequence which is a man beating another man to death is that justifiable is it justifiable? A lot of people can't go on that journey, and as a result, it appears uh, on my list of art house horror movies where people just can't get mine. Uh, after that, I'm quite keen to watch it. It's a one more. I can't make a joke, but I'm thinking, Scott, why was that not your top ten horror comedies? <laughs> you're honestly, such, see, you're see, a bad see, man. Like, no, honestly, 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 like, see, like. Like this is taking it fucking mega real guys, right? Yeah. But like we are all in committed relationships. Two yeah. Ma- two marriages and 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 living 
<laughs> Two marriages and nine landings. <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're like Kohan. Kohan. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like finding out that that had happened? Yeah, if I if I let's put it this way, if I told either one of you, I knew where someone was that I'd raped your your wife or your girlfriend was, and there was an open window for you to exact revenge. Yeah. What would you do? Beat the fuck at the person. Would we finish the recording first and then go out, or would we? <laughs> I get a feeling that we would come back and one of us would be out of breath. <sighs> yeah, Duncan, I totally agree. I just want to lie down for a wee while. I've seen some things that I want to see. Um, There's shit in the back of my head that I think it wouldn't take a whole lot for me to want to murder someone. I made Baz watch this movie. I made this Baz watch this movie three years ago as part of Baz V Horror, and Baz told me that when he finished watching this movie, his his wife was at a party and Baz texted her and then drove to pick her up. Because yeah, that, that, he, he didn't want her walking home. That makes what me not want to watch this film because yeah. I, get, like, I get really engrossed. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. I'll fuck it. I'll fuck it. But that's why when Climax was mentioned as the Fright Fest closer, I like literally spunked my load over my keyboard. I was like that. I this is this yeah. This is Gaspar Noe. This is Gaspar Noe coming back to the genre that I love. I don't know what I'll be. I don't think I'll be as gratuitous as irreversible. But this guy is a guy that invokes a response, and I want when I watch movies. Yeah, I love movies like Puppet Master. I love to be sitting there and just being like, "This is cool." But I love a movie that makes me think at the end or makes me feel at the end of that movie and he's the he's top tier there's some movies that if it like I like the kind of throwaway movies I like movies that make me feel but see if it gets me to if I'm then thinking about days later and I'm thinking about the kind of horrific side of this I think it would upset me too much no, there's no way it won't get you yeah. and I'm saying that I there's no I, way it won't I get might, you I might bypass it for a while yeah. that's, that's the thing that came Thing is, I don't want to force people to watch things that they're not going to be comfortable yeah. watching. But the thing is, though, that real life can be horrible at times. Like not even, there's, there's not even, yeah, not fiction. even, not even by. This is fully like off tangent. Not even by human hands. It's not even like irreversible where it's where it's rape where it's somebody is at fault. Like I was, I'm halfway through irreversible about the um, tsunami and yeah. Hugh McGregor's tongue when he gets that cell phone. Uh, not irreversible. Uh, impossible. The, impossible. Sorry, I'm very very. I'm sorry. The impossible. Uh, Hugh McGregor's tongue when he gets that uh, cell phone to call back home and he thinks he's only got like a couple of minutes yeah. and he only can see it and literally the emotion just comes. Flooding yeah. out, which he need to assume that he's speaking to his wife's dad, and you're like, that's that's yeah. isn't it? It's anything that you can put yourself. That's why certain movies are I class as fantastical because you can put yourself in that position. Anything where something happens and you're like that, what if I was in that position? And those are the movies that hit me. Those are the movies yeah. that really impact me to the point where I'm on that. That fucking that resonates. So let's move on to a movie that will not resonate with anyone, which is not realistic at all. But I fucking love that people got confused by. And a lot of the picks that I have here are are movies that people didn't really love because they didn't quite get where it was going, and I don't understand why. Uh, this is a little movie called Barbarian Sin Studio. I haven't seen this yet. Now I tell you, right, let me speak this before you say this. My, I, I, I heard of this being brilliant, right? This actor, now I forget his name, 
Now he is the absolute business this actor because he Toby is Toby Jones. Yeah, Toby Jones is fucking amazing. Yeah. Right? Now I told my sister about this. My sister loves horror movies. She probably she might well, it's four hours long, she might not listen to this episode. Yeah, this she, is But <laughs> my sister does It's a long I've still got other segments to record. My my, my, my sister <laughs> does listen to things that um certainly my the way that uh, what I recommend to her. And I say I've heard about Barry and Sound Studio, why didn't listen to it? And she listened she watched it and she thought Nah, that was crap, didn't get me. So I don't think she's on an art house yeah. phase right now. But I always thought, nah, I fancy it. So for my birthday, which is actually before this episode comes out, yes. it's this Friday coming. Happy birthday. Um they say to me, What do you want? I says, guys, I don't need in. No, what do you actually want? We're putting in some money. Did you put me where it's actually? I went on a I went on a HMV and I said, what what's what's like on their five for twenty or when they're five for thirty pound on Blu-rays? And Barbarian Sound Show is one of them because I need to see it. I haven't seen it yet. And I'm hoping, well, it's obviously on your list, so. Yeah. Barbarian Sound Studio to me is like a modern classic, and this will infuriate a lot of people. But once again, my list, which means I don't care. I hate the fact that I like your list. <laughs> Love my list. Like, welcome to the world of podcasts under the stairs where everyone wants to hate me. They listen to my voice for a little bit longer than they should and they realise that actually they've fallen in love with me. That is the whole fucking pre- That's the premise of podcast under the stairs. Uh, Bavarian Sim Studio holds a 6.2 on IMDb. It holds an 84% highly regarded in podcast under the stairs terms online. However, not well regarded out there in the world of viewership. It's directed by Peter Strickland. Peter Strickland is literally my one of my favourite modern directors ever. He did a movie not that long ago called Duke of Burgundy. Watch it if you're a genre fan, not horror fan. Watch it if you're a genre fan. Which genre though? If you're into... Uh, it's, a, it's a few about genres. Uh, uh, Euro <laughs> cinema of the 70s exploitation, that sort of level. It literally has a scene where a woman pees in another woman's mouth. Woo! That does sound quite I have them on board. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Um, Peter Strickland also did a little movie called Catelyn Varga, which is a rape revenge movie. Unlike any rape revenge movie you have ever seen, um, Toby Jones in the movie is fucking incredible. It is really a love letter to those that love the jolly. Um, essentially what you have is Toby Jones, who is a guy who works in doing sim design for countryside movies, like these kind of fucking, these these shows that, like, the, the fucking Titchmarsh shows oh, where they're like, country, country file, country file, all these things. He does sim design for that. He's hired in the 70s to do sim design on an Italian horror movie, and it goes across, and we don't get to see it, but it's basically something like Suspiria. And then um, we get, the majority of the movie is him only being able to speak English against people that will refuse to speak English but speak Italian um, and record all the sim stuff because most Italian movies are recorded without audio and the audio uh, comes in post so we get to see all that which is so design obvious that. as well when you watch old oh it's totally obvious you watch it and you're like why is the dubbing so bad it's because no audio was recorded but you get to see that from the other side and people come in and do their thing and things start getting quite res- uh, surreal the way I've described it is um it enters Lynch territory if you're a David Lynch. This is what I thought. This is what I thought. This is why I was interested yeah. in it. Towards the end of the movie, it, no spoilers. No. It also covers no, no, no. It enters a uh, 
Uh, Blade of the Dark for the Lumberto Bava movie and Videodrome if you've seen the Cronenberg movie. Right. It moves into that territory where things become wholly surreal and yeah. the film becomes real life, real life becomes a film. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about this. Peter Strickland has a, apparently a movie coming out this year which is an out and out jolly movie. I can't fucking wait to see it. It's a guy who loves 70s genre cinema. It's incredible. And uh, Toby Jones is phenomenal in the movie. Watch this movie Bavarian Syndrome it's, it's not a comfortable watch you will get into bits where you're like that I don't know what's happening that's fine that's what the, the movie wants you to be with Toby Jones throughout the whole movie not knowing no, what's happening and welcome to the fucking end when it blows your mind so that is a little movie called Bavarian Sound Studio let's swing this out because we have more on my list <laughs> um, let's go for something that people are all expecting. You knew it was coming. This is number six on the I list. Have no idea. It's Neon Demon. Neon oh. Demon on my list. I moved it top my list two years ago. Two years ago. I think it's two years uh, ago. Two years. I enjoyed Neon Demon. Neon Demon is a great movie. Most people don't. I, either I, one. I didn't, I didn't like it. I, yeah. Most people I don't. One consider it a horror movie or don't two consider it a good movie and I will tell you why you're wrong both accounts so yeah. I'm happy to hear why pull up a pew pull up a pew right Neon Demon has a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb it holds a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes because the critics out there agree with me <laughs> because they got what the movie needs <laughs> It's directed by Nicholas Windham Refn, the guy who put out Drive and Only God Forgives. Both movies fucking incredible. I would extend that back a little bit. Check out Bronson. Bronson is amazing. Bronson is fucking the shit, man. Uh, Valhalla Rising, I think is the name of the Viking movie, which is not all that great, but skip that. Stick with what we've mentioned thus far. This movie is essentially a remake of Suspiria. Before the remake of Suspiria comes out, this movie is a remake of, and I know what you're saying, Duncan, that's wrong. There ain't no ballet dancers in this movie. We're not in a, da- a, a, you know, a ballet dancing college and there ain't no witches in this movie. Well, that's where you're wrong. The three female antagonists, or uh, antagonists is a good word, for them are basically in a witches coven according to Duncan's theory. The beginning of this movie starts with our model, uh, El Fanning Get, getting made up for her scene she gets makeup put on she gets some lipstick put on that mi- lipstick is called red rum which is backwards for murder mm, and that is two on the nose it's two on the nose it's two on the nose it's two obviously the shine it's the beginning of the ritual and that's where the rest of the movie moves on it's this grandiose ritual of the sacrifice of someone youthful, someone someone young, someone who is innocent into the Covenant Witches and what comes out on the back end. And that's the entire movie follows that scheme where people are like that, well does you know, does Carol Reeves hold a knife in her mouth? I don't understand that dream. It's dream mm. it's dream logic. Follow that thread line of from the moment she enters the club after the conversation in the toilet where the light scheme changes and everything becomes red she becomes a harsher character is her beginning the initiation of the ritual is this real or is this your theory is this, is this what plenty to pack me up plenty to pack right, me up right, okay. I've done some research here no I, I just there is a scene just before she dies there is a scene where she holds her hands up in a particular way over the moon 
an empty poolside, the poolside of which she dies. She holds her hands up in a way which has been deemed as um, paganistic iconography, where she holds her hands up over the moon. Uh-huh. You do a bit of research on that, I'll fucking blow your mind. You'll be sitting there going like that. This Nicholas Winden-Reffin guy, this guy that did Bronson and Drive, and only God forgets, we were saying, this guy actually might be a good director. And that's what you have. Clint Mansell does the soundtrack. It's phenomenal. The cinematography is argento out its tits. Yeah. I, I mean, it is, it is... We're all about... We're, what, three, four months away from the Suspiria remake? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? We're all going to go and see it. It's two and a half hours long, which is about an hour longer than the original <laughs> Suspiria movie. We're all going to go watch it and we're going to experience a reimagined idea of what Suspiria is. Nicholas Winden Refn did it first. I'll be interested to watch it with that theory about witches because watch it. I have never, I, well, when I watched it, I don't know if I was just in that mood with Lena and I was like, I'm going to think this is fucking shit. Oh, and no, you thought it was I, fucking shit. Yeah, I thought it was shit, so I'd like to go back and watch it and yeah, see what happens. People watch that movie and think it is superficial as fuck. Uh, so the next movie, a movie that I guarantee neither one of you has seen, <laughs> uh, a movie called Strange Colour of Your Body's Tears. Yeah, I've seen that. I love that. It's my favourite. You're a white son of a bitch. Uh, holds a 6 out of 10 on IMDb, a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Directed by uh, Bruno Frozzani and Helena Catti, the directors of Amer and Let the Corpses Tan, which is on I, um, it's on uh, Amazon Prime at the moment. Watch it. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. Right, this movie here, I understand if you don't get it. It's a movie that once again leans into Argento heavily, has all the symbolism but not really much of the content. This is the true Argento movie in that it loves everything it's doing, it doesn't care about the story of the actors. It's like, I know you're there but look at this pretty shot. I know you want to say something but look at this pretty shot. And that's what makes the movie amazing. Uh, it follows the idea of there's an obscure reference to feminism this idea of a weird murder mystery which is also coming to the idea of puberty the ideas of womanhood and all the rest it is not an easy watch it does have elements of giallo cinema though that are fucking easily the best giallo tropes a guy walking around with a blade ideas of history repeating itself um, rooms which look like they've come out of Suspiria. These are another two directors that love Argento that are playing at the It came out like 2012, 2013 and it will blow your fucking mind. If you want to watch Italian cinema, if you're like that, I really wish there was more movies by Dario Argento that weren't Dracula 3D. Watch The Strange Colour of Body's Tears. If you don't like it, fuck off and don't pretend you like Argento. I think you should pick it for Baz. <laughs> Baz would hate this movie. <laughs> That's Baz would funny. hate this movie. Um, I love it. I think it's absolutely incredible. It's cerebral. It's difficult to watch. It's not even either. But what it is is a phenomenal piece of genre. Um, I would say a, a genre praising cinema. So yeah, that comes at number five. I've lost count. We'll just run with it. So let's move to number four on the list. Oh, this is going to be fun. Are you ready for this? Ladies and gents, number four on Duncan's list is a little movie called... You ready? No one's ready. Let's do this. 
uh, is the mother of tears. Is the third installment in the Dario Argento uh, Three Mothers series. This was the third one. Um, it came out in the, the 2000s. It wasn't well received. But I would argue with you that if you're walking into this expecting gold, then you're full. Don't expect gold <laughs> from a movie from Argento at this time. Let me tell you a little bit of the details. If you go in and expecting shit, you're going to get shit. Is that what you're telling me? I don't think it's shit either. <laughs> I think people look at this movie and expect a movie like Suspiria. And if you walk in expecting Suspiria, you're 25 years after Suspiria yeah. is made, you're going to be let down. Let's move on because it's now. Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Is that your list? Is that your list? Because everyone fucking that hates it. I love Blair Witch 2 Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows is well hated Blair Witch 2 holds wait for it get ready for this one because I've read it some statistics before a 4 out of 10 on IMDb a 13% on Ron DeMars the lowest not fair the lowest on the list Blair Witch 2 is a movie that was doomed from the outset no one expected it to be a hit Blair Witch was fucking like I can't stress being around the age that could go and see that movie in the cinema at the time and also passing out at that cinema because of really bad motion sickness. <laughs> you all know about it, you listening to it. It was fucking horrible. Shut it, yourself. <laughs> I, I, I was two seconds away from actually soiling my underwear. Um, when Blade Witch 2 was announced, I was like that, what are you going to do with this? This is such a wholly unique experience. I can't wait to see it. I went to see this movie in the cinema. I fucking loved it. They gave it to a guy that directed fucking dog, an Oscar-winning documentary filmmaker. Here, have our franchise go and do a movie, and he went off and made the most cerebral, fucked-up movie that no one ever seen. Because the studio was like, "Well, people like blood. There's no blood in this movie. Let's add some blood. People like death. Why is there no death in this movie? Let's add some death." What? No, that's not right. Let's change this. The studio chopped this up like chopped fucking suey. What came out at the end was not what the... Ultimately, what not... It wasn't what the director wanted. It really wasn't what the studio wanted. It was a hodgepodge of nonsense, if we're honest. And... I fucking love it. I saw this movie not only in the cinema, but I saw it on VHS. In the video store that I walked in back in the day, multiple times, I was captivated by the fact that this, if you watch this on DVD, there was a little special feature called, <laughs> I'm going to get the name of this because it's fucking hilarious, um, there was a little special feature called, where is it, Blair Witch, where are you, why are you not on my list, there was a little special feature called, I can't, why is Blair Witch not here now? I think I've deleted it. Blair, oh, here's here. A lot of special feature called Ezerver, which was reversed and backwards, which meant if you watched the movie and paused it and watched it in reverse, you don't even know this. And this no, is what makes me is, fucking... Is, my, my, my there is a shitload of this movie which changes when you watch it. Gravestones change names. Things in books have different titles. They focus on it. They flip away, they come back, different title in the book. Um, I watch this. You have to watch that tonight. Dude, reverse. you're gonna. There's a special feature on the DVD about. Why do you not like. 
Liam is going to reach for his DVD right now, ladies and gents. He's pulling it down from the shelf. Is there a secret of Ezra? Did you buy the shiny no. DVD? Give it here. Maybe, obviously. Uh, there is not. Watch the movie again, and what I'm going to say is there is a scene with a gravestone, and at least a scene, uh, a scene with a book where things don't make sense. Is that kind of which two? Yeah, Book of Shadows. Yeah. Yeah, there's two. There's it's two. Brilliant. Things. There's like words change and all the rest, and there was the secret of Ezra, which if you watch the movie backwards and reverse, all is revealed. Yeah, let's get us recording. You just get the fuck out of here. It was fucking amazing. You know, I was younger. I watched this film. It was so good. My sister was about five years old yep. when I watched this film, and I remember she what she was watching it with me. She shouldn't have been, but she um, quoted one of the. I think it was the witchy girl who. Runs the uh, tree yeah, who does uh, Persephone for yeah. And she's yeah, like, yeah, 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 you know what it is. And <laughs> it's like she, you, she, my sister done this for me a couple of times. Don, if you actually listen, to Don, if you listen, this is yeah. gonna freak me out right now. Don't do that. She, again. Go, she used to go, you know what it is. And sometimes there's some quotes that I always do, and that's one of them. Well, Not one of the right, I have said to you, you'll see a common theme here. I am scared by. I said mental health, and what was the other thing I said? I'm scared by. Unreliable witnesses and what does unreliable witnesses play into its mental health? It's the idea of my understanding of reception, uh, perception is not right, my understanding of reality is not right because everyone else understands it a different way. That terrifies ever loving fucking me. It's pretty much the only thing in this day and age in 2018 that genuinely terrifies me. If you get a movie set in an insane asylum, chances are I won't want to watch it because I don't want to want. I don't want to watch a movie that makes me feel uncomfortable on my skin. I am a bit of a control freak. I love, right, I know I'm recording right now. I can see this microphone. I can see this screen. I can see you two sitting in front of me. If someone was then to say to me tomorrow, oh, by the way, when you were recording that Blue Witch 2 review, Liam wasn't there. It would make me doubt what I think, and in that would make me terrified. I don't like that because change, like, change your yeah. It does. You think yeah. about your my memories are not accurate. That's where Blade Witch Two hits for me. It's a great example of you follow a story right through at the end, and at the end you're revealed that the story that you've followed through is, is disproved yeah. by everything. CCTV cameras. What are your GoPros? All the rest, all that stuff that disproves everything. That's the thing in real life because your memory is not actually accurate. Your memory fills in about about seventy five percent of not what happens. It's what people tells you what you think. That makes sense. Which is horrible with the fact that when how courts work because memory is not accurate at all, and people go to jail for life over testimonies of memory, which is nonsense and bullshit. Yeah. Right, the next movie I'm going to talk about is and I What number are you? Add a four, maybe four, three. I think this is like two. Did you not number your list? I did not. You're supposed to be the professional. Yeah, but fuck it. Uh, Mother of Tears, did I mention this already? Mother of Tears. Couple right. times. <laughs> did I? <laughs> I can't remember what I said. Uh, Mother of Tears was on the list. Uh, this is like a classic example of what Duncan should not do when my god. Let me see a list. Which is I've done most of these irreversible yeah. the yeah. whole uh, yeah. and Demon that's the, that's Book that's of Shadows yeah. Yeah. Next. did I do Mother of Tears? yeah you done yeah. Mother of Tears Mother of Tears Strange Colour Your Body's Tears yeah, D- yeah. Duke of Burgundy yeah. no yeah you did 
That was the one that you Jacob said. Burgundy? Yeah, because I said that actually sounds interesting. If you're, if you're listening to this, there's a very good chance that there's, this number doesn't make sense. I have drank a lot. So I'm going to go with number one on my list. <laughs> I have probably skipped a few. If you think I've skipped a few, by all suck on my means. You've probably, already, you've probably already fucking been so angry at all my lists, so you've got <laughs> no more anger left for Duncan's list. So. Number one on my list is... Jason goes to hell <laughs> Friday the 13th part 9 everyone hates this I love it it's not everyone's like it's such a fucking terrible movie Jason is not in this movie he is a he's a parasite a symbiote in different people's bodies okay well that's not okay Right, but he was resurrected from the dead in part six. I just want, I just want, I know where, the, I want to know where the line is. This is what, part one, he's not in it. Part two, he is in it from being drowned as a child, right? Some people would say, yeah, stretch, wear the hood. <laughs> uh, part three, he gains his hockey mask and dies, but he comes back as part four where he's mortally fucking killed. In part five, we don't have Jason anymore, but that's okay because it's Roy. Hashtag Roy is my boy. I uh, love part four. Demon's Van is where I want to be when I'm older. It's part four, Corey Feldman. Part four is Corey Feldman. It's cool. Part six, he comes back from the dead reanimated with the old uh, fucking Frankenstein like lightning and shit like that. Okay. And then the part six, he is harpooned like anchored yeah. to the bottom of a lake part 7 he is brought back from the anchor in the lake but once again resume back to the anchor in the lake part 8 there is a cruise ship in Crystal Lake that makes its way to New York I'm just going to say that is that even physically possible? no no, no. <laughs> and the movie's not shot in New York there's two shots in New York most of it's shot in Canada so we're going to say that's not right so when it comes to being a parasite that jumps between bodies that's the point that everyone's like, no, that's yeah, too much. I mean, everyone's at that point. <laughs> I'm going to say that's nonsense. I'm going to say that's not right. I'm going to say you're wrong. I'm going to say roll with this movie because this movie gives you one of the best characters in the whole franchise in Creighton Duke. A guy who literally spunks his underwear when he snaps <laughs> people's fingers. I totally see the masochistic <laughs> that I get behind. Wait, what's this? Oh, that's the sound of cracking fucking bones. That's, I know. Uh, That's the guy we're following. Why do you not love this guy? Why do you not love the journey he goes on? Oh, wait a second. He's just a little slug for most of the movie. He's in habit, boys. I don't care. I don't care because there's tons of Jason movies where we don't get to fucking see the guy and always sees a hand on a machete, right? And that's fine for everyone else, but God forbid it's not... I don't understand the hatred for this movie. I really don't. I know there'll be a list of things. There's a documentary coming out this year on why this movie is awesome. Trust me, if I could have fucking funded it, I would have funded that movie. I don't understand why you do not like this movie. Its crime is that it's not like the eight movies that come before. And I'll tell you right now, if I was a, if I was a director and I was like that, listen, by the way, you've got the ninth installment in this franchise. And I said to anyone, you know what, let's try something different. And everyone fucking disagreed with that. Fuck those people. <laughs> it's so much fun. It is so much fun. There's a slug Jason that crawls up a dead woman's vagina and bursts on you, Jason. Hallelujah. And on that note, <laughs> top 
That's the, that's the end. That's number one on the list. If you disagree with me, I look forward to your disagreement. Uh, I, I look forward to your comments. Hopefully you've enjoyed it this very drunk almost five hour segment. You could literally have watched half all of them. Half all of them. All 30 movies could have been watched at the time we took to record this. Anyway, I'm going to jump in just now. I want to thank Scott and Liam versus Evil. Check out their podcast. It's amazing for the hospitality, the room, the... What can I do? A ridiculous... It's a repulsive amount of views. Look at that. There, there's no wild turkey like we mean Scott have fucking yeah, tanned a whole whole ball, ladies and gents. We are gonna be right back to close out the show more sober right after this. You're listening to the podcast under the stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been our fifth year anniversary show. Oh my good God almighty. I don't know about you guys. If you managed to suffer through my, what can only be described as terrible fucking behaviour, absolutely atrocious drunken behaviour, my stumbling to say the right words, my cutting off of my gracious hosts, Scott Liam versus Evil, then all I can say is you are... Um, a glutton for punishment. Why did you listen this long? Um, yeah, uh, that was that was a very drunk recording. I would say maybe the most drunk I've ever been on a podcast, and that is saying a lot. I've shown up for some podcasts ripped to the tits, um, but on this this particular occasion, I went ball deep, and that's what happens when you lose about three stone in weight in uh, about two three months and then drink pretty much three quarters of a bottle of wild turkey and God knows what the beer um, quota was. I know I drank a lot of it. Liam plied me with a lot of alcohol. I blame Liam, because blame Liam. Uh, Yeah, so, and I want to obviously, at this point, uh, wrapping up the show, thank the Baz for all his hard work going above and beyond in a year which has been very taxing on his time. Um, Not only with the fact that he's got, you know, one amazing little boy but a second amazing little boy came along during the the year and um, he now has two kids under two years old and that is stressful to any normal person but the fact he still managed to check out some horror movies and join me to do some podcast under the stairs content is a testament to how awesome he is and of course how awesome Basil Ween is going to be moving forward with those five movies, I mean, how can you not be excited? I mean, it's going to be tremendous in October, ladies and gents, is but one month away. Can't fucking wait. A huge thanks to Scott and Liam versus Evil. I mean, what can I say about those guys? Uh, we've almost been friends in the real world for a year now. And uh, those guys are legitimately two of my favourite people ever. Um, we may not always agree on movies and we may have wildly different opinions on what constitutes a horror comedy but there's no disputing that you will not find two nicer guys in the podcast world than Scott and Liam and if you have not and I keep mentioning the show all the time but please take a bit of time out of your schedule swing across and check out Scott and Liam versus Evil they are the fucking tits love 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 those guys um so yeah that is another 
podcast episode down. This was the fourth one of the week. This one is a long one. I once again I want to apologise at how long this episode ran. And um, yeah, if you did listen through when I gave you that warning at the start that it didn't really feature much in the way of proper movie content, then uh, if you're unhappy with this episode, there's nothing I can do. I did give you a warning in advance. Um, but it's great just hanging out with people and talking horror. Maybe next time a little more sober would be the best course of action. It has taken me five years to become completely incomprehensible in a recording. So I'm going to take that as a win. Take that as a Duncan win. Um, yeah, this is where I would usually tell you all the places that you can check out the show. I'm not going to do it this time. It's a long episode and to be honest, you know where they are. Uh, that doesn't mean that I won't do it on the next episode. But for this one, I just want to echo what I said some five hours ago uh, at the start of this episode. Thank you very much to everyone that has made this possible for me. I can confirm as of the point I'm recording this outro, which is on Thursday the 30th of August, this is the highest downloaded month in Teapot's history, ladies and gents. In Teapot's history, we've achieved a brand new record, smashing the previous high total from December 2017. What a way to celebrate five years of podcasts under the stairs. Um, the Facebook group page has had an influx of new members in the last 24 hours. That's kind of weird. It's almost as if people know. It's almost as if people know we're moving into our sixth year of podcasts under the stairs. I can't thank everyone enough for sticking with us, um, enjoying the content, liking, sharing, retweeting. Instagram tagging us and just being involved with this crazy, crazy little experiment that we call the podcast Under the Stairs. And with that in mind, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave you now, safe in the knowledge that you don't have to hear my voice tomorrow, which is Saturday, but you will hear me come back on Sunday with Baz V Horror episode number 42. Baz takes on his final two movies in the Wrong Turn franchise and then returning back to normal scheduled business on Monday as we do the Summer Teapot's Top 10 series looking at 1988. A little bit of 80s B-snatch. Right, ladies and gents, I am out here. Thank you. Much love to everyone, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big, bad world of ours. Remember, you always have love from the podcast under the stairs and it is huge, massive, throbbing, veiny horror community. Cradle the balls, ladies and gents. Cradle them balls. I'll speak to you all on the flip side. This is Doug McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.